Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft on the Running is Life podcast. Today's episode is really long. If you haven't taken a look, um, be prepared. If you make it through this one, um, my goodness. Um, I wanted to just release this all as one since it's kind of a great summation and conclusion to the Grand Slam. Um, on this episode, I've got um, my main pacer and crew person, Nathan Franz. Um, we have Thomas Brown, who also completed the Grand Slam with me. Um, he was an athlete that I coached, um, and uh, it, it was fantastic to hear his story. And we have insights on my training and recovery and you know thoughts on it um, from my coach, Patrick Regan. Uh, so lots of exciting guests. Um, I'm hoping um, that... Uh, you guys enjoy this, uh, that you can take away a number of things from this. Um, the conversations tended to be long because there is just so much to this conversation, the Grand Slam. So as I said, you know, uh, buckle up. Uh, it's going to be a long episode. Um, and I, like I said, I hope you just really enjoy it. And um, please feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, if you have questions, uh, comments, concerns, everything is going to be in the show notes for our contacts. Um, all of us are happy to answer questions, especially if you have questions on the Grand Slam or perhaps crewing or pacing, or if you want to reach out to uh, Patrick or myself for coaching, um, check out the show notes, okay? Um, I'll check in intermittently between guests, and um, I just really hope you enjoy these conversations. Our uh, requested guest, Mr. Nathan Franz, is Hello. here live in person. This is uh, It's great to be able to record this face-to-face. I'm going to have a few face-to-face interviews for this podcast, so I'm excited to have Nathan here. And uh, and kind of talk about everything that transpired because there was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. Um, so let's go way back when when I first told you of of, uh, of the Grand Slam. <laughs> um, what what were your initial thoughts? Hell yes. <laughs> to be blunt, yeah i I was I don't know if I was excited as excited as you were, but <laughs> I was pretty excited. Um, Western States, I mean, just that race alone was, you know, this is just awesome. And, and to get to be a part of that and to see all the different places. I mean, it's just, it's just an awesome series. I mean, yeah. and, you know, as I had mentioned before, I got to enjoy the races from the good side. I didn't have to beat myself up 400 miles to see all these places and, and, and still see a lot of the course. Uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, hopefully we get to go back to Western States because um, we uh, we ran yes. through the night um, on that <laughs> um, from uh, uh, where do we go? Forest Hill to uh, to Greengate, right? Greengate, yep. Yeah. So uh, Nathan got to go through the river with me. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, looking back at at Western. Um, what what stood out to you about Western? What was your impression? Like never having gone to Western states, what did you think? Not not just I mean not about the the race, but just about the atmosphere. Um. So I, I it was my first big trail ultra, um, and the only thing I really have to compare it to is Boston. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Boston in the sense of the the hype, the excitement leading up to the race, everybody there. You know, there's so many people and 
all the sponsors that show up and it just, you know, you couldn't help but get excited to be there. And, and, you know, much less, you know, when you got to race, I mean that, um, I even myself got to do the little, whatever it is, I think four miles or something up to the top of the mountain. And that, you know, was awesome in itself. And it was just (laughs) up to the top of the mountain. And, um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, everything about it, it just, you know, it makes you want to go run. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very, I mean, we basically reunited almost all of the Bigfoot crew. (laughs) I think Terry was the only person missing, (laughs) um, which was awesome, uh, to have everybody back under on one roof. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so fun. I mean, we all keep saying like, we have to do this and not do a race. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes. I, I would sincerely enjoy that because, um, you know, Morgan and Mercedes, it's, uh, there's just a, such a great piece of that of that puzzle. And yeah. w- we can talk about um, seeing them later at Leadville, but um, Western States was pretty special. Um, I, I mean, it was, I mean, everywhere you looked, it was hard not to be excited because you just wanted to run. You yes. know, it's like those uh, Olympic Valley it was just such a, a magical atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it was interesting seeing it, um, pre-race and post-race because Mm -hmm. it went from, you know, being this like just vibrant scene to like almost like a ghost town, (laughs) you know, once the race left. Um, but, uh, gosh, yeah. So, um, you know, talking about the days leading up, we, we got to do some, some group runs and and some fun stuff. They, they really do a great job with, uh, you know, with that. And, um, uh, you know, looking back, I think, um, I would have liked to have got out there a little bit earlier and um, probably gotten a little bit better sleep pattern. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that was what really threw me off was um, my sleep pattern. Also, diet wasn't that good either. Um, we were kind of just eating whatever, and I should have been a little bit yeah. more cognizant of what was going down the hatch. Um, so, you know, some lessons learned for potentially next time. And um, we got lucky this year with the heat. Yes. Um, uh, that was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had, uh, I, I, you know, as everybody heard, I had a rough go <laughs> yeah. and by the time I got to Nathan, um, I was, I was pretty tired. <laughs> um, it had beat me down pretty well. Um, and, um, we were going down Cal street and, uh, you want to share the story about how you kept me from <laughs> falling into the, uh, the rucky Chucky. <laughs> um, I don't remember. You're going to have to remind <laughs> me. I'm trying to think back. Um, I kept falling asleep. And, um, I kept oh, meandering yes. over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, it was just like guiding him. I mean, it was, you felt like you were almost guiding a blind person, <laughs> except at least the blind person would be awake. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just constantly, you know, tapping him and making sure he was, he was still here, you know, knew where he was going, but <laughs> it was, uh, it was a challenge. It was, it was fun. Uh, <laughs> It kept me awake. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Talk about, um, before I got to you, what did, what did that look like for you guys? Cause unfortunately we were minus, um, two crew aid stations. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to see you twice because of the, the way the fires were and you know, the the snow and the roads. Um, so, um, I, I didn't get to see you guys until about 50 K. Um, so what did it look like, um, after the start? Cause the start was, uh, uh, 5 a.m. right am i thinking right yes yeah i think it was 5 a.m. start so i started and then what did it look like for you guys um well we 
I'm trying to remember exactly what we did next. I think we went back to the, the condo for a minute and then, uh, the drive out to the next aid station, um, wasn't too bad. It was a little bit of a drive. The, <laughs> the bigger challenge was, so at that aid station, which Robinson, Robinson flat, yeah, Robinson flat. Yeah. Um, it is, they told us that there was going to be a shuttle and there, we had to actually park at the next parking lot. So the shuttle was even longer. Um, we were pretty ahead of time. We weren't too concerned about time, but at the same time, there's a lot of people in the parking lot. We, when we got there, there was a line to get on the bus and we didn't know how long it was to actually get to the aid station. So you just, you know, trying to make sure you're there early, not have, so you're not worried about it when you get there. And, um, but it was still kind of stressful. Uh, the parking lot was full. I actually, we were, the, we had to park so far away from where the actual line to get on the bus was. We dropped off everybody except for, I think it was just me and Beth. I don't remember if Bren was, I don't think Bren, I think Bren and Morgan and Mercedes got out and when they got in line and then, um, we, I actually had to get on top of the roof <laughs> to get something <laughs> out. Uh, and we had some pretty, pretty wicked looks. <laughs> some, I remember somebody said, what is he doing? Isn't that just stupid? But, uh, we were just trying to, you know, make the best use of our time and get, get there as quickly as possible, which we did. And we had plenty of time. We probably didn't looking back, didn't need to do that, but it worked out. It was fine. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it, that was the first Robinson flats was the first one. And, and it was a good shuttle. Uh, I would definitely, you know, to people in the future, you know, plan to give yourself time there. So, yeah. And, uh, what Nathan's referring to is we, um, we brought a, um, a soft bag for the top of the vehicle. Um, yeah, a little extra storage because we had, a we had a full car load. We had, um, we had three rows of seats, but, um, it, it also had to include not only Morgan, Mercedes, Nathan, um, my wife, my daughter, my son. <laughs> so it was a full car load, um, plus their gear, plus my gear. Um, how was it getting the gear to the aid station from a, with using the shuttle? It wasn't too bad. Um, I mean, like I said, we did have to carry a, a decent amount from the car to the, uh, where the shuttle was. I mean, it, it really wasn't that far, but we were trying to carry like, I think three chairs, a, a little pop-up tent, um, a backpack. And don't think we were carrying a cooler. Uh, I think we used, yeah, we used the ice at the aid station, but it was a, you know, everybody had their hands full uh, basically. And maybe, you know, it seemed like a quarter mile, but it probably was only a 10th of a mile. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was warm at that point. It was getting warm. Um, and you know, by the time we got up to Robinson flats, you know, you're in a bus, we we had pretty much a plenty of room, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Everybody, you know, you're still packed. They're putting as many people in there as they can. Um, but it wasn't an issue getting everything in there. Um, and getting, when you got to the aid station, you had to walk another probably quarter mile. That really was probably a quarter mile to get to the actual aid station where you could set up. Um, and then wait, and then you have to wait for a spot near where the, um, you actually came in. We couldn't get in the main aid station where the aid was. We had to be outside of that. And even then there was tape 
how far we could get into the on the course, how close. Um, so you're kind of everybody was kind of moving in and out. Like as people came, they'd move away, and you'd so you'd wait to put your spot up until you know you knew your runner was close, which it wasn't too big a deal. People were courteous, and you know it was moving around. Um, but but yeah, that's pretty much how that one it was a tight little spot too (laughs) when i came in it was like yes yeah like maybe two people wide you know Mm -hmm. because there was people on either side and they were taking care of their runners and yeah it was it was a pretty chaotic scene uh it was definitely packed um really loud (laughs) very loud um and um you know from there we had another good long stretch because again there was another aid station that was inaccessible for crew which you know usually is during the race but um, you know, we had to go an, another, I think it was 18 miles. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I had to go to 48. It yep. was my next day station where I would see you guys, yeah. uh, which was at Michigan bluff. Michigan bluff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh man, I, t- I came in there. <laughs> yeah. I was looking rough. I know yeah. it. So, um, talk about when I came into Michigan bluff, what was the, what were you guys seeing, sensing, feeling, <laughs> <laughs> talking about? Yeah, it was, uh, for us. Michigan Bluff was probably the easiest one in a lot of ways. And we had to walk down to, you have to walk down to the aid station from the top of the, you can take a shuttle or you can walk down. It's not that far. I mean, it's probably the farthest walk, but, uh, it's paved road and it's all downhill to the aid station. And we had a huge time gap, like, cause from the previous Robinson flats, once you got back into your car to Michigan Bluff for us was like a 15 20 not even probably 15 minute drive so we actually went down to the uh town and at uh forest hill forest hill yeah and got lunch we got to see um people coming through there uh and then went back and when we got to aaron at this point you know it's getting we were were there for quite a while once we ate we just went ahead and headed down um we had a good little setup. There's plenty of room at this one. Um, and he came in and we could tell he was hot and, you know, beat at this <laughs> point. It, you could, you could see some desperation in his face more than I would like to see at that point. Um, you know, 48 miles, you're, you're not halfway. And I mean, a lot of the, the hard part of the course, I guess, is is over, um, you know, for climbing and things like that. You know, it's it's sort of downhill from there, if you will. Um, but still, there's still a lot of race left. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, it had gotten warm. Uh, I know, you know, you, you came out of a, a pretty open area where the fires had been. And <clears throat> so, you know, we expect you to be hot, but, you know, you just, you came in and pretty tired. And we had to, I know we had to rally up. Um, and, but you know, once we, we got you changed and, uh, some new shoes, new shorts, you know, you got out of there and in better spirits, I'm not going to say <laughs> you were, you were not the best ones that I've ever seen, but, um, you definitely had, you know, as us, I wouldn't say concerned, but it just wasn't, wasn't what we'd want to see. No, no, it definitely wasn't. I agree. And, I think the the thing that I looked forward to was the fact that that the next aid station I would pick you up as a pacer. Yeah, I had about fourteen miles to go. Yeah, um, and then I could finally pick up the pacer. I think sixty two was where we picked up pacers at uh, Forest Hill. Yeah, um, 
so that the next section wasn't um wasn't too bad um so far as um terrain and up and down go right before michigan bluff is all the canyons and yeah. that's what just totally annihilated me it did get warm i was exposed and it was a lot of up and down and it just wore me out yeah. <laughs> so i was definitely looking forward to seeing you at forest hill and, and right. picking you up as a pacer um kind of arrived just before it really got dark uh it started you know we left and it was dark um so we were throwing on our lights right away um yep. definitely i was behind where i wanted to be um but you know i was i was feeling i think at that point i was feeling optimistic because i knew i had you guys yeah. you know to run with the rest of the race yeah. um which made me feel a little bit more confident um cal street what they refer to as cal street that trail it just yeah. seems to go on yeah. forever uh, oh my gosh it was just um because there's three aid stations and they're all four and a half or so miles apart yeah. and it just seemed like that four and a half miles just just Went you know drag on, on and on i just could not wait to get to the river yeah. <laughs> i was so excited to get yeah. to the river um it didn't help that we took quite a few cat naps yeah, yeah the trail. We, we definitely yeah <laughs> so, I, so that didn't make time go back no it did not but whew, um it was it was much needed based on oh, how yeah. much i was wobbling <laughs> for sure yes it was definitely uh, but um we made it across the river um and up to green gate yep. um they would not let me sleep <laughs> they, nope, they nope. said we gotta keep going nope. um at that point it was yeah it was definitely like I didn't have time to sleep. I needed to, yeah. to push yeah. and, um, you know, bless Morgan. That's where he picked me up. Yeah. And, um, you know, once the sunlight came, it was definitely a different story. My, everything yeah. finally turned around at daylight. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it definitely was a new race. So, um, I, I guess the next time I saw you guys was at pointed rocks, right? Yes. Right. That's oh. where, yeah. Yep. Yeah, at pointed rocks coming into that aid station. What did, what did you see? Um, pointed rocks that was um it's that big open meadow with those like really nice stands of trees yeah pointed rocks yeah um it was actually a a nice we had to walk into that one again that was a pretty good little walk i i don't remember it was it might have been a mile um and then yeah that was the other thing going back to green gate oh yeah dropped off aaron at green gate i had a i think we had a two mile it's about two miles two mile climb out to the parking lot so i was not <laughs> done with with running it was not time to go to sleep for me either. and it was 2 a.m about yeah yeah i think yeah. when yeah and i think uh, that section we i mean so yeah i picked you up at somewhere around 8 30 ish nine o'clock to 2 a.m so that's what six hours yeah yeah that sounds about right so yeah We've been on the trail for six hours, and then you know here we have to go up again. <laughs> but you know we got to the top, and uh, and then you know the next aid station. Um, by the time I I managed, we managed to get a little bit of sleep, and uh, it was a nice aid station. When he came in there, you could tell that the things had changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was awake. He was going ready to go, um, and we knew the race. You know, it was in in the bag at that point. Um, there was no more concern. Um, it was a rough night, but, but you <laughs> got through it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we got through it, and that's what it, what it was about. I, it was just weird because it was like, it was 24 hours exactly, you know, because yeah. uh, basically I hit 5 a.m. and all of a sudden my body woke up. It was yeah. just like for 24 hours, just, it was not, <laughs> just not, just, yeah, just didn't cooperate. 
But, um, but yeah, that's, that section, you know, Morgan stayed with me for a little while when it was dark and I was still kind of sleepy, yeah. but once that light hit, yeah. And then I got to point to rocks and Mercedes picked me up and yep. took me up to Roby point. Yep. Um, and then I met you guys up there at Roby point and, uh, man, uh, just, you, you want to describe Roby point? Uh, it, it was getting to see you come up there. It was pretty awesome. And the, at, it's almost, I mean, you almost feel like it's the finish line. And <laughs> yeah. There was so many people yep. lining the road yeah. and they, they were, they ended up chanting your name. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was cause they saw it. So I, we're not, I don't think any of us really know how they got your name. Um, but it, it was pretty awesome. You almost felt like it was the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. It was so high energy. Yeah. It was just so nice to have everybody, yeah. you know, like oh, to yeah. see Beth and to see Bryn and, and, you know, everybody. It was just, that was, was such a welcome sight. Um, Patrick was there. And I mean, what a, oh man, what yeah. a crew. You know, it just, it made me feel so good. And only having a mile to go. <laughs> that yep. helps too. <laughs> yeah, it really helps. Uh, I don't think I stopped smiling once I hit Roby Point to the yeah. finish. Uh, it was such a, oh man, mm-hmm. I mean, just, looking around at you guys and you know going through this this last bit of the historic course it was that was pretty special definitely a memory i'll I'll never forget um especially when we hit the track (laughs) yeah yeah especially when you hit the track oh my gosh yeah they're just coming in and uh there's such a big crowd you know because we're we're right before the golden hour yeah oh man what a what an experience um so as uh you know not the western states we had envisioned but we made it through thank god um yeah, it was um, it was definitely a team effort. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a team effort because that was that was a rough go, um, yeah. and we stayed after a little while. Uh, yeah. We got to hang out a little bit, which was nice uh, to spend a few more days um, in Tahoe. Um, anybody that goes, I uh, suggest yes. it because it gets very quiet. <laughs> yes, it, it, yeah, it was definitely a lot more quiet. So, yeah. um, stay a few extra days, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely. if you can, stay in the Olympic Valley because it's just so serene. It is. It is um, he got a uh, Nathan. Why don't you tell him about the the run you got in afterwards? Yeah, so I got to go up. Uh, I basically did the whole little Olympic Valley uh, ridge line uh, in the ski resort there. Um, so went all the way up and then came, went across and came back down and it was, it was beautiful. I got to see where they crossed over, um, the mountain and I, you know, you hit the ridge at sunlight too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I did a sunlight sunrise run and it was just, it was gorgeous. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite, favorite things about running in the mountains is trying to hit the, the sunrise and getting to see that, um, definitely worth it. And, you know, made me even even though his race didn't maybe go as planned, it still made me jealous. Uh, but it, it was I, I definitely got got something out of it for sure. Yeah, um, if but. if you haven't followed Nathan on Instagram, you should give him a follow. He's got some some great pictures, and all of the race pictures are up there. Yeah. Um, some really cool stuff that he he got to see and do. So um, plus all the other stuff he does. <laughs> so I'll put his uh, his Instagram handle um, in the show notes. Um, so we got through Western States. Uh, of course the next plan was Vermont. Um, thank goodness you didn't, um, end up, um, leaving. Work work didn't cooperate on that one. I I didn't think I was going to make it. So it ended up working out. (laughs) Um, and then, um, you know, we pivoted twice. We were going to go to Ohio and do burning river, but that didn't work out. So, Ended up going, thankfully, thanks to Scott Coomer um, at 10 Junk Miles to the, the Badger. Um, and um, so um, Nathan, Ambrin, and I drove up. Um, yep. Nathan is the most 
patient person in dealing with my daughter. Um, she oh likes gosh. to bust his chops. That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we drove up and, and met our friend, uh, Jamie up there. Um, we got to stop at Chicago along the way. It was a nice yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, nice. it was a nice trip. It went really um, well. Yeah, it was kind of relaxing getting up there and, and settling in in uh, Freeport, uh, Freeport yep. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's not many places to stay up there, and based on what we saw, I think we did okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we did okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Freeport, Freeport was the place to be. Um, but the the race up there um, yeah. definitely went um, better than Western States. Definitely went <laughs> definitely better than Western States. States. Uh, we learned a lot. Um, this one was so crew accessible. Yes. Uh, that made it nice and very pacer friendly we started pacers at 38 which was tremendous um and it was uh we alternated back and forth i think that worked well Mm -hmm. as well yeah it did um so um thoughts on badger what did you think about badger um i mean as far as uh, our uh um, grand slam attempt it went you know it was a nice reprieve if you will um, from the mountain courses, we knew there wasn't going to be an issue with finishing. Um, yeah, it was a generous cutoff, but yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, very generous cutoff, and it was very flat. You know, the concern was actually <laughs> how flat it was, um, but you know, it went. I the course was great. You know, as far as a race goes, they had you know everything. Aid stations were good. Um, you know it was very easy to crew for very definitely very easy gave me a taste i'm I'm helping a friend out uh do yeti and it gave me a taste for how those kind of you know rails to trail style races can work um but you know switching off worked great me and jamie you know we're good together it was a good crew with amber and too she she was she was a pivotal crew member i mean honestly you know having that one person who doesn't have to run i really recommend that um it, it, three people, two people can do it, but three is, is really a good number. Um, and having, especially if you can have that third person not have to run because even the two people who are running, they're constantly having to think about their section. And then once it's their turn to run, they kind of turn their mind off of the crew. It, it's, it, you don't mean to, but you, you have to start focusing on making sure I have everything I need for my section to crew I mean, to run with, and I don't want to not be prepared for him for that. And then you, you can tend to turn your mind off of the crew part of it and maybe neglect things that you normally wouldn't. So if you have that person who's there to remind you to say, you know, Hey, you know, don't forget this, don't forget that. And they're never having to think about the run. I, it's just makes things a lot easier. Um, which I learned from that race and Amber was really that pivotal. I mean, she really did. She did great. Um, for that part yeah thank you uh, she was she was wonderful um you guys were all wonderful it was you know i, I was so glad uh mile 90 was probably my toughest stretch where my my yeah. knees and my hips started to hurt um just from being flat yeah. for so blasted long um but around mile 95 96 uh, we were able to just start going again yeah. you know it, it kind of relented and abated and we had that hill section i think that's what actually did it 
was that change. Remember, oh, yeah. we had that detour, yep. and there was that hill, and I think that's that. Just that little change is all I really needed, you yeah. know, to kind of just give my muscles a break like, and say, okay, we can same thing, yeah, over and over. right. So then, yeah. then we were able to kind of run it in um, and finish twenty three hours, which was great. I was yeah. so glad and relieved because we only had three weeks to Leadville, <laughs> so yep. we had five weeks from Western states to. Um, Badger, which was my biggest break, um, which was nice. Um, but then that, that turnaround was my concern. I didn't want to do Badger too hard, um, with that turnaround going into Leadville. Um, and we talked to Jason Tisher at Wasatch and he said his turnaround from Leadville to Wasatch the one year was 10 days. Oh my goodness. I, I I couldn't imagine because it was, um, it was three weeks again from, um, Leadville to Wasatch this year, which was much relieved because yes. I needed I needed every moment of that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine turning around in ten days and having to do Wasatch. That that probably would have been. I don't know if I could have finished based on the race yeah. I had at Wasatch. Yeah. That would have been rough. Um, but Leadville, uh, Leadville, yep. Leadville, the town is pretty special. Yeah, that, that is a pretty special place. Um, they do a pretty special job there. Um, very different from either of the two races that we had done. Um, and, you know, from, from your perspective, when, what did you see and, and like, and not like about the, you know, um, Le- uh, Leadville, it kind of, it was kind of reminiscent of Western States is like Western, a small version of Western States is, is, you know, a good way as far as the hype and everything. I mean, the town itself, Leadville, honestly, I feel like the town sells the race. Um, it's just a f- cool little place to visit. Um, all the the main street there is historical and you know different shops and things and uh there was still some some of the uh group runs and stuff from sponsors like goo was a big sponsor and you know um there's still that kind of hype feeling but it definitely was a lot calmer uh going into it they had a big um pre-race meeting and that was probably the most hype was at the pre-race meeting agreed yeah and and uh, which was nice. I, I, I thought that was a good thing for them to do. It was a little long, but <laughs> other than being long, it was good. Uh, it could have been shorter. And it, it, I liked the race. I liked the town, but you know, we can get into like the whole course. I know you, I don't mm-hmm. have talked about it, but it, it was, Oh yeah. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I think one of the big differences between Leadville and um, Western was that they didn't focus as much on the elites. Yeah, you that's know, a good point. It's they focused on everyone. Yeah, you know, they they uh, they said how many first timers, and I was very surprised yeah. by how many first timers raised their hands. But Definitely. it was about everybody. You yeah. know, it, it it didn't matter if you were front of the pack or back of the pack. It was about everybody at the race, which was cool. Yeah, was. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, it it really was a kind of an atmosphere of. Um, I think it was it was almost fifty fifty. It was like mm-hmm. encouraging, but that at the same time they made sure you knew yeah. that this this course takes you know names. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, sure. it there are so many DNFs. You know, average is fifty percent DNF rate, yeah. which is higher. And this year was higher. Yes, this year we had a forty four percent finishers yeah. rate. So uh, three hundred seventy two out of eight hundred forty five. Yeah. 
which you know is another thing how big the race is um yeah, that's and, true. and you know it's uh, that race is huge i mean it, it yeah. can take up to a thousand starters and i think that's one of the reasons there's so many dnfs is because these people are trying to make cutoffs but there's a congo line yeah. you know and it just slows people down right up front when they're trying to make a cutoff yep. so uh, is thousand the right number uh, I would I would debate that you know yeah. and it, it's not for me to say but at the same time it's debatable whether that's yeah I think I think maybe you know if if it is a number then they need to do maybe time to start or you know staggered starts um, to give some more space because it the first what two miles uh, so we went let's see we got it took us about maybe four miles to get to the lake. Yeah. Maybe, right? That, four? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's either four or five miles to get to the lake. But then you're along that lake for seven. And it's single track. Yeah, it's seven tight. or eight miles on single track. And you're stuck. Yeah. You know, wherever you are, you're not moving much. You know, like it's it's really hard to make any difference on that lake. And then uh, May Queen, the first aid station at 12.6, that's got a cutoff. Yeah. You know, and that's that's part of the problem. Is, it, it, you know, it's. I mean, I, thankfully, I didn't face that. You know, yeah. like I got out, I got good spacing. I was I was ahead of the twenty five hour um, mark. You know, nice. the, the big buckle mark yeah. at that point. But I mean, I can't imagine the people behind me because there was tons of people behind me. Yeah. You know, um, and you don't have any break anywhere to break up because in that first four miles, it's mostly downhill, right? On a wide path, yeah. So everybody can move quickly, right? And you know it. It just doesn't have enough places to, to help break things up. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, um, along the same lines of Western states is just there's so much to do the day before. And I think that's what people get caught up in because there's the pre-race meeting. Mm-hmm. That took, you know, almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, then you go to packet pickup, which packet is pickup was huge. It's right. Like this. And it's a mile and a half away. Yeah. Um, and then you have to walk back to the drop bag area, you know, so it's just, there's all this time on your feet and all these things to do because the expo is pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Nice. Yeah. They had a really nice expo. I feel like the expo was bigger at Leadville than it was at Western. Yeah. States. I think you're right. I think um, they had more vendors, yeah. um, which, you know, and then there's the little downtown area and everything. So it's, it's, um, it's very enticing, yes. you know, to, to stand on your feet too long, which we made a point to just, you know, yep. be succinct, get it done, get out, you know, do our yep. thing. And relax, you know, um, which was great. You know, yeah. we had the drop bags ready on Thursday so we could drop everything off on Friday. Uh, so I didn't have to stay on my feet too long. We found a shady spot. There was like mm-hmm. a, a storage cooler that had some shade. Yeah. So we just, I just leaned against that and stayed in the shade while the, the meeting was going on. Cause I mean, all of the shares out were at a full sun exposure yeah. you're out in the middle of a football field, you know, yeah. and, um, it wasn't too hot that day, but at the same time, it's still, you know, high altitude sun. Yeah. So, um, but that was the earliest start. Yes. That was, yeah. Four, <laughs> that was early. That was 4 a.m., right? 4 a.m. Yeah, start? Yeah, it was 4 a.m. Yeah, so that was an early alarm. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> we, it, was. it was, you know, it was it was pretty pretty intense getting over to the start because there was just so many people, you know, there was, like, yeah. so many people there. and um, The whole downtown Main Street was just, I mean, it really Alive. did feel like a Boston at that point. Yeah, and, for sure. And like shops were open, you know, yeah. like there was coffee houses open yep. and everything. Cause you know, it was so many people. Yeah. So many people ready to eat. Right. And drink. Yeah. <laughs> the, the crews are all there. Pacers are all there. Um, you know, and, um, it, you know, interesting that the first aid station was, you know, about 12 and a half miles in, um, 
it wasn't bad because it was cooler temperatures and you know um but we got to see you guys which was that was nice uh to see you at at that aid station um then the next section brings you up and over power line which you know going that way um everybody had me so scared you know like that you gotta run this race you know and so i probably ran a little bit more than i needed to um on power line i ran a lot of the up um, I just felt good. Yeah. Um, so I ran a lot of power line and got over to you guys, um, at the, um, oh gosh, what's the, the next one? Outward bound. Yeah. Um, yep. so I got to you guys over at outward bound. Sun was up by then. Um, yep. you know, starting to get warm. Yeah. It was just, just started um, to really get up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I felt good, you know, yeah. when I saw you guys, yeah, you looked good at um, that point. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. and you were at that point. You were definitely still on the twenty-five hour pace line. Right. Yep. Um, and and uh, say something real quick about May Queen for people who do it. I don't know if they're going to change it or not. Uh, currently, there is a shuttle you have to catch for that first time. And if you have a racer who's doing anything below twenty-five hours, you don't even stay at the start. Go straight to that uh, that shuttle because we stood in line for. I think it was close to an hour Wow! waiting on the shuttles because what happened was is every, all the runners went down and blocked the, the shuttles had already left basically right at the start and they go down and drop people off and then they come back, but they got blocked by the runners mm-hmm. and it, there's such a long line of runners right. that they had to wait until the runners came through to get back to us. And it, I mean, there were some people that um, were getting very close. I mean, even us, we were only there for maybe 15 or 20 minutes we were not there very long before aaron came through um so i I would definitely you know if you have somebody that's running under 25 hours you you have to catch that first shuttle unless they change it because it it was an issue um that hopefully they saw Uh, this was the first year that they did that shuttle Mm. um you don't have to catch it for the next time you go to may queen at the end of the race because you know everybody's spread out at that point But anyway, touch on that. Um, The other aid stations, there was no issues. Uh, It was not a big deal. Yeah, Outward Bound had plenty of parking. Big, wide open field. Um, You know, and that was that was really nice. It was was a great, you know, great spot to see you guys. Um, I wouldn't see you again until uh, Twin Lakes. Yep. uh, Which was mile thirty-eight. I believe that's right. That sounds right. Um, And so that next section. Um, there is one, um, just so folks know, um, if you want to go a little bit further, there's, um, a place called pipeline yeah. and there's no aid station there, but, um, that is a spot where crews can set up, um, instead of outward bound, if you want to go a little bit later or on the way back a little bit sooner. Yeah. So pipeline is a place, um, another wide open field, plenty of parking, um, pretty significant dirt road to get in and out of, um, whereas, um, outward was, you know, probably a little bit more accessible from the road. Yeah. It's just right off the main yeah. road. Big Whereas yeah, road. pipeline, you definitely have to take a dirt road in okay. for a while. It's a good drive to get into the, where they set up, but, um, really nice to see all those folks, especially on the way back yeah. when it was nighttime and there's all these, you know, music going and lights yeah. and stuff like that. It was a welcome sight, even though I knew I wasn't going to see you guys just yet. Um, but getting ahead of myself, um, 
yeah, we go past uh, Mount Elbert. There's a little aid station there. They were supposed to have a water-only aid station as well, but that wasn't set up yet. It was on the way back, mm-hmm. but that wasn't there. Luckily, I didn't run out of fluids because uh, I filled up at Mount Elbert um, pretty good and then made my way. Um, yeah, there was a section there um, where all of a sudden things started really clicking. And I, you know, I, I had been feeling good on power line, but then I felt even better once I got past mm-hmm. Mount Elbert and started making my descent down to you. Yeah. At, uh, at Twin Lakes, and I came rolling in, and uh, man, it, that Twin Lakes is something, man. Yeah. That aid station. I mean, you know, Jamie tried to describe it to us when we were at Badger, yeah. but why don't you go ahead and, and give your impressions? I mean, the Twin Lakes is, I mean, it, it's huge. It's got to be, even for the runners, almost a mile long, I think. Mm. It, it's close to it. Yeah. Of And it's just the road is just lined with tents <laughs> yeah. of all the different crews. And it's just like a big, I mean, really, it's just like a big party. I mean, <laughs> you're, the crews are there for the longest period of time. I think we were probably there for eight hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eight hours. Um, and so, you know, that's where you set up. That's right. the spot uh, where you have your tent, you have everything you want. Um, so make sure you have a tent <laughs> and get your spot early. Um, but it is a lot of fun just to hang out. It's a great place. You know, it was probably the best like crew experience as far as like having a place to set up that I, I probably had. So it's, it's a lot of fun and you get to, you know, you're seeing all the runners come through, um, both ways. Yeah. Both ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get to see the first ones and the, and then the ones that get cut, um, mm. which is, you know, it's an interesting experience. Um, they, you know, you're cheering them on as they're coming down this hill and they've got, you know, minutes or, you know, some of them made it through by seconds. Um, and that was pretty, pretty cool to see. Uh, but it's Twin Lakes is neat for yeah. sure. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that it's it's a great place to rejuvenate because mm-hmm. you got Hope Pass next, yeah. you know, and uh, you can see the pass <laughs> from yes. Twin Lakes and you know what's coming, you know what you're about to do. Um, you know, you've, if you've done your research, <laughs> you know, the climb, you know mm-hmm. where you're going, how it's going to be the descent into Winfield. Um, and my God, um, it was everything I had heard and more, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it did get warm. Um, I, I know I, I did run out of fluids twice. Um, and then when I got to my drop bag, for some reason, I don't know if stuff fell out or if, you know, somebody had taken some of my stuff, you know, but know. stuff was missing over at yeah, Winfield, but whatever it was, I was able to secure from other people. Um, and it just, the thought of, you know, no matter how tired I was at the moment, I knew I had to get back to you guys. Yeah. I, like I, my race wasn't over. Like yep. I said, you know, just like Ken Kluver said, and I've said in the past, like I got yeah. a debt, you know, I got a yep. debt to pay to these guys. They're out here. They came out here for me. Um, and so I, you know, yeah. just dragged myself back out and, you know, thankfully it wasn't far from the aid station, maybe a mile out of the aid station where my body came around, nice. uh, you know, mystically, like yeah. it just was one of those like 47th wins <laughs> where right. I was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're we going with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think I actually ascended. I would, I would actually love to look at my training peaks and see if I ascended faster than I descended that section because I think I did. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I like the part of the problem with that, um, 
that ascent, well, descent and ascent is the two-way traffic. And, you know, we kind of talked about this. Yeah. It's a single-track trail, but you've got the whole race on the single-track trail with two-way traffic. Yeah. Some coming down and wanting to run and some going up just trying to get up the uh, steep, you know, incline. So it definitely, you know, it, it slows you down quite yeah. a bit both ways. But, you know, once we cleared the rest of the race, it was pretty smooth sailing. And then I got to the top. Um, knew I wanted to get back to you guys before dark. And, you know, I, I probably, that was another section I probably just took too hard yeah. um, descending. I, yeah. you know, I really came down hard to get to you guys and uh, did get into you guys right Right, right, right at dark, pretty much. Yeah, it was right. It was perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, and we were still well ahead of cutoffs, yes. which was awesome. I felt like I was in a good spot. I was picking up Jeremy. Yep. Um, uh, Jeremy Duncan, who's a, a great friend. Um, forgot to put him in my post. I got to go edit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jeremy was wonderful. Uh, he took me into the night, and uh, he had a fourteen miles back to outward. Was it fourteen or sixteen? I don't remember. Uh, uh, some, between, yeah, some, yeah, somewhere between 14 and 16. Yeah. But he was just so amazing. And the cool thing about Leadville is you can mule. You know, yes. I, you guys could mule for me. So I didn't have to wear my pack. Yeah. If I didn't want to carry my poles, I didn't have to. Um, I could have you guys hand me stuff. It was just so nice to take a break from yeah. that pack and from, you know, mm-hmm. having to think. Because Jeremy would just hand me uh, a handheld and say, drink. Or he'd hand me some Coke bottles and say, eat. You know, yeah. it, was, it was such a nice reprieve um and i didn't get sleepy this is like yeah. you know the first time i yep. really didn't get too sleepy uh we tried a concoction that peter defty gave yep. me that vitamin concoction it seemed to seem to, to work pretty well work. at that time so yeah. um but um but yeah so that that was awesome um and then uh, you know i was i was almost remiss to you know let um jeremy go just because I, yeah. I was just enjoying my time with him so much but um we got back to outward bound um, uh, you know, he kept my spirits really high. I felt really awesome coming into, yeah. and then I picked up Drew. Yep. Jeez, I don't even think I mentioned Drew in that post either. God bless me. Um, <laughs> got Drew Anthony. It's I been gotta, a lot, man. It's yeah, been a lot. I gotta 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 go back in and edit. But um, yeah, picking up Drew. Um, you know, at at Outward and seeing you guys. Um, Penny was there. Uh, yep. God, I didn't mention Penny either. <laughs> Jeez, I forget everybody. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, so you can rehash. All yeah, this stuff. goodness gracious. Um. We just had such a dynamic crew, Um, such a good, um, you know, I mean, you guys were just, you gelled. It was, it was so nice. Uh, Such a positive atmosphere. Every time I come in, you were all smiles and, you know, just like, I really didn't have to say or do much. You guys just took care of things, you know, like switching out my shoes or, you know, whatever it was, it was like, I mean, uh, you know, Morgan was there and Lynn was there uh, because they were helping Mercedes too, but they were still at the aid station. So man, it's just, yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's just like, I mean, like I really, you know, I really enjoyed that part of the race the most uh, was, you know, especially after um, getting back to Twin Lakes and seeing you guys, it was just, you know, I looked forward to spending the time, mm-hmm. not only on the trail, but seeing you at the aid stations and, you know, yeah. and cause I knew this race was in the bag. Yeah. Um, I, I felt really confident once I got back to Twin Lakes, I was like, hey, you know, yep. we're going to yep. finish this. Once you get past Twin Lakes, I mean, if, if you can just keep going. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. So you, you looked so you looked really good still at, you know, Twin Lakes, which again, you know, that was a reprieve after. Yeah. <laughs> Western States. And, you know, it, it, we had to deal with the altitude, you know, we knew that was going to be a factor. Um, we got there early and maybe, you know, we got there on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we got a few days in of being there in altitude. Um, but 
you know, it was really nice to see him come in and be feel so good still and not be sleepy or anything. Yeah. And, um, just a little step back at what I wanted to mention. I know you've talked about it, but from a crew perspective at uh Badger was the first time that Aaron had started using Vespa after mm. some bad experiences in Western States with his stomach. We didn't hit it, but in, when he came in to, um, what was the one I picked you up? I can't think. Uh, that was at the finish, right? No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I, at, uh, I can't think of the name of the aid station. I picked Aaron up at, at in he, Badger. No, 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 at Western States. Oh, at Western States. You picked me up at Forest Hill. Forest Hill. Yeah. He, we tried to eat and he ended up getting something, ended up throwing up most of his calories. And after, <laughs> you know, part of the reason I think that he had such an issue with the sleepiness also was because we couldn't, he couldn't eat or right. hardly drink anything from there on out. I mean, he honestly, what he did at Western States, I don't mean to backtrack, but it was pretty unbelievable. He basically did the rest of that race on almost no calories. <laughs> I mean, very, very little. We get him a little bit here and there, but he couldn't eat anything. It wasn't until that morning that he, I think he ate something at one of the uh, breakfast aid stations. But the point is, is that Vespa, when he started taking it at Badger, I mean, it was working great. It was amazing how he was able to take so few calories and make it stretch. And we were eating, you know, some more unconventional stuff like burgers and hot dogs. And it was working. <laughs> um, so, you know, it made me... I'm, I'm really considering, you know, looking at Vespa and seeing how it can, it can help me. But <clears throat> again, here we are now at Leadville and all the, all of our nutrition is working again. We're still clicking right along with what the plan was just like a badger. We're not having any stomach issues. Um, things are going well. Uh, and like I said, he came into twin lakes looking fresh. And then again, <clears throat> when he picked up, um, drew um and things are you know after after that point once you leave twin lakes from the cruise perspective you have to pack everything up get everything in the car um but it's pretty easy from there it's just kind of a click 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 you know it's, there's no real major anything you have to do all the walks are really short um so it's pretty easy you know twin lakes it goes really fast up to twin lakes in the beginning and then you wait and wait and then it's really fast to the end <laughs> Um, so it's a, it's a pretty big, you know, up, down ride for the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, Drew was, Drew was great. You know, I, I could tell he was very focused on the task and, <laughs> and really wanted to, you know, help me get through this. Um, he, he really cared and I appreciated that greatly. And, um, same to Penny. Penny was just yes. so committed and devoted. Uh, it just was, like I said, it just was so, yes. so pleasant. Um, and, uh, Drew took me up and over power line and power line on the backside was much longer than I seem to remember <laughs> it being. I was like, wow, we're still climbing. I, I, I didn't remember it being that long. And you come to the space camp, which is a night aid station mm -hmm. that they set up. And, um, yeah, I talked about this on my race recap, but you know, just the, um, <laughs> Drew, you know, he came in and says, you know, do you guys have hot food? And they're like, no, uh, we've got, uh, alcohol and marijuana. <laughs> and uh, he, <laughs> Drew's eyes were just so big and he looked at me and I said, we'll just keep going. <laughs> oh, it was, oh, it was just, it was hilarious. comical. I, it made oh. me laugh. Um, 
<laughs> but it, it was that was a you know it was a great part. You know, we got through the the power line and um, got back down the the lake. And, and Drew was he was just he was so wonderful. You know, just he's such a positive person, and it was yeah. yeah so that was awesome. Um, and that brought us back down to Mayfield, uh, yep. sorry, May Queen, excuse May me, Queen. Uh, May Queen. And, uh, that's where I would pick you up. Uh, yep. it was, it was chilly. <laughs> yes, it was chilly. It was chilly. <laughs> it was very chilly. We were, I think it was, they said it got down, I think 39. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cold. I left with two jackets, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, you had your puffy and the, yeah. uh, the windbreaker too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, but, um, I like I felt good um when we started out we were running yeah. you know back into the lake and then all of a sudden my quads were just like we're tired <laughs> you know they yeah. just quit on me yeah. um and we had a walk and um wow. yeah we walked for a while uh, but we knew we were fine yeah yeah um, it's not a big deal no we were we were we were just moving at whatever my legs would give me and then um we got back to the road and that's where I was able to start, yep. you know, intermittently jogging again. And I think that finally a kickstarted my system and that's where we saw Mercedes, yep. um, checked on her. And then we were able to jog until that blasted hill. hill yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Gosh. What did they call that thing? Uh, it was like Memorial Memorial Boulevard or something yeah, like that. Memorial Boulevard. Oh my God. Yeah. We were discussing like, is that or Wasatch the worst finish <laughs> yes. in the history of running? But that was uh, if if you've not experienced um, Memorial Boulevard, if we're saying that right, it, yeah. um, it's just a an incline that you're like, I probably could run this if I wasn't like ninety eight or ninety nine yeah. miles into this race. It doesn't look like much of a hill. But no, it, but it man, is. it just grinds on. But and it's a dirt road that's wide. So you can see oh, for a long ways, and so that makes it even more daunting. It's not like you can see a curve, and it's like, oh, I can run to that curve. No, all you had to look forward to is signs, signs. and every sign just reminds you how far oh, away from go? the start line you are. Yeah, it was the 40-year anniversary, so they had all 40 years of champions yeah. lined out. You know, So each sign was a different year, and the champions from that year, and... Oh my gosh! And um, but thank God we met that woman on the yes. the bicycle. She was so nice. Yes, she was a welcome. Thankfully, she she broke up the because at that yeah. point we'd run out of conversation and <laughs> we were tired. Yeah, and sun was coming up in our faces. Oh yeah, that was a, that was pretty annoying. Oh sun my was gosh, literally right. Yeah, in sun our was eyes. just blazing in the, our faces. Um, uh, but you know, she said, "Once you hit the pavement, you got a mile to go." Yeah. And I just couldn't wait. I, I saw the people turn up ahead, and I was yeah. like, "All right, we're getting to the pavement, you know." And then what does it do? It goes back uphill yes. all the way to the finish. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you know, we we could see the finish line. Yes. And, oh man, that was that was, that was that so was relieving. Good. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was so nice to cross that finish line. Oh man, but um, you know, it it, it um, yeah. People ask, you know, would you do that one again? And uh, <laughs> that's not one I would do yeah. again. I, I I loved Leadville. I loved the atmosphere. I was very grateful, and I loved the experience. I really yeah. did, but you know, not a course that I would want to repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but at the same time, I didn't get to enjoy a good part of what is good at Leadville. <laughs> Being at Leadville, yes. seeing the race, yeah, and, yeah. but yeah, yeah the, the finish is definitely pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God that one was done. Yes. So that was three in the books. Um, like we said, we had three weeks to Wasatch. Yep. Um, you know, recovery went okay. Um, we got out to Wasatch on Tuesday as well. Uh, I just got home from Italy, so I had no idea who I was or what time zone I was in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
Um, unfortunately, the day before, what I thought was allergies ended up being a, a cold. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, I didn't feel awful at the start, but I knew I wasn't 100%. But unfortunately, due to the probably the exertion, it just manifested yes. over, over time. Um, Wasatch is an intimidating course in that the start is just so mm-hmm. blasted hard. That 4,000-foot climb yeah. right off the bat is just... A heck of a way to start of a race, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, uh, once again, I would not see the crew until 50k in. Um, and you know, ju- just the fact that I could only see you guys three times—that yeah. was hard. I yeah. mean, there were so many mental pieces of this race. You yeah. know, I was already tired coming into it, and then having all of these things. You know, I just, I mean, my stomach went at mile 14. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I honestly don't know why my stomach went that early. I don't know if it was because yeah. it got hot uh, or if it was just the hydration. I like. I think it was a combination of things. I think, I think you got hot and. Oh, it, it was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, that was tough. That was a tough moment for sure. Oh, gosh. I mean, I mean, my voice went, my throat felt yeah. like it was on fire. It, it just like so many things. Cause I saw you guys at 50 K and we took a hard reset. Yeah. Um, cause it, I just needed it. I needed oh, yeah. to just sit there and, you know, take my socks off and just yeah. rest for a little bit. Cause I just, that first 50 K, I mean, I had already done almost 9,000 feet of yeah. climbing in the first 50 K it's just brutal. I said to, you know, Nathan, I said, I just did Art Loeb and I have to keep yeah, going. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, yeah. oh my God. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, um, you guys had a different story though, <laughs> cause I started at 5 a.m. for this yeah. one. Um, and then, um, they didn't so... want you to go to that aid station right away. So why don't you talk about all that? Yeah. So it was, it felt like a long time after we dropped him off. I mean, I don't remember the, I don't remember what time we picked you up. I think it was one thirty. I think that's what. So we let we dropped him off. Start at five a.m. and we didn't see him again till one thirty. So we had a lot of time to kill. Uh, we went and got breakfast and went. So you got time to go by the running store again. <laughs> and then you couldn't go to the top of the mountain where the aid station was until you went to this other in between point where you got a parking permit or parking pass to go up to the top. And so you go there and we were there plenty of time. We went in actually early and they told us that we had to go back, come back in like 30 or 40 minutes to get a parking pass. Cause he was, their projected time was one thirty. I think that's what it was. And so we ended up going back and, you know, having to get the parking pass and then you drive up there and it was a pretty full parking lot. I see why they, you know, did it that way. Um, but it, you know, it was pretty smooth transition. It wasn't that far from where you had to park, and you know, I thought it was well done. Um, but just to, and again, just to back up real quick. So in Leadville, the after the race was over, we that that race wasn't done. I even kind of mentioned it to you <laughs> at the end of the race. I said, you know, man. So we get this thing done. We both we had to fly out from Denver <laughs> at uh, six a.m. Yeah. We had a rental car we had, to, and then we also had to get back to Denver. Thankfully, Penny let us stay at her place in Evergreen. Right. Color, yeah, in Evergreen, which was only an hour from the airport versus we were going to have like at least two hours from Leadville. So basically, Aaron got done with the race. 
I went, cleaned the car out, got all everything, <laughs> tried to get everything cleaned up, dried out, and somewhat packed back. So when he w- woke up, we'd go eat, come back, finish packing. Because <laughs> we had to leave that same day to go to Penny's. <laughs> right. And so is get everything in the car, leave the our little tiny house, drive to Penny's, which is, it was only an hour away, but we were trying to get there by about dinner time because, so we'd eat there, hang out for just a little bit and then go to bed because we had to be up at two thirty again, two thirty again. <laughs> yeah. So this is the second day we were, we, you know, neither one of us, I mean, he definitely hadn't slept that much. <laughs> neither one of us had really slept in the past, you know, what, at that point it was almost, it was 36 plus yeah. hours. Yeah. It was more than that. And so, you know, that, <laughs> that was definitely a tough transition, uh, yes. for both of us. Yeah. And, you know, I it, know. it made the race uh, that much more interesting, yeah. Yeah, for but sure. we made it, we got we up it. and yep. you know, had no issues at the airport. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank um, God. So anyway, yeah, yeah, just a little, you know, note to pacers, you know, especially crew people that travel with your, you know, runner, you, you got to think your race isn't over until, you know, you get you're leaving, you know, until you help. I mean, they're, they're, they're zombies. <laughs> you're, they're going to need help thinking about, you know, true story. They're not thinking about packing and all this stuff that has to come still. Cause they're, they're out of it They're you know, yeah. so you got to help try to think about that. You got to stay ahead of what's next. Um, and remember that your job isn't over. <laughs> it's not, you know, till you're done till you're home, you know? <laughs> Um, so, you know, just a, a little oh, yeah. note. Yeah. And on that note too, um, we, we were one crew member down at Wasatch. Um, yep. yeah, we had, um, uh, my friend Michael, um, got stuck on the East coast because of storms, unfortunately. So we kind of had a reshuffle, um, yep. our, our pacing plan. So Nathan was going to do first leg, Caleb's second leg, and then, uh, Nathan would finish with me. Um, so, um, you know, we, we did that. Um, so yeah, we got back to where I picked you up and like you were saying, <clears throat> getting back to Wasatch. So he, he was doing good. And then it just was, I could tell you were starting to go slower. You weren't drinking yeah. the way I thought you needed to. Um, and you know, <clears throat> I knew your stomach, you had mentioned your stomach wasn't quite right. Um, and I think, um, you had LMNT in the in your bladder at that point, and that was what was not seeming to work. And we didn't realize, or I didn't quite realize that that's why you weren't drinking it until it was pretty much too late. Yeah. Um, and so, because I, I, you know, as a pacer, I try to remind, you know, my runner to drink and eat, but you know, I, you also have to learn your your runner, you know, because it's it's it become you don't want to be annoying you know? <laughs> uh, you know once i realized that okay yeah he can't he's not being able to take it in so you know i'm going to do my best to remind him but at the same time i see there's an issue besides you know water we, if you can't right. take it in you can't take it in yeah. so you just have to be mindful of that and try to also be problem solving with them like what can we do while, while this is going on you right. know how can we fix this and um you know we didn't have you had a handheld that you had kept water in, and you, mm-hmm. I think you drank all that pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, you got to the top, and, you know. That, that was, was the most when, exposed and hottest section of the yeah. day, um, which was the worst timing. Yes, it was. <laughs> that was about the peak of where I was feeling the worst. Yeah. Like, my throat was on fire. I think I was getting a fever. 
I was definitely dehydrated. Uh, my heart rate kept spiking. Anytime we went uphill, I kept having to pop the sternum strap because I just, yeah. I'd overheat and my heart rate would just get high. And, you know, we finally just found this like little tiny bit of shade and just pulled over. <laughs> and yeah. oh my gosh, that was, I think that was the deepest despair of the Grand Slam. That yeah. was the toughest moment of the Grand Slam. Yeah. Like that was like, you know, there were questions in my head. Am I going to be okay mm-hmm. to continue? Like, yeah. you know, like it wasn't the will, like I yeah, didn't yeah. want to quit, but like, would I be okay Physically. to continue? Um, I just, I was, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Um, so we sat there, you just said, Hey, let's just take whatever time we need here. Yeah. We had time. Yeah, we did. Um, and so, you know, you poured some water over me and, um, Thomas came by. Yeah. Um, checked in um i was glad to see he was doing well that really was um and finally you know finally the heart rate went down but it just stayed high for for a long time and that's what worried me was just how high it was and for how long i just couldn't get it to come down um in my throat (laughs) like i couldn't talk i sounded like a even worse than a frog yeah (laughs) it was awful it was bad um so, um, but, um, you know, we got some, uh, you, you thankfully refilled my handheld so I could, you know, get yeah. some water down and then we, uh, we started making our way down and then finally when we hit a nice downhill stretch, I was able to, to kind of run into that yeah. aid station and then we just cooled off. Yeah. Um, thankfully the temperatures were starting to come back down when yes. that aid station. I got an ice pop down, which felt great on my throat. I got some broth and got some stuff down, um, and I was I was definitely in a better place <laughs> because of that aid station. Yeah. And we just took the time we needed. Yeah. Um, and that next section was uh, up to Lambs Canyon was just that pair that we met. Those two yeah. women, they yes. were a godsend. Yeah, they, they were really an were. absolute godsend. Was... Yeah, trail angels for sure. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, they were the one. She just talked and asked questions, and and Nathan was my <laughs> yeah. my voice. <laughs> yeah, he could not talk. I, I mean, could not was... say a word. It, like my throat was just so bad. We called my wife, and you know, just kind of told her what was going on, and got some advice. Yeah. Um, which we couldn't do anything until we got to the next aid station. But um, but having those two women, where yeah, I mean that section went by so much better it and did. so much faster. Yeah. Um, I really like, I was enjoying myself again, (laughs) you know, that after that last section, it was like, it was a total 180 for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I felt so much better. Um, yeah, we were able to run again. Mm -hmm. We got running again, which was awesome. Um, so I, I was, I was feeling very positive going into that aid station at Lambs Canyon. Um, you know, I'm um, glad you were. Yeah. (laughs) me worried. Oh, I know. I know. Like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't. Definitely wasn't thinking of dropping out, um, especially um, in that section. Like yeah. there was, uh, the, you know, the, the only thing that was going to take me out was just time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was going to do everything I could to stay ahead of that time. Yeah. Um, so when we got into Caleb, you know, at Lambs Canyon, that A station took a little bit longer than I would have liked. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's it's okay. Yeah. We, we did what we had to do and got stuff taken care of because we were going to go into the night, wanted to make yep. sure I had everything I needed okay. for the night. Um, switching into that, uh, 15 liter was the trick that, that thing was the, that was the trick that thing. Um, once we switched into that, I was so much happier. I felt so much better. Um, even Caleb noticed, he's like, dude, you are hiking fast. 
Um, so things just turned around um, yep. at Lambs Canyon. I yep. really got back into the race. Um, although just like at Western States, the day just wore me and yeah. I had to sleep a few times cause I was just yeah. zapped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you know, it took so much out of you in that heat section. I yeah. Mean, it, it just wears your body down and nope. you were, you had to recover somewhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so we took three naps because <laughs> once i got into um where i saw you guys at brighton yep. i fell asleep in the chair <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> they, they say beware of the chair and for sure yeah. i like i mean you guys were doing stuff and like yeah. i just all of a sudden i just nodded and yeah. I, I don't know i want, must not been long it but, wasn't long it was yeah. probably like almost maybe even two minutes. it wasn't very long <laughs> uh, at all. it felt like it was a, <laughs> a long time because i woke up and i felt so good <laughs> That's um but um yeah we had the big climb out of there yeah. to the high point on the course and, and nathan was about to finish the last 50k with me yeah that was um so um let's see nathan had done 14 with me and then caleb done 20 uh, i think i'm doing my math right and then yeah, you had close, about yeah. 50k yeah. uh to the finish uh but we had to get over the high point and yeah. um you know it, um i was I questioned myself when we walked outside that I have enough gear. Yeah, it was it, cool. It was cool. very cool yeah, to start. It was, um, but I quickly warmed up on that yeah. climb, and that climb was awesome. I I actually enjoyed that climb. It was nice. Um, it was a beautiful night. Yeah, the rocks were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, it was a neat climb. Um, yeah, it was pretty unique. even at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we were afforded such a beautiful sunrise when yes. we got to the top. Uh, oh my gosh, I took a picture of that. That was uh, so beautiful yeah. and. We seem to be, um, there was like a few pairings that we seem to be kind of staying around, yeah. you know, which was cool. Yeah. Um, we, um, we descended and, you know, we're kind of running behind this, this, this pair of guys and, um, they were doing great and we'd brought us down into Ants Knoll. Yep. And, uh, we were pretty quick in Ants Knoll. We didn't do no, too we much there. there. We had a little hike out of, a uh, little climb out of Ants Knoll <laughs> and, uh, that was pretty steep. That was it. Yeah, it was a little yeah, climb, but it was a yeah, steep, it was steep climb. Yeah, it was a steep climb. But once we got to the top of that, man, it was so runnable. Yes. We just ran yep. and, and ran and ran and ran until we got to, uh, what was that next aid station? Um, mm. Where we saw Thomas. Something um, flat, I think. And they had, uh, oh, they had those hash browns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! They were, they were life-saving. Yeah. Uh, the hash browns tasted so good. Um but um, yeah, whatever that. It's, oh, it was um, pole, pole. Yeah, yeah, pole flat. Uh, no, pole. Uh, something pole. Yeah, something pole. Anyway, um, that aid station was that was great. Yeah, you know, it it's was a like good yeah, it was. And uh, yeah, saw Thomas and yep, saw Thomas. We knew he was going to finish. Um, yeah. you know, he was moving well. Uh, we, that's where we got ahead of him. Um, right after that aid station coming yeah. out of there, um, we moved well for pretty much the rest of the race. Yeah. Um, I mean, it got hot. It wasn't really until, yeah. And then we had the whole, oh my God, debacle the of not knowing when <laughs> that uh, one yeah, aid station was. It felt mile like it, 91, yeah, right? Cause yeah. it, with 81 wasn't there. That was the one they said that, that yeah. they weren't going to have. Yeah. Um, and that was, was like a water stop at what? Yeah. It was supposed to be, I think, uh, 86 or somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah. And then we were, we had like, there I wasn't there. Yeah. And then we had to go to 91, yeah. which seemed to be a little bit long. It did. Uh, I think we were, yeah, it just seemed long. Yeah. I don't know, we don't know if it was. Or yeah. Not for sure. But. Oh man. Cause well, those downhills, Oh yeah. my God, those were brutal. Oh. Just the footing and yes. <sighs> it was like skiing on, on your shoes. Oh my gosh. 
at the end of a race, it's just, that was brutal. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think the only thing I was thankful for is that we were canopied yeah. in that section That's until true. we got to that 91 mile aid station. Yeah. Um, cause then from there to the next aid station, yeah. oh my God, it was just yeah. brutally hot. I mean, we were exposed, yep. uh, and thankfully each aid station had the ice, you know, yes. I could just throw that in my bladder with some water and oh yeah. man. I mean, we were just filling up our bladders pretty much with just ice. Yeah. Cause it melted quick. Cool. Yeah. And get it. It's cold water. Yes. Oh man. It, and, um, that, you know, we got to that, um, uh, let's see mile 90, maybe I'm off. It was, maybe it was 86 and then. Yeah, it was 90, yeah, 86 and, when that's when we hit the road, and then 91 one. was uh, that middle aid station. Yeah, um, it was the last one where the with the uh, bags. Right, the last yeah, drop bag. Last drop bag. And then we had one more aid station after yep. that. Yeah, that's right. So, but boy, after that aids that mile 91 aid station. Oh gosh, that just was. I mean, we were just exposed. <laughs> well, we like, had that break, so it was 91. We we went on that road and yes. then we uh the pacer exchange yeah eight another, miles to go yeah they had another pacer exchange right in 90 92 92 yeah and then once you hit that pacer exchange yeah it was you oh. had no no shade yeah and that was just i mean it was like, <laughs> it was go- demoralizing oh and it <laughs> yeah. was like goat trails i mean yeah. if that like yes. i mean you know it's just like they put flags they're like well we want you to go this way yeah <laughs> We saw this road and thought, surely we were taking that road. And then the next thing you know, we're just making oh. this turn and going up this trail. That, like, this is, there's no path here. <laughs> was, that was wild. Yeah. Oh, my God. Then we saw Shannon, which was such a, a oh, welcome yeah. addition. You know, oh, man, she's just so, so positive. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, like, like nothing had ever happened. Yeah, it was. It my was quads are a little tired, but <laughs> yeah. other than that, I'm okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I just ran a few. Oh, times. Shannon, she's she's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a nice section. Just kind of, um, it, it felt like the pressure was off, you yeah. know, and we could kind of just enjoy. Yes. Um, we we pulled into that mile ninety six age station mm-hmm. with those like that group. We had yep. Shannon and two mm-hmm. other guys and. Um, we, we were pretty quick there and, yep. you know, kept moving. Shannon was just ahead of us and we caught up with her and then all of a sudden she's like, why don't you guys go ahead? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that lake, oh, oh my, my God, gosh. that Jeremy lake. had warned us. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's a lake finish and it feels like it goes on forever. And it does. It does. it does. You're just on the side of this lake and you can't see the finish. No. Like it just like keeps going in and out of coves and yes. you're like, where is it? I know it's here. It's got to be around the next one. Uh, and you uh, hope that there's like a straightaway, so at least you can see the finish, yeah. but oh my God. there's not. And then Caleb met us about a mile out, and uh, he's like, you're so close. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it was so hot. Oh, my yeah. God, it was so hot. We had a guy, when did he tell us we were close? Oh, we God, got, like three and a half miles yeah, ago. three and a half miles ago. These people come through on bikes and telling us we're close. <laughs> we, we determined that this, this measurement of close <laughs> – is, is definitely very relative. Uh, yes, it's relative. So in, in the course of 100 miles, three and a half miles is close. It's, it's, it's definitely not close. <laughs> I, I think we said that close in 100 miles is 100 meters. <laughs> when I can see the finish line, oh, I know man. it's close. Oh, I, was just, I was so relieved when, when we saw that sign. It said three quarters of a mile yes. to go. Oh, man, I was so happy. So happy. Oh, man, that was that's such a, a welcome relief. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, to it, get across that finish line. That was so nice to celebrate with you two, you know, after all of that. It, it was, was so cool. It was an amazing journey. It really oh, was. Yeah, uh, you know, really, 
really nice atmosphere at the finish. Um, you know, is um, definitely a lot more people hung around. Yeah, you know, which was cool. They had a cool picnic area and um, some food trucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that was nice. And then you know, you get your buckle and the the yeah. plaque and um, uh, the uh, Grand Slam trophy, of course, and everything, which was that was really cool. Um, you know, we had to get back because you know, much yep. like Leadville, <laughs> we had to get yep. ourselves together and get out of there. Um, so unfortunately, we couldn't hang around for too long. But because um, the race ended. On Saturday, well, he was done with the race on Saturday afternoon, right? And we flew out the next day on Sunday. Yeah. Thankfully, our flight was not as early, and we were only like what thirty twenty, minutes. yeah, 20, yeah 20, 20, 20 minutes from the airport. Yep. So it wasn't as bad. Yeah. <laughs> we had more, a little more time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we still we got back and um, you know we worked just like Leadville. Yeah. Um, we worked on packing and getting our stuff yep. together. Um, which, you know, I mean, future, I'd love to have a little time afterwards, you know, but we had been traveling so much, all of us. So, uh, it was, it was definitely, you know, need to get back and get home, uh, which was nice, but definitely, I mean, you know, looking back at the whole thing, yeah, some, some takeaways for me. Um, I think, um, uh, I'm not going to do anything like that ever again. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I will definitely do, you know, uh, some other hundreds, but, um, I do not want to do that many <laughs> that close together. Um, I definitely could feel, um, over the course of the summer, um, the decline in my fitness, which made things, increasingly difficult. difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that I wasn't able to train truly for each event made it difficult as well. Yeah. Um, especially for Wasatch, you know, uh, like, I mean, although I am a strong climber, I wasn't in the kind of climbing shape I wanted to be for mm-hmm. something like Wasatch. Um, nothing lined up ideally, you know, I, I, like I had a great time in Italy. <laughs> yeah. My brother's wedding was well worth it. I would never change anything of it, but having that right before Wasatch did not help in the least. (laughs) Um, being sick, of course, um, you know, it's, it's hard to control those variables. Um, but, um, you know, learning about Vespa, as you said, that, that really did help a ton. Um, I, you know, I, I think at Leadville, we just used, um, uh, S tabs, the S caps. And, um, I think if I would have just broken those by hand and poured them into my mouth rather than trying to go with element T, um, I think my stomach would have been a bit better. Um, so, you know, some, some other lessons, um, uh, you know, we, we really dialed in the, the crew and pacing. Yeah. I mean, by the end, we were definitely a well-oiled machine. We knew what we needed. We knew what to bring, you know, we knew what equipment we needed and wanted. Um, Packs kept getting smaller. Our suitcase kept getting smaller smaller and smaller. smaller. Yes. Uh, we became very efficient. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't say that, um, it was, um, it was easy because uh, <laughs> there, was, there was no, no part of this that was, no. that was easy. Um, you know, it, it definitely presented some unique challenges in logistics, um, as well as, you know, financial commitment, you know, to, this was, yeah. that was a big financial Huge. commitment and I really have to thank my family for, for allowing yeah. me to do all this. Um, cause it was, you know, there was a lot behind this, um, I, you know, as I said in my post, um, my, my love for so many things was just so 
profound. Like it really inspired me, um, to be a better person and to do, you know, these things, um, and make more of an impact on people around me, their lives. I see Amberin and, and yeah. her inspiration. Yeah. It makes me, you know, so happy and yeah. Beth's reaction, you know, when I was finishing, yeah. it, it really, you know, it means the world to me that it means so much to them too. So yeah, for sure. and I want to thank you uh, so much for being a part of, of this journey and everything you did. He was amazing <laughs> between crewing and pacing and just keeping me vertical. <laughs> he was definitely uh, a huge reason for me finishing this. So I have you to thank. So thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the the again to come alongside. It was a it was an amazing experience. You know, I, I when I started this, I in my head, you know, I thought, you know, I probably would do the same thing. You know, if I got into Western states, I'd just do them all. <laughs> and by the end of it, I'm not so sure that I would do that. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, you know, I, even like even up to, I would say Leadville, I still was convinced that was how I would do it. <laughs> But after all of it, it's just, you know, I would tell anybody who goes after this to recognize what it is. I mean, it is a, it is an endeavor, uh, financially, physically, mentally. I mean, you give up your summer and, you know, not, I don't say give it up, but you know, you give your entire summer, whether that's and that, you know, like Aaron said, he, you know, sacrificed time with his family and, um, it was a lot. Uh, but it was, it was awesome from my perspective. I really, I really do think I probably got the better end of the deal. <laughs> you know, yeah, he got the trophy, he got the, the bragging rights, but as far as experience goes, you know, I got to see some pretty awesome places. Yeah. Um, sure. And it didn't have to suffer nearly as much. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, my recommendation is to pace somebody <laughs> for the grand slam. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Uh, and do, I mean, I think I never did add up how many miles I did total, but you know, it was, it was not 400, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was significant. It was significant. You had um, 45 alone at Wasatch. Exactly. Yeah. So um, a decent amount at, uh, at Badger, at least 50 K there. Yeah. Um, it was 50 K there. Yeah. So that's, and then 12.5 at Leadville. Um, and then you did, um, I'm trying to remember how much Forest Hill to Greengate. I think that was either 16 or 18. Yeah, something like 16, that. I think. So it was, but, it was over 100 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it ended up being. Any of the races that you look at and you're like, you know, I would do that one. Wasatch. Wasatch. That was probably that course. It was brutal. Yeah. But it was the most rewarding course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the views were spectacular. The views were spectacular. It was a very technical trail. Yeah. You know, between even Western States, you know, there's just, once you get over the mountain and through the canyons, it's just like, okay, let's get to the finish. You know, there really wasn't anything special as far as the course goes, you know, it's the race is awesome. But, um, and like he, he already talked about Leadville and there's the qualms with that. Um, (laughs) I definitely think that Wasatch is, you know, the climbs, there's just so many, there's a lot of neat stuff about Wasatch. Yes. Um, it's unique. It is it's, very unique. It's a challenging mountain race for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one that I would say like get some good experience with mountain racing. I mean, Nathan yes. has that experience, but if you're looking at Wasatch, m- try a few mountain races. Much. Yeah, prior to it, um, it's not so much just one variable. It's the combination of all the variables: the heat, the yeah. you know, the dry climate, partly the altitude, you know, the amount of gain. It's you know, it's it throws a lot at you. Yeah. 
Um, and then, like I said, it throws a lot at you quick. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's, um, and but, I would recommend, uh, what was the name of the vi- YouTube videos we watched? Who oh yeah. That? Um, the, um, running Wasatch 100, yeah. um, was the, the, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I can repost that in the show notes. Yeah. It um, was very helpful. Even like <laughs> I was telling Aaron when he had his bad spot, the guy in the video and I remembered it so vividly when I saw him breaking down, <laughs> he said, you, this is going to be the hardest part of the race. Yeah. You're going to get hot. You're going to get dehydrated. He even said, you're going to have problems regulating your body temperature. Mm. And, you know, I, and I just, I saw it right before me, you know, when it happened with Aaron. So right. it really helped me not, you know, I knew what was going on. I right. mean, I knew what was going on. I knew he was dehydrated, but you know, this was not out of the normal yeah. for somebody who'd right. run this race. Yep. You know, I knew once we could, I'm knowing Aaron too, you know, I knew once we got out of the heat and it got cooled down, you know, yeah, he might get sleepy, but he was going to be better. Yep. Things were going to turn yep. around. Um, so that was very helpful. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, YouTube was probably my number one resource for, you know, research. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, um, Hella's video for Leadville, um, mm-hmm. that was in my mind the whole time, yep. you know? Um, and then the Wasatch videos were fantastic. Obviously there's a million videos on Western States. So, yeah. um, you know, and, um, I didn't have much time to prepare for Badger and I, you know, thankfully I didn't need much yeah, time. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, there's a ton out there for Vermont and, uh, old dominion. So, um, and then Victor is going to be putting together, um, the video that, um, Nathan took, um, so we'll have a YouTube video out for Wasatch. Nathan did a ton of yeah, every time uh, I'd be running, I hear dee, 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 <laughs> and my GoPro would be coming on, and uh, you know, so he filmed quite a bit because that 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 noise came on quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it was such a beautiful course. I mean, that, that especially that last part from Brighton is just yeah. I mean, it, it they say in the video that a lot of people are running that in the dark. You yeah, know, if you're yeah. so you know. It wasn't exactly the time we were shooting for, right, right. But yeah. in a lot of ways, it worked out. Yes, it did. And you know, yep. we got to see some amazing views. That we did. If it had been dark, you wouldn't have been able right. to see anything. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and that was, you know, that was half of the experiences. Is, is I think that's also it is a good thing about the Grand Slam, is you go into it just trying to finish races, um, and not necessarily setting time goals. You know, it's just. Let's get this one done and yep. get to the next one. We're not worried about how fast we get it. Let's, we just we have to do it efficiently, and then go to the next one. And it, I think, in some ways that that does help. It can give you some time to enjoy the course more yeah. Yeah. than rather than going there and trying to set a time goal. And right. you know, yep. so there, there's benefits to doing it that yeah. way, yeah. Um, for sure. But it is a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 definitely put a ultra pacer time just to kind of give us a ballpark mm-hmm. of where we'd be around Wasatch. We set a 32 hour. That was just kind of a, you know, yeah. a number I threw out there. I said, yeah. this would be cool if I did right. it, if we're off this, no big deal. Right. But it, it gave us kind of a ballpark and gave them an estimate of what I had in my mind. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, uh, overall, looking back at the whole big picture um i'm glad i did the races that i did i would have liked to have done vermont like you know obviously uh but that wasn't an option so i'm glad that badger worked out um we've got some people that are doing arkansas to finish it out um you know hopefully in the future there's there's no problems or they have a solution you know an alternate 
yeah. uh, if one of the races um, were to to get canceled. Um, you know, some people start with Old Dominion. More power to them. <laughs> like I, I have no no love for that race. Yeah. Um, you know, and some people are are you know that's like they love that, but to each their own. Yep. <laughs> to yep. each their own. You know, and that's the cool thing. Um, the um, I, I think the only thing that had me intrigued was the uh, the Rocky Mountain Slam when they talked about the Rocky Mountain Slam. Yeah, I was that like, one intrigued me <laughs> yeah, more than was, anything. Was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not as formal as the the you know the Grand Slam. Uh, there's no trophy or anything like that. It's more of just a bragging yeah bragging <laughs> race that you did these crazy yeah. races, you know. And uh, Paul Terranova and uh, Bronco Billy are in the midst of it, uh, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just some really cool races that are attached to that. Not that I really want to do another type of Grand Slam. Like I said, I'm I'm good. Yeah. You know, like I'd love to do some of the races that are on that that Slam. Yeah. Um, those are, those are still some of the ones on my bucket list. Um, For sure. so yeah, but, and then, uh, Nathan and I have talked about, uh, eventually doing that Denali 135. Yes. That's, that sounds like, uh, a really awesome adventure. So I am down. Um, any closing thoughts for you? Um, I just, you know, again, I just want to say thanks for, you know, let me come along <laughs> on this, this Thank journey. You. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. Um, and I learned a lot about, you know, I learned a lot about pacing. Um, you know, I, I knew I kind of went into this with a pretty good knowledge. Um, but I definitely came away with, um, some new insights. Like, you know, I shared already the three person crew. I really think, uh, is, is a really good way to do it. Um, we had that way. We actually had a lot of crew in Leadville. It was mm-hmm. really nice, but yeah. again, we still had that dedicate. I think really it's not just a three person crew, but it's a dedicated person, that is just about crewing. They don't have to worry about pacing. Um, I think that's really ideal. Um, and, uh, yeah, that it was, it was an awesome experience. Um, (laughs) it, it it was, you know, almost just as emotional for me when we came across that line (laughs) in Wasatch, you know, to know that it it was done, you know, especially after Wasatch. I mean, (laughs) that, that low moment, like he said, it was, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. I, I, when I could barely hear my runner talk, (laughs) you know, and, and I could see the desperation in his voice and in in his eyes, it was just like, you know, I could tell it wasn't that he wanted to quit, but I didn't know if he was physically, was his body going to hold up? I just had to do everything I knew to help him get there. And, you you know, that's, that's what being a pacer, what being a crew is, it's, it's how can I what what are all the things that I can do to ensure that my runner gets across that finish line? You know, we should talked a little bit about, uh, you know, pacing and, and people having time goals and, and, you know, time goals are great. Like Aaron said, you know, he made a time goal. We made time goals for things just to help us see those points. But even like, if you have a time goal on something, you know, I, as a pacer, my time, my goal is to get that runner across the finish line and under the time, you know, to finish, and, and, you know, that was always, it was easy with this one because that was always the goal in any way. But at the same time, you know, that's the most important part about doing these, you know, hundred mile races mm-hmm. is it's, it's just finishing. You know, I think that we can't let ourselves get caught too caught up in, you know, the time. Um, because at the end of the day, it's still a hundred miles. It's still a hundred miles. It's still a hundred miles. And, and, you know, I don't, it, 
it's it's an awesome thing, you know. <laughs> it's an, it still is it's amazing, you know. And Hitting Heron did four in four months, <laughs> and technically we got away with five states. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just again, I, I just I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Oh, thank and, you. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> What's so, up for you? Um, so I I am changing the game <laughs> a little bit. Gonna tap my hand back into the hybrid fitness uh, realm. I guess uh, I uh, started out getting being competitive. We've talked on the podcast for doing like OCR obstacle style races, and um, a friend of mine she just is excelling so well. Tara uh, Jackson, I'll give her a shout out um, in this and has just really inspired me to, <laughs> to get back out there and, and try at it again. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know if it'll be a permanent thing for me. I'm still in love with ultras and <laughs> I, I don't know that I can put myself in a gym all the time. <laughs> um, the woods are always calling. So I, you know, we'll see what comes up next year, but we'll see, you know, Chicago, I got it in November and, um, yeah, that's what's up for me. Uh, he's Nathan Franz on uh, Strava, and it's Nate underscore OCR 85. 85, we believe. I'll put it in the show notes yeah. on Instagram. Um, but, um, Nathan, you're amazing. You're the best friend. I love you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for dragging me through this whole <laughs> crazy adventure. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Love you too, bro. Well, I want to thank um, Nathan um, from the bottom of my heart. Um, my sincerest and deepest thanks go to him. Um, I can't tell you, uh, you know, how close we've bonded over this Grand Slam. You know, Nathan was a huge part of Bigfoot last year and um, was just ever present, obviously, in the Grand Slam. Uh, he means the world to me. Uh, I hope I can somehow return the favors. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him going to do an ultra and asking me to crew and pace because <laughs> uh, I really want to give back to Nathan um, or any of my crew and pacers. Um, you know, uh, just a, a wonderful people, and I'm going to send my thanks at the uh, the end of the episode. But uh, next up is uh, Thomas Brown. Again, Thomas completed the Grand Slam um, at Wasatch. I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, being Thomas's coach, I got to watch the whole process, um, and I got to be there and race with him, uh, which was just phenomenal. Um, so inspired by him, so motivated. It's you know, just he Thomas truly is a wonderful person, and I couldn't be happier for him. So um, please enjoy this conversation with Thomas Brown. I'm here with Thomas Brown, another face-to-face interview. That's <laughs> awesome. Thomas, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to be back on here, and thanks for having me over. Oh, I'm so glad you're, yeah. you're here, man. That's, what, a, what a summer. Oh, my goodness. Um, so incredible and so impressive to, to be able to, to see your Wasatch race. Like, it was really impressive. You were very efficient and really well. <laughs> I kept moving forward. So um, how did you feel Wasatch went overall? taking back just looking at it um i never felt like i had any down moments throughout the race um but there were really never any moments where like i'm feeling great (laughs) so i just felt steady from beginning to end uh perhaps that's just because i was being slightly cautious uh towards the end um but uh overall i felt 
felt good. <laughs> nah, good. Yeah. yeah, you had. Yeah. Um, let me think. You had was it six weeks between? Because you did Badger. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so starting the race, I, I did feel um, well rested. Uh, I, I still wasn't going on very many long runs, mm-hmm. and as you saw I was probably going on some really long walks uh, so I was keeping my walking walking fitness up uh, and then I was doing only quite a few hikes uh, which I hadn't always done prior to the other races yeah. so that felt good so good. I came in uh, it was almost like a couple of confidence hikes yeah. uh, before the race and that just that made me feel good yeah, yeah. and you, you got out there early too right yeah so um, encouragement from my uh, wife she's like hey you really ought to go out there just a few days early because originally I was I planned to arrive on Tuesday if even Wednesday um, but I ended up traveling out there uh, let's see I traveled on Wednesday the week prior I wanted to go before Labor Day weekend uh, the hectic travel during <laughs> Labor Day uh, so um, it, it there's different theories on you know acclimatization. Did I say yeah. that right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, my thought was to get used to acclimatize to five thousand feet mm-hmm. uh, and go up high during the day and come back down to Salt Lake City, which is around forty four hundred feet. And a few days I stayed uh, northeast there in Eden with some friends, which is at five thousand feet. So I'd, I'd go up high during the day, uh, try to spend at least two to three hours, um, sometimes more up to like five or six hours up high. Then I'd come back down and, and yeah, it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to scope yeah. out a lot of right. the, the course. Yeah. So when I got there, I got there on Wednesday, I sort of like had the ideas, Hey, I'm going to keep on going higher. And then I was just like, you know what? I really need to get out and get a couple things done immediately just in case I don't get another chance. So on the next day after arriving there, I went up, just drove up to a big mountain and I chose that part of the course. Uh, one was very accessible uh, mm-hmm. to go do. And another is like, there was so much talk about how that was the maker break part of the course, the heat of the day. Mm-hmm. So I went out there, I think it was like early afternoon and I wanted to feel it during the heat of the day. Yeah. Um, and I went four miles, uh, went four miles on the course, and came back four miles. Uh, total, yeah, total eight miles. I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. And, and but the one thing I did notice was, wow, I drank a lot of water, mm-hmm. uh, which was you know good because sometimes we forget to drink water when we go out west because of the dryness. Right. Um, but I was like, wow. Regardless, you know, the uh, I, I drank a lot of water, so I, you know that's where I was like really. For sure, like when I left that aid station, I was going to leave with three liters of water and and, and just get through it. But um, so that was I did that, and then I think it was like the next f- day on Friday, I went out to Brighton mm. uh, Brighton Lodge, yeah. and I went four miles up there and four miles back. So Re- you did the big climb. Yeah, I did the big climb. Uh, really nice to do with fresh legs <laughs> and absolutely beautiful. So I was happy. I did it when yeah. I was able to see it. Cause, cause, um, uh, during it, during it at night, <laughs> you're like, I sort of knew where I was at night. Yeah. Uh, but that was, uh, one to get used to it. And, you know, I gotta tell you, and I kept on writing you sending notes on yeah. this. I was like, wow, I got cold coming down. It was raining. Yeah. Um, luckily, you know, that never happened. I yes. never got cold once during the race, but yeah. I was a little concerned about that. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, that was, 
that was just a really beautiful part <laughs> of the course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, those that aren't familiar, um, Thomas's first day on yeah. Big Mountain, that's our first crude aid. Not right, our, yeah. That was a drop back, right? Or was yeah, it? Yeah, uh, let's see. I think that was like around mile 30, 32. Yeah, yeah so that's so our first crude aid station. First yeah. cruise, second drop bag. Right. Um, but it was always known as like hard part of the course because it's the heat of the day. And you're up on the exposed ridge. Right. That's where you saw me. Yeah. <laughs> and I <Yeah>. was suffering. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Brighton is a little bit later. It's about right. 50K to go. Right. Um, from yeah. Brighton, um, and then you where where Thomas went up. That's the high point of the course at yeah. ten five, a little over ten thousand feet. Yeah, uh, that didn't bother me too much. Good. I just you know, I, I felt it. But um, the one thing I did notice was I got to the top uh, of the pass up there, and I started coming down. I was like, wow, this is really crumbling rock down here, and this is yeah. not going to be fun coming down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I wasn't looking forward to that part, but <laughs> yeah. during the race, it wasn't as bad as I. Imagine yeah. it to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you ended up finding a pacer. Um, right. Yeah. How did that come about? Okay. So uh, a couple of Facebook groups that I um, put my name up for asking for a pacer. Yeah. Uh, one was the, the Wasatch 100 mm-hmm. yep. uh, Facebook group, page, right. Facebook page. And I think there's another one. It's called Wasatch Wranglers. It's a local running group. Cool. Uh, really just uh, joined that Facebook group and put my name <laughs> on there asking for a pacer. So the, the person that paced me actually uh, does is not on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, a friend told him about it, I don't know, from Instagram oh, or something cool. else. Yeah. And somehow we, we got in contact. Uh, just uh, um, another, I, I really lucked out. Yeah. Uh, just having a great pacer, uh, like, he basically said, hey, I'm good for 20, 30 miles. And I said, I really think I need the pa- – I really think uh, where I need the pacer the most is right when it starts getting dark. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll pace you from – I think it was from – Lambs Canyon, right? Lambs Canyon to yeah. Brighton. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and he, uh, he had ran the race, I think – maybe three years prior okay. did it well under 30 hours nice. he knew the course really well mm. uh, very experienced so he was talking about doing 200s so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we had a lot to talk about yeah and that's yeah, cool. yeah it's, that's yeah. great yeah that worked out really well which is you know cool, cool for me because i was telling you before I, I usually don't have pacers and i mm. decided you know in western i had decided to get a pacer and this race decided to get a pacer I was, yeah yeah big fan yeah. of pacers yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously I am as well. But um, so um, you going into the race, like I said, you felt you felt pretty good. Um, any concerns going into the race? Yeah, uh, my concern uh, was I was kept on watching the weather. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like, yeah. oh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's, <laughs> and you, know, you can't have it perfect. But to me, right. it was good because I like heat. Yeah. And that's what it was. So that was a little bit of my concern. Uh, I'm always concerned about, like, my – concerned enough to be really watch what I'm eating the week of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I don't do anything different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like right. – you know, I was staying in a place where I could cook my own food and yeah. I was staying with some friends. So that worked out really well. So to alleviate those concerns, mm-hmm. I just – 
uh, I was control just watch control those variables. Yeah. yeah. And besides that, um, yeah, and we talked about this before. I was concerned about navigation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went out there, I told you I got a new Garmin. Mm -hmm. So I went out there and tested out all the different modes, going off course, seeing what the watch would do. And that was really beneficial for me because there were a couple of times where I did go off course, maybe 100 meters, and it warned me, hey, you're oh, wow. off course. And there were places where I never thought it would happen. Mm -hmm. uh, one was because I was just following the person in front of me. Okay. Uh, and another one was just I just missed the turn. And okay. It was just, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the watch, right? Yeah. Which watch did you get? Uh, it was a, it's the Garmin Phoenix. I think it's the new Phoenix 7. Okay. Um, Fair, Solar thanks. Pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, every, I, I'm going to be out there for... I knew I was going to be out there for at least 34 hours, mm -hmm. so I wanted something that could last, last me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wore two watches. Um, I wore the Coros Vertex 2, and that had the course on it. So again, like right. just like you, if I started yeah. going off course, it would give me the alert. Um, but I also wore the um, Coros Apex Pro um, to track the race because um, sure. you can't flip between the two modes. Okay. Um, on Koros, yeah. it's uh, unfortunate where Garmin you can. Um, so I had two watches on, and it, it you know, uh, thankfully I didn't get off course. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate that <laughs> I didn't have that problem, but um, I'm glad you were able to kind of alleviate your, your and, concerns. And part of one was at Brighton, which was really weird because I, I knew the mm. course there somewhat. Right. And I started, I was just like, something's not right, something's not right. Then my watch beeped. Um, this or, is on the climb. Yeah, that was yeah. on the climb. Uh, I started going left instead mm. of that quick right. Mm. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was because I was following somebody, and I, yeah, yeah, and it was dark. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. That's you know, it makes it more challenging because there yeah. were um, there were a number when we got higher. There were a number of different like avenues you could take and routes and trails that turned yeah. off. So yeah, it's and sometimes um, we I don't know if you experienced this. Um, there was one remote aid station late in the race. It was just after the aid station where we saw each other mm -hmm. in the morning and, um, that we came to a junction and there was nothing there. There was no course markings, nothing. So, um, Nathan had it on his watch as well and his phone and went the one way and he's like, Nope, it's not that way. So, <laughs> Uh, he came back and then we, you know, went the other way and which led us to the aid station. Yeah. But then we alerted the aid station to let them know. I don't know if you have any course markings or can do anything, but that junction's not marked. Um, which obviously, you know, at that point in the race with everybody being as tired as they are, you know, right, it yeah. was like, you know, maybe, maybe you can, you know, it's so a one guy went back and he was going to try to do whatever you could to alleviate the situation. But, um, yeah. It was interesting. I, because there's no point where I'd say that course was not marked well. It, mm. I thought it was well marked. It's just uh, there's yeah. only so much you could do. Yeah, right? yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I don't know if because at that point, um, like I don't know if you saw them, but there were um, motorcycles. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if by chance, like maybe yes, I'm not going to say the they, motorcycles. Yeah, that yeah. They, they took them. Or I'm just going to say maybe they hit them by mistake, and uh. you know, but. You know, so I, I I suspect that might have had something to do with it. Um, like I said, I don't think they were being malicious, yeah. and I, maybe they just hit them by mistake and threw yeah. them off the trail. But um, there was two junctions like that, 
that we came to and um we came to one with a group there was six of us standing there and there was everybody's looking for the markers yeah and nobody saw a marker so um the pacers uh, just like they did last time nathan went the one way another pacer went the other way and um nathan was like it's this way and so everybody turned you know um but again, like, you know, having that capability, both, you know, having it on the phone and having it on our watches. Right. It, it, it definitely, you know, we had no problem, you know, navigating it once we figured it out. But that was, you know, that was good to have those. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think they did fine marking. That is such yeah. a remote course, too. Um, and with some really rugged terrain to have to mark, you know, 100 miles of, of trail. Right. So. It, and. The um, it's interesting that the the Garmin are like using a, a watch. It's only a, a guide. You can't go 100 percent by right. it. Yeah. Uh, there was one time where it's like, hey, you're off course, and I was running along a few folks that were from the area. Mm. Right, they're actually yeah, they were from Salt Lake, and they're like, nope, we're on course, and, and they knew. So yeah. sometimes it yeah it, yeah yeah right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other thing, and you and I mentioned this, was how many GPX files they had on the <laughs> website, and it was like, which one do we use? Because it was from multiple years, right? Yeah. Which the course can change from year to year, so yeah. like, which one's the most accurate to what we're running? That was you know the other like, <laughs> uh, you know, if anybody that runs Wasatch, the the website's a little bit tricky. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. There, like information is just everywhere, and it's like it's really tough to you know find exactly what you're looking for easily. <laughs> so it's there. <laughs> you just really have to dig through the website, um, which you know, it, you know, like I said, it's there. It just takes a little time to find it. Um, but um, but yeah. So um, so did you get to see any of that first climb from the start? Did you get to see any of that? Not really. That I, I did go to the start mm -hmm. and that was more just uh see like, where it was yeah and yeah. to test out my watch there which mm -hmm. was something was i <laughs> i i actually it's funny like i hiked like the first mile and a half mm -hmm. and i was having a little trouble figuring out like like which way to go i mean i mm -hmm. had to look at the guide you mm -hmm. turn right here um, so I couldn't just completely rely on my watch. Yeah. So I was just like, Hey, I didn't worry about too much because it's the first, there's going to be so many runners out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but the climb itself, I did not, um, not see, not see, maybe I looked up and, and <laughs> yeah, and like, Oh, yeah. just imagine, Oh, that's where the climb's going to be. But I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I did have an idea, like right. four, yeah. four to I five thousand yes. feet, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, off four thousand feet. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, Fanny, um, Fanny, who's been a podcast guest in the past, yeah. and she did the Grand Slam. She was telling you, you know, make sure you don't get caught too far right. back. Right. Because you know, uh, uh, I'm someone who I, I love to climb, especially love to climb with mm -hmm. fresh legs. So I. I do not take the advice of going super slow at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, I go where my strength is. Mm -hmm. My strength is in climbing, so yeah. I like to stay at least in the middle of the pack um, for that yeah. for the first ten miles of the race. And probably I was probably a little bit ahead of that, um, but I wasn't going to change that strategy because yeah. I know that's. I know I could recover from a climb like that without yeah, any yeah. issue. Yeah. But it, I can't always recover from being at the back of the pack and getting that yeah. loss of momentum. Yeah. 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 That first <laughs> climb was, that was, I mean, that was tough. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nice. I, I love looking behind there and like, wow, oh, there's, yeah. yeah, just seeing everything. Yeah, uh, the view. I forget what they call the, the two lights up there. 
Someone mentioned that. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that, we having something to look at and imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that. Actually, that's where we're heading. Yeah, yeah that, it was I like Francis that. Peak was the peak. Yeah, but I don't know what they. Yeah, there was like two. Um, it almost looked like Doppler, right? You know, structures. Yeah. Um, at the top of the mountain, and you could see the lights, and that's kind of the. They look so close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you kept no, going like they no, were on our right, and we kept further, going left. Further, yeah. yeah. So yes, uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> but um once you got to the top um you know i was i was encouraged by another runner to not take that descent too hard um, right yeah i, I and i knew that <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's like i knew that from experience yeah. it's like yeah. if you try to run it downhill right too fast yeah. at the beginning of the race you're gonna burn your quads yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I just i relaxed yeah. and i let gravity take me down and yeah, yeah. um yeah. Everything good up to, uh, I mean, so, you know, the first 50K was, that was significant 50K. I mean, we had between eight and 9,000 feet of gain in the first 50K. So yeah. how did that first 50K go for you? Uh, I, I felt like I was in a good position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not to, not a position to win, but to finish, you know. To finish, yeah, yeah. which was the important thing, and right? I was yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I, I always, I felt like, hey, I'm in a good position. And I started talking to some other runners, um, at that point and just i tell them hey i'm asking you for my own selfish reason i'm trying to judge, <laughs> i'm trying to figure out like how right where I, if i'm in my right spot and stuff <laughs> and, you know like people let me know yeah. like from previous years and i felt good to where i was at and yeah. i felt uh like i was eating and drinking fine and that good. was always good a, so when you got into big mountain um yeah big yeah that's uh that was like a that was a hard reset point for me because I was, I mean, being sick and everything, I was really already in a rough spot. Uh, um, how did you find yourself? Uh, pretty good because uh, what's Aaron? I can't remember the aid station before Big Mountain. I dropped my poles there, so uh, at the, oh, where the drop bag was. Yeah, so um, so that was Bountiful B. Yeah, so Bountiful B. I dropped my poles. And I ran without poles and it felt relaxed. But I knew, like, I had a set of poles. I wasn't sure if I was going to grab a big mountain. I was like, oh, I'm glad I put poles in and big mountain. Yeah. And I, I felt good there and I felt, it felt good. pretty solid all through. And that was four miles I've already done before. I knew nice. that. Yeah. Knew, personally knew the course. I knew what Sweet. I was getting into. Yep. Uh, and I just had the back in my head what everyone said, just like, be careful and yeah, you know, yeah. pace yourself. Don't go too fast. What were you uh, using? Cause I mean, it was warm before we hit big mountain. So what were you using, um, so far as your, um, water carrying capacity? Yeah. So I had a, a Nathan five liter vest. Uh, I, I wore that because I felt like it was a little bit cooler than my Salomon vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had a three liter, no, I'm sorry, a uh, two liter reservoir in the back okay. and two uh, flask, flask uh, I'm not sure what kind they were in the front. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a total of three liters. That's okay. what I was using. I used that up to big, no, I used that up to, um, forget the Lambs name. Lambs Canyon? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used that to Lambs Canyon. And then yeah. there I changed, I had a Salomon pack in there. Uh, with a with a 1.5 liter pack because I knew it was like at nighttime I'm not going to need as much water I'm going to be need and I need to carry a jacket maybe yep. even an extra shirt and yeah. hat and gloves sure. and all the things which I ended up not using the hat and gloves but <laughs> I'm glad I had them anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. right on uh, so um, so that yeah so it, it 
so pretty much every aid station I'd leave at nighttime, I'd leave with probably about a liter and a half of water. Mm-hmm. And at daytime, it was either two and a half to three liters. Yeah. Um, did uh, you ever run out? N- no. And I timed it where like, hey, I, I'm going to in the aid station soon. Go ahead yeah. and start drinking all this water. So if yeah. I did ran out, it was, it was a plan to run, run out right sure. at that Right at that time, yeah, yeah or if yeah. not before. So, and this from Big Mountain, this is the section again where Thomas passed uh, me. Yeah, and you look strong. You look great. You were moving really well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, you you look so awesome. Um, and then um, I saw you again um, when we came out of Lambs Canyon on that climb with your pacer. Um, which right. is, yeah. yeah, yeah. We we saw each other a few times because yeah. I fell asleep a few times. <laughs> I had to take a few naps. Um, so we kept coming by, and you guys were just talking and moving well. Um, it's you were doing. I wasn't worried about you. <laughs> you were doing just fine. Um, it, so um, between Lambs Canyon to Brighton, any anything of note? No, it's probably. Uh, I wish you could have done it during the daytime to yeah, see it, but yeah. it's probably one of my favorite parts of the course. Nice. Uh, yeah, because there's always a concern you're going to have trouble, or I always have the concern I'm going to have. A little bit of trouble climbing, and it was like, oh, these climbs are going pretty good. Good. And my pacer kept on saying, hey, you're moving great. And yeah. I just told him, just if I'm going too slow, let me know. Yeah. Uh, to sort of judge on that. <laughs> and he said every time I was slowing up, I'd like speed up just like a, two, a minute, two or later. So he was nice. He was sort of watching that for me good. just to make sure I was on pace. Yeah. Um, people were passing me, and but I was passing a few people. Sometimes you could gauge where you're at by by that yeah and that was all fine good uh, good yeah yeah and you were i'll note like thomas was super efficient at the aid stations um he was in and out lickety split like he took care of what he needed to and just kept moving um which was impressive um you know i, I really i well as everybody knows i struggle <laughs> at wasatch so i had the aid stations were like my my lifeline to resupply because i just was not doing it well in between so um, but to watch Thomas come in and out, you know, um, cause there, there was, a um, an aid station, I was, um, pole pass, um, where, you know, we came in pretty much the same time and, um, you know, I was doing my reset thing and you were like, Hey, Aaron Byron. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he, you know, he took care of his business, but you know, like I said, you were, you were. Um, you knew you were fine on time, but you didn't want to waste any time at the right. aid stations. You know, I think that was the aid station. Was that like mile 80? Yes. Okay. So that was interesting. That I get to the aid station and they couldn't find my bag. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little nerve wracking. Which, you know, it's like, and yeah. I kept on thinking, you know, we were talking about that the episode I did with you before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, they, you know, yeah. it happens, yeah. you know. Right. And I'm not going to let that bog me down right. and i probably spent a little extra time waiting you know and just trying to figure things out and, and and it's like back in my head it's like i don't get you know you can't get frustrated can't get just, frazzled. Yeah. yeah and i just asked him it's like hey can you make a bag for me i need to drop some stuff and they did and as soon as i put the stuff in the bag they're like hey we found your bag <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> but and i looked at i left that aid station for a minute just going oh wow i i probably spent an extra 10 or 15 minutes there and that's like oh, that's not you know it, it it's all for the good it, i probably that gave me 10 or 15 minutes that i'm gonna help me reset yeah. uh that and i thought about it. it's like yeah that's just like i can't remember that saying don't 
I equate it to don't let the little things bother yes. you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it, it all it all pans out. And yep. yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> if I would have took off early, I could have like you know fell down or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so it's yeah. like that was all. It just took me a couple of minutes. It's like, hey, this is all good. Yep. It's just going to cause me to like run it, maybe uh, put a little eff- more effort on the downhill at certain points or uphill, and just uh, yep. but at the same time stay careful. So. Yeah, it yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, so if anybody loses their bag out there, don't <laughs> don't worry about it. Just move on. <laughs> yep. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they had that. Um, and they were yeah, good. Was, the, the, the the volunteers yeah. at the aid stations. Up there, yeah. yeah was, that that, that <laughs> yeah. aid station. Yeah. It was. Um, I mean, the hash browns. I remember the hash browns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were they were so good at that aid station. Um. So uh yeah so pull pass um on to um mile um it's like 80 86 or something like that um where you pop out on the dirt road okay right yeah that's uh what they term the torture chamber where you have the um uh, the plunge and okay. and uh, you know all the the steep downhill um, how'd that section go for you? I, I could not stand that section. It was like, I rarely have points in my, uh, in, in running where, and the reason, so the reason that I, I felt that way <laughs> was cause I didn't think it was going to be like that. I thought it was mm. like, Oh, I thought it was going to be like that. Where I thought it was going to be smooth, mm, yeah. and I, I just didn't yeah. do the research on it. Yeah, and I kept on looking at my watch. I'm like, I am just going to have to just, just. I mean, I, I, at that point, I was like, Wow, I'm going really slow, um, but I have That's, to because I don't. Yeah. I really I'm, that downhill was treacherous. I do not do well on rocky downhill like yeah. that. Yeah, um, it, I mean to describe it to folks, yeah. uh, it, it was. It was technical. There was like, like Thomas was saying, it was really rocky in spots, and then the plunge itself was just like, just like a almost a sand that right. was like there was no traction to. It was like where you're you're going down, um, like that. It's like cupped. The, yeah, yeah, it's cupped. It's so cupped. you can't like yeah. get a good rhythm right, going. Right. Yeah, no it's it's, what. it's a channel, in other words, like where it's yeah. it's really hard to get a good foot placement. And you're never sure should I use my poles or not use my right. poles? You yep. know, on getting yep. a placement. Uh, and that's where one of the local locals from uh, Salt Lake said that's that's what they <laughs> said something like he just started like they don't call it the torture yeah. <laughs> for no reason right right it yeah was, that made me was, laugh a yeah. little bit yeah, yeah. yeah. and I was that's, like oh, okay just move where you can and just yeah. keep keep yeah. going it, it it was that section just was it seemed like it took much longer than. What it should have, right? You know, and, it's, and it's also where it starts getting hot again. Yes, too. yeah. And Thankfully, was it was kind of canopied, but it was oh, hot. Right? Yeah. yeah like yeah. It, up until that aid station, I mean, like there were sunspots, of course. Right. But yeah. like you could get into the shade and, yeah. and kind of if you needed to reprieve. Um, until you got to that 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 aid station, which um, man, from that point to the next aid station, when you pop out on the dirt road. Then you cut across the field. Yeah. You get on that old railroad bed. Apparently, is what it appeared to me. Right. Uh, that section was just super exposed, and it was that was hot. Um, yeah, that was interesting. But by the way, I did miss that left turn. Someone yelled. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, it was so like I mean, it was just so strange. Like yeah. there was a, a traffic I wasn't cone. Thinking that. Plus, and, you're looking up ahead of the aid yeah, station. Yeah. Uh, and they put yeah. a sign on the traffic cone, which you know, I mean. It was, 
I, you know, like, I mean, the all no, no other course marking was on a traffic cone, so I mean, I could see where it was easy to miss, um, and it was just cutting through this random spot in the field, <laughs> you know, like it was like the it wasn't a trail, it was just like they wanted you to just go this way so you could get over to that the next piece, right? Yeah, um, but um, you know, the uh, you handled the heat much better than I do. Um, were you okay through that section? I was. Good through that section, uh, <laughs> and I don't always like. Um, I always, I don't always like being the person in front. But from that whole section, I was the person in front. People <laughs> were like walking behind me, oh. so I set the pace. And yeah, <laughs> I said it. I think uh, it was. I was just like, oh, this is a solid pace. I'm not going to go any faster. And, right. And no one. <laughs> no yeah. one passed. But it was like it was a point where he. It was so weedy, you can't really use your pole yeah. either uh, right. to get any support. Right. And yeah, I, 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 that part did not bother me that much Good. at all. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, hitting that next aid station, you kind of, you're up, now you're, you're actually, uh, you've kind of gotten a, quite a bit of gain from, you know, uh, where we came off the road. Yeah, surprising gain because I didn't quite realize it because until I kept on looking down, I was like, wow, we're getting high up. Yeah. And it was just sort of slant. And I, I, I like that. I yeah. like that just sloping right moving up like that yep. but it was just like wow we it looks like we gained like about 500 feet in no time whatsoever <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And then we could finally see the other side where the finish was right and you could yeah. see the finish down below um but you know that next section i think that was the section that blindsided me because i didn't know what to expect mm. um you know all the videos i watched did not prepare me from that next section <laughs> where you have eight miles to go and yeah. there's a, a pace you're exchanged there. Um, and then you head into, you know, what I've described as goat trails, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which that, that's what took me by surprise was so late in the race to have this, you know, pretty rugged terrain, um, that, you know, it just felt like they were trying to get you some, again, like someplace that they're like, well, this is how we're going to get them there. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Um, any, any difficulties there? Um, no, just, it was, I just felt surprised. Yeah. I felt like what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> we, we had a few times where we had to like stop and, you know, look around for flagging. Cause it was like, there was no evident path, you know, it was just like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. You know? It, yeah. I was probably watching my, looking at my watch there. I was like, I'm still on course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was, that was a, like, um, mentally, I was already, you know, I was fatigued. Yeah. And so having to use my, my faculties, I think I relied a little bit more on Nathan and it was just like, do you see it? <laughs> you know, cause I was just, I was not in the mood to be like looking around, like, where are we going? Um, but you know, we made our way through that section and then, um, that brings you to the last day station around mile 95 ish. Um, and you know, we, you've got, uh, five, on my watch, we had like six miles <laughs> to the yeah. finish, um, I came out with um, a little over 101 miles. I'm not sure what you got, but um, um, I, I didn't. I, I didn't track it because I was actually conserving battery on my watch. I was mm -hmm. more only concerned about navigation with my watch yeah. and what time it was. Sure, uh, but uh, it did say I had like I think I. Oh yeah, I, when I click on the navigation and say how much I had left, mm -hmm. uh, and I think there might have been a half mile discrepancy. Okay. I wasn't too concerned yeah. about that. That's not bad. And then that's always like even the aid stations are going to have a little bit of a, sometimes have a little bit of a discrepancy yeah. in what it really yeah. is. Right. Um, so I feel good on time, uh, but wow, that last eight to ten miles, uh, yeah. I drank 
probably I drink at least five liters of water. That, yeah, that's hot. a lot yeah, of water. Was, for... It was hot. I mean, <laughs> man, like when, especially when you got out to the lake. Yeah. Um, and you were just super exposed. It was that white rock that was just reflecting the, yeah. the light. Um, man, that that was that was pretty brutal. Like I I felt the heat there the most. Yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, it, yeah, more more than anywhere. I mean, I think uh, I don't know if it was possible. I felt like I was getting a. I, I didn't get sick. I didn't mm-hmm. get cold, but I felt like I was getting a sore throat from all the dust and the yeah. heat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? it was just totally. like, yeah. So it was a really. I was like, I'm drinking all the water I can. I'm doing the t- taking. I'm still eating yeah. uh, salt pills, whatever, or salt tablets. I mean, yeah. everything. But it was just hot, and yeah. I was losing a lot of water. And, right, um, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the other thing uh, when Nathan and I talked about this too is you kept coming around the curve and like looking for the finish and you're like, where is it? You know, like, and honestly you couldn't see it until you popped out of the lake. Um, and so, um, you're like, you're finally out of the lake and you see the sign that says three quarters of a mile to go. Uh, what was, uh, what was that feeling? I was trying, I I started watching the skiers and the, just take my mind off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's that, I, the same thing was happening to me on the turns and everything. Oh, I think yeah. we're going to turn this way. Turn. And I was just like, you know what? I just take my mind off it. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of activity on the lake. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to look at lakes. Just yep. watch people have fun. <laughs> <laughs> look over there every once in a while. I kept it at a fast pace. I did not run. I probably could have ran. Uh, but it was like, I got to the point where I was like, I could still run and trip or yep. something. So I'm just like, so part of it was like, I didn't want to. When I get to that point, I don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize after the race. But yep. then, you know, back in my head, there's also I still need to finish this race. Yeah, so yeah. I knew I was good on time. But the only thing that could really mess me up is if I something happens because of the heat yeah. or if I just bust my ankle up or something. Right. You never know what could happen. So I was so, just being cautious. Yeah. But it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when you finally see that finish line and know it's in the bag, yeah. hey, oh man, that was oh what a great feeling! Yeah, absolutely, uh, such a relief too. <laughs> you know, I, like I don't know about you, um, but um, and we'll we'll talk about the Grand Slam. But like I didn't recognize how much I was feeling from you know knowing I had more races to go until I was over, right? And yeah. I I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel so much better, so much more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I didn't, re- I, you know, I I wasn't trying to create anxiety, but for some reason I had a lot of weight on my shoulders, a lot of anxiety, knowing that there was more to go mm-hmm. until we finally finished. And like, it, it, I mean, it was almost instantaneous. Like it was like, oh yeah, oh my gosh. I, it, it's funny, I didn't feel that until the end. Usually, yeah. I get that. Sometimes I get that feeling in a race, like. At mile ninety, oh, mm-hmm. I can start relaxing. I didn't feel that until, the, yeah, until the actually. I, didn't, I actually didn't feel that until we got on the hard ball, and, and this is <laughs> funny. We get in that one area, so we go in the one area, and I've been following flags. And I'm like, there are a lot of flags. Which <laughs> one do I follow? And finally, I see it, like the arrow. Like yeah. that's where I started feeling relaxed. <laughs> yeah. But when we got on the road and people were driving by, yes. you know, and, and that was like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, it wasn't until after I crossed the finish line that I felt that relief. Um, yeah. And I'll be honest, um, in the Same other thing. races, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd like to say, I feel, yeah, I did. I did yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I did. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, on all of the other races, it was almost like I couldn't celebrate because I yeah. knew I had another race after. Right. You know, like yeah. I, I couldn't celebrate the, and that was hard. Like, I mean, you want to live in the moment and enjoy the finish, but knowing that there was other races behind it that you had to accomplish in order to get to your, your goal, it diminished the the finish of each of them, you know, which was, that was hard. Um, because when I finished Leadville, I mean, I was like, I, you know, I should have been like ecstatic because that right. was, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, you've done Leadville. It's a, it's a hard <laughs> race, man. Like, yeah. you know, but like I finished and like, there was no, um, there wasn't as much joy as there should have been, which I was, I was a little bit bummed at myself for. <laughs> like I, I didn't celebrate these victories, you know, um, until the very end. And like, even then I didn't feel like I really gave myself the full, you know, like pat on the back, <laughs> you know, it's saying that it was done. So I don't know. I, I, maybe it became, I became accustomed to the, you know, the, almost the rote nature of doing it over and over again. And it just became this, you know, the same, I guess the same feeling every time I finished a race, but like once they handed me the trophy, then yeah, yeah then it really sank in, yeah. <laughs> which is cool that they handed to you there. So. Very, very cool, and like you know, it's yeah. great meeting uh, Steve. Yep, there. yep. yeah, uh, Steve is the who's then, in charge of the the slam, and yeah, um, but yeah, talk about your moment when you received your trophy. So, so I got done. I was like, my, so my uh, older um, my um, brother, my older brother, uh, flew out from. Um, Virginia, Arlington, Virginia, and he was there at the finish. Nice. Um, so that that was great because I'm used to getting my own bags. He's like, hey, <laughs> I, you know, drop bags. He was taking yeah. care of all that. He's like, yeah, I think they're printing the stuff out over there. And I, I had to shoot you a note. I was like, are they giving the trophy out? <laughs> you know, what are they doing? Because yeah. I thought they'd be like, hey, Grand Slam finish or <laughs> right, something like right, that. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, they just, right. it was just sort of like, and you didn't yeah. get that until you went up and talked to Steve. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, the, the race really didn't celebrate yeah. the, you know, the the race directors, the Wasatch people didn't really celebrate the, the Grand Slam. It right. was Steve did, um, which was interesting too. I, like, I don't know about you, when you came across the finish line, I, the sun, um, uh, he, the, you know, they're, they co-race direct, but the right, son okay. is who congratulated me, yeah. but it, it, it almost felt like, um, just practiced, like not genuine, almost like, you know, like his congratulations. I mean, I appreciate the fact that he was there, you know, and, and, you know, was acknowledged the finish and, but it didn't feel like, you know, it just felt like it was the same thing that he would say to every single person. Like it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel very personal. In other words, I don't know what you experienced. Well, I mean, it goes from like the, when we had back at pickup. Yeah. yeah you know, like, yeah. I was like, okay, who do I, who do I talk to? Right, you know? Yeah. And then like the guy looks at me is like, what do you say? His words are like little anticlimactic, isn't it? <laughs> or something like that. He said something like that at the start. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, here's your, here's your bib. Right. And I was like, how about a good luck or something? Right. So when, when, you know, it goes back to the finish, uh, the, um, the race director said something to me, you know, it was just like, uh, I was, yeah. Yeah. I, I, on par. Yeah, yeah. On par with what we'd experienced previously. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was right, the the packet pickup was just so like it was just it was efficient, but it was it was efficient, sort of a, but I thought it, it would yeah, be it was a little like, bit yeah. There was uh, no there was no excitement, you yeah. know. There was like it was quiet, um, you know. You got your bib, you got your shirt, and that was it. It was just like good luck. Well, they didn't even say good luck. <laughs> and and 
And that's part of the race. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. part of the whole yeah. experience of sure. Lost Hatches. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're <laughs> trying to make it. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the finish line environment, because yeah. of all the runners hanging out and stuff, yeah. that was nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as I told you earlier, I wish I could have hung around longer. That's my only regret is that I, I we couldn't stay. Um, I would have liked to stay and talk to the that, others. That's a good point. They just – it took um, – well, after I got the Grand, Grand Slam tr- trophy, I started mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. you know, I, And then I started enjoying the moment <laughs> more. Yeah. I, it took and me it, just a few minutes to right. realize it was – over and yeah could, and yeah relax now you know? right and yeah. I, I, that's, that's probably the difference is like we yeah. we were like oh, we got to go you know like it, it was already on to the yeah. next thing because we had to get ready to leave and that's probably why i didn't have that that moment of celebration just because you know we were already on to the next thing knowing that we had a prep to fly out the next morning and you know you were talking aaron you were talking about like not enjoying like after there i felt I couldn't, I, for whatever reason, I couldn't let myself relax mm. so much after Wasatch either. Yeah. I just, I, because there were so many times where, like, okay, I gotta start thinking ahead. What right, am I doing right, next? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it's almost like we trained ourselves to be ready for the next <laughs> thing. You know, it's like yeah, just, Pavlog's dogs. Don't, don't, we had we had the bell ringing, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> we finished the race. What's next, you know? Yeah. Uh, which also took me a little while to come down from. And, like, that's something we probably should talk about is like, you know, a lot of times we get done with a big goal like this and a lot of people feel kind of the post-race blues, right? Like, because they don't know what's next. They don't, you know, they don't have something lined up. Have you experienced anything like that? Um, I have in the past, not so much this time because I know what uh, to look out for, what to watch for. Um, also, we just went through a whole heck of a lot, right. <laughs> and you know, it's uh, I, I, I'm this, and, yeah. But uh, please continue. I'll t- uh, but uh, I would say it's like um, in the past 100s I've done, I've always had like, oh, I can't wait to get back and do another. <laughs> I, I do have zero 100s. Yeah, on my mind, right? That I, I want to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go as far as say I'm never doing a hundred again. <laughs> um, but I really sure. don't have a goal to do another hundred. So that's like in my mind, I get other goals, you know, yeah, like sure. hiking goals. Yeah. Um, right. But there's no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But usually I use that. I use that as a tool for, to get away yeah. from having post-race blues. Right. Is having something on the docket. Have something. Yeah. Right. I don't this time. And yeah. And I just, I'm finding myself, I can't, I, to, I'm enjoying that now. Yeah. And, and in the past, yeah. I haven't been able to, enjoy that and i have gotten post-race blues before and yeah. i had no concept of it till it happens and yeah. i was like post-race blues that's what I'm, that's what <laughs> it's got to you know i gotta watch yeah. out for that next time yeah. yeah right and i i when i finished i was the same way i was like i don't have anything on the books i don't want anything on the books right like, you know i i would need a break and mentally i know i need a break yeah. um especially after the experience i had at wasatch yeah. you know i'd like um, I'm not, um, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just enjoying the moment and right. knowing I'm done and that I don't have to force myself into anything. And I want something to come to me that excites me. And that's what I found in the past is that if I allow something to excite me and that's when 
I get back into the mentality of, right, right I'm ready to train again. Because yeah. right now I'm definitely not. Like, my body's tired. My mind is tired. Um, you know, I, I need this break. Like, and that's what I just keep reminding myself. Because people, you know, they constantly ask, like, well, what's next? And right. I just say rest. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's what's next. Like that's where I'm currently at is I need, and, and I promise myself at least a month. And if I need more, I'm going to take more, but I need that mental capacity to come back because I, I was so tired and over it <laughs> after Wasatch. Yeah. So if the, you know, once the mental component comes back and I'm eager to start running again and start thinking about things again, then, then I'm going to allow myself to start running. And I'm, I haven't ran since the race. Yeah, me uh, either. <laughs> usually I start running about a week later, mm. and that's because I got something else. And it's probably why, you know, that's the yeah. way to get hurt. So I, I've been walking like 5 to 10 miles a day nice. and enjoying that. Um, but part of the reason getting in all these races anyway was I was getting to the point where I was getting so out of shape and I wasn't enjoying it. You know, I did this. Yeah. So I'm, I feel in shape now i don't want to lose that yeah. uh, so that's sort of my goal now is like focus on health and yeah and, and i'll get back to running because I, I love it so much but sure. I'm not there yet yeah um I, i'm also looking for something else in running whether it's like um uh whether i um focus on volunteering more yeah. um something right i mean yeah whether I like it or not, it's yeah. part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just got to choose, you know, like I, I totally. do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. Um, I'm not looking at any hundreds specifically. Like I'm, I'm a little bit fried, honestly, yeah. on hundreds. Um, I would like to do something different, be it, you know, a road race or something, but right. I need to switch it up just to refresh because right. this year kind of, you know, it wore me out over the course of, of 400 milers. Like, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled that, you know, we did it. <laughs> Both of yeah. us finished, we, you know, we're, <laughs> we're over it, you know, but that last hundred, like it just, you know, I, I, I kind of recognized in the hundred miles that I was like, you know, like these are awesome. They're great experiences, but like, you know, it takes so much out of you, you know, and like I, I probably could do a lot more, um, you know, running wise, if I just did other events right. other than hundred milers. <laughs> so, um, I think that's where my mind is, but again, I'm not trying to make any decisions right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I probably did make a decision right <laughs> after the race. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at the same time, like, uh, there's, there's, um, so many decisions you got to make to get to the race. And I was joking about like, Hey, the hard part's over. You know, I joked <laughs> to you at the beginning of the race. Right. So many decisions on when do you fly out? Right. Where do I stay? Yeah. What do I eat? Logistics. And it, it, yeah. Just the logistics. And then the, um, it, it gets to the point where I don't, I, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather use that energy for a family vacation yeah. right now, yep. as opposed to planning for another hundred. So Absolutely. And that's, I, that's where we're at. <laughs> if I do do another hundred in the future, I, I, I mean, sure, I'd love to do, like, I'd love to put, keep on putting my name in or put my name in for Hard Rock, different ones. But I think yeah. um, if I do do any in the future, it'll be more of a regional hundred. There are so many hundreds in this area yeah. within, like, five hours right. that are, like, yeah. really solid. And I should uh, probably I'd, look at that. I'd love to do yeah. Hellbender at some point. You know, that's, <laughs> like, uh, definitely one on my bucket list. Um, 
But um, but aside from that, you know, I do have, like you said, there are other hundreds yeah. I'd like to do. But um, next year, I've already told my family, um, any vacation we take will not be running related. Um, <laughs> it is up to you guys, like where we go and what we do. Because I'm, you know, I've I've I had my fill this year. Um, selfishly, you know, it was it felt like everything was so focused around me. I, I really I felt bad, you know, that is like. I was taking up our family time, our finances, you know, to, to do all of this. So, um, I'm, I'm glad next year that it's, it's them. <laughs> and, and that's the key word finances. You only have, I mean, yeah, you have finite resources, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And I, I cannot do this again. Yeah. No, no, no. It's <laughs> like, my family. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I told Nathan, I said, you know, no more grand slam type events, like yeah. no more like series. Like it's just, pick a race every now and again, you know, and like you said, yeah. there's so many regionally here that, you know, it's, it's going to be staying local for a while. Yeah. Um, like, you know, uh, like down the road, I'd love to do the hard rock in the opposite direction. Uh, yeah, I, I may put back in for Western States. I got to talk to my wife about that one. Um, I would like to run Western one more time just to see if I could do better. But, um, but you know, um, again, not trying to make any of those decisions right now or, you know, or have those conversations right now. So <laughs> I think I would drive her nuts if I did. <laughs> um, so overall impressions of the grand slam, um, what, what were you, um, what did you like? What didn't you like? Mm. Sorry, I'm taking a second to think on this. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. For, for me, it was nice to start with Old Dominion because I had the confidence of doing that race. And the familiarity with it because yeah. you've done it previously. Uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll joke about this too. It's like when it, so many folks complain about Old Dominion. <laughs> I might be one of them sometimes. I, I'm, I'm definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm in that boat. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just like for some for whatever reason that, that race works for me. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice to start. So um, the series of races were were great. Um, mm-hmm. Doing, um, and then Western was the, the sort of like the, the part where, was my biggest concern. Yeah. yeah. And then it was just like, wow. Cause that was just, I knew that just looking at the race and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, so getting over that, that was nice. Um, the, the way the, um, I, I so overall impressions, I, I still like the way they run the grand slam mm-hmm. and still get that old school right. feeling to it. Yes. I just, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that may not, I mean, it's what it is right now, and I love it. It may not be like that ten years from now, fifteen years from now, <laughs> right, but right. the fact that you just the system of um, going, getting in it, and everything—it's yep. still a little bit old school. But there's so many factors in that right now that could that could change. You know, sure. the availability of the race and yep. different races and stuff. Uh, the lotteries are making it harder. The lotteries, everything you know? like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that. Uh, it worked for me. Like, like I was confident. Almost, almost there. Like being able to, to, the way my body and mind is to be able to take three weeks off and do another race. Uh, I wouldn't have signed up. I never sign up for anything I can't do, that I know I don't, yeah. I can't complete. Sure. Like, yeah. So I, I like that aspect. It was an achievable, it was an achievable goal for me. Um, Did you have a favorite? Uh, not really. Yeah. Yeah. They were just so different. Someone yeah. asked me that before, and you know, I'll. 
I'll, I'll probably say Hill Dominion. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, but I really don't have a favorite just because they were so different. Yeah. And even uh, and even uh, Badger 100, I mean, mm-hmm. you couldn't picked a more different race <laughs> yeah. to do than yeah. you know part of that and i'm gonna interview uh, scotty here pretty soon oh okay great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i mean uh <laughs> that wasn't an easy race for me either so right. yeah. Meant, yeah yeah you had a you didn't have a great day i mean you had a great result right yeah you know, but i but did not feel good yeah it did not feel good <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah which uh, uh, any any remorse that we couldn't do vermont understood that like the circumstances were such that we couldn't uh, do vermont but a little bit Bit. I mean, I was originally going to do Vermont in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, got get canceled. Had a I was in for 2021. Right. Um, that got canceled. I uh, deferred to 2022 <laughs> to 2023. And um, you know, so I think everyone's telling me it's like it is not in the stars for you to do Vermont. <laughs> 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 it's not happening. Uh, There's something you know yeah. out there telling you yeah, not to the do that. The universe is race. telling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so I don't. There's no remorse, and there's no like. There's no feeling of like. Like wow, I wish I could have done Vermont 100 as yeah. part of the Grand Slam. There's not one bit of that whatsoever right uh, I mean, how do you that, uh, that, what what is your um impression um you know the grand slam is i mean traditionally it's supposed to end at um wasatch you right know, that's supposed to be your finale there's i think two or three people that are still allowed to continue and they're doing arkansas traveler after right um i mean opinion on that if I was them, that would be hard for me to do. I, I think, like, as far as, like, completing the Grand Slam and being within the rules, I think that's awesome. You know, I think that's – I think the the fact that they were able to remain flexible and allow folks to do that. Yeah. And, and partially the reason is that, like, financially, this – the yeah. I mean, and we – the Grand Slam – the Grand Slam shouldn't just be for folks that could – Right. <laughs> you know, right. yeah. there should be a little bit of flexibility there. Sure. And I think, you know, most of us in the back of our head, like logistics, you know, cause a job or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great that they were flexible to allow that. I, it just, it would just be too hard for me to wait. To, I could not have done a race after Wasatch 100. Yeah. I had to get yeah. it in yeah. before. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean that, put stress on all of us i'm sure too making mm. that happen I mean, that was yeah. not <laughs> right that was a stressful time you know yeah. it is like because you put so much time and effort into right. getting things done yeah um, putting it together I mean, and really yeah yeah i mean those um, definitely we had some we had some unique challenges this year <laughs> I, I think you those know. folks are doing i think there's maybe one more two more people doing arkansas traveler i, I think it's two yeah because four of us finished yeah and i think there were two more still yeah. I think there were six total that were still in the slam out of the 17 that started. Yeah. So four of us finished at Wasatch and then, um, that gentleman, Scott, um, met, he was in Wasatch. Like yeah. I, I came across him. Um, he, um, he's doing Arkansas traveler okay. and yeah. I don't know who the, there was, I think there's one yeah. more. I don't know who it was though. Yeah. But I, I just think it's great. They were able to remain flexible because like just yeah. logistically, it's so difficult to make right. all of yeah, to make four races happen. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're, absolutely. We're, we're not professional athletes. No. 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 By any <laughs> you know, we I mean, all have. You know. But I mean, even with with Western, you know, um, Western 
presented some unique challenges in the the high country with all the snow. Right. Um, yeah. You know, since they had the fires, there was um, the inaccessibility to some of the aid stations for our crew and such. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, it, it was an interesting year yeah. um, because of all of that happened between, you know, what was at Western and then, um, with the cancellation of Vermont, um, you know, just, it just kind of, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's running, you know, like I said, we're not professionals. We just kind of had to roll with the punches and, um, you know, be adaptive. Um, it was, it was a little bit, um, more stressful because, um, we didn't know what was happening after right. Vermont yeah. and you know, like, um, they, you know, they, they finally communicated to us, but it would have been nice to have a little bit more communication, um, perhaps, you know, sooner just yeah. saying, you know, um, we're working on <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, don't worry, you know, the grand slam's still going to happen. Cause like th- there was just zero communication on that front. Um, but and they, they, it all worked out. They might have not had that decision made. Yet, well, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, and, yeah, but you know. just stating that, you know, yeah. we recognize this situation. Yeah. We're working on it, you know. Um, it's just because, you know, we were just up in the air, yeah. you know. And, and I'm just saying, like, just a simple email to us, you know, just saying, right. don't stress. <laughs> don't do anything. <laughs> we're going to take care of this. We're going to figure it out, you know, like, um, just kind of put our minds at ease. Because that was, I mean, that it was about nine, ten days before we received any communication as to what was going on. Um, but, you know, again, it just, there was a lot of anxiety, you know, not knowing because it's like, you know, we're, we're up in the air now. Is the slam going to happen or not? Because like you said, we've already got logistical plans, you know, flights and everything that we have for other races, you know, um, lined up, you know, what's the reality? Like, are we still able to do this? So, yeah. Um, uh, not, not, not a huge complaint, you know, obviously it was addressed. (laughs) Um, and you know, we were, we were able to carry forward, obviously it just was, you know, it was tough. And, um, I am glad I did Leadville. Um, I'm glad I included that one in my slam. Um, You know, like uh, it was, it was certainly challenging and it challenged me, Um, but it made me, you know, kind of realize a lot and learn a lot um, just about myself and about, you know, moving forward. And it was definitely a tough turnaround um, between Leadville to Wasatch. That was, that was really tough. having. I was really impressed. <laughs> 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 <This is> like... <laughs> that, that was, uh, but I, I spoke with um, Jason Tischer. He was crewing for somebody. Jason's from Raleigh, and he did the slam a few years back. And his turnaround time from Leadville to Wasatch was ten days. That was the turnaround. Like I was like, oh my gosh! Like I don't know if I could have done that. Like yeah. you know, a ten day turnaround from Leadville to Wasatch. I was like, man, that's that's intense. Um, so it's different every year, you know, like based on when the races are and dates. And so it's, you know, um, you know, for people that are thinking of doing the slam, you know, look at those, yeah. those race dates and make sure they line up. Okay. Um, I felt like three weeks was enough time for, to recover between races. Um, but you know, as you and I both had to do is we really had to be cognizant of what we were doing in between and how much we were doing so that we made sure we were recovered for those races. Yeah. Um, and you know, the good thing for Thomas, Thomas came to me with Achilles, his Achilles right, was yeah, bugging him. Yeah. And so what we tried to do was make sure that we weren't doing too much that would annoy the Achilles, inflame the Achilles. So, um, it was almost like taking a step back and making sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 
luckily when I started the race, if I'm, if I'm walking and not running my Achilles, it won't flare up. And I was being really concerned, yeah. you know, like a little bit of the hiking was like, Ooh, it's hot. I had to ice it. And, yeah. Well, especially I mean, the snow. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that, that can definitely, <laughs> you know, irritate the Achilles. So, yeah. Um, um just a tremendous, I mean, I probably, it's probably ice in the past seven months. I was, probably icing almost every night yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah right. i mean it's... just for like the 10 15 minutes you know about three or four days a week yeah. maybe five days a week whenever i do a run um um but there's also um the the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh unknown that happened to me was uh getting covid <laughs> oh yeah right after yeah. western yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that, uh, that that would have been a sh- quick turnaround to Vermont. That would have been three weeks to yeah. Vermont. So thankfully, you got a few extra weeks to Badger so that you yeah. you, know, you could get healthy. But it, yeah. I don't know the science behind it, but it was almost like when I was getting ready for Vermont, I, was, wasn't, letting, I wasn't letting myself recover. I was mm. just stay, staying at a point where I could, you know, I could do the race. And then when that got called off, I just like... I started the recovery process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Both mind and body and everything. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I uh, like it, that may have been part of what like took that dent out of you for badger was, right. you know, having COVID. Um, cause yeah, you said like from the start, you're just, you know. uh, yeah, I got stiff. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you made it through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You made it through, um, which was incredible. Um, but I mean, you know, um, Overall, I was I was really you know impressed by um, um, the gentleman um, from Japan. Oh yeah, Tomo. Tomo. Yeah. Or to, uh, Tomo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My goodness, great, like, a great runner. Oh yeah. my gosh, like such insane. a good attitude. Yeah, such a, such a I mean, yeah. well, the, his overall time for the slam was just super impressive. Yeah, eighty um, something hours yeah. total time, which was incredible. Um, he, now Tomo did Old Dominion. Right, he did Old Dominion. That's where I met him there. Western uh, States. Yeah, he was he was at an aid station. He had already completed, and and then he did Western. He did Leadville, and he did some other race out west. I can't remember what it was because he wanted to do five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he did five. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, man, that's incredible. Yeah, um, but super cool. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, he's well in his sixties. Not age, but, uh, <laughs> but 100 milers. Yeah. Oh, 100 milers. Yeah, he's like 40-something. or He looks like he's Man. in his 30s, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah. yeah, he's done quite a few hundreds. Quite a, yeah. Incredible. He recovered. I mean, he, I don't see how you're – Yeah. Uh, Some people just bounce yeah, back so fast. That, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, then he's I, traveling, too, which is amazing. He, yes. I mean, he lives in Japan. He right. doesn't live in the yeah. – Yeah, live in the States. It's, uh, yeah. Cause, I think he lives in Japan, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he emailed me saying, you know, like um, – uh, about badger you know yeah because um, he was like you know I, i've already had all these travel arrangements so um yeah i mean what an incredible incredible guy i didn't unfortunately get to meet too many um slammers um you know and that's more through fault of my own because of you know having to leave and um but um you know the there is a facebook group the right. you know yeah. the, the grand slam group but um I didn't feel like many of us used it. You know, we didn't communicate through that too much. I mean, I think one time you used it to maybe post for a crew slash pacer or not. Uh, I might have done that. Um, and all the slammers I've, 
talked to were ones I met at mm. previous races mm-hmm. too. So it was sort of a like, oh, you're doing the Grand Slam. That's great. Maybe I'm thinking about doing that in a couple of years from now <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was all. Uh, but then I, I didn't hesitate to ask some questions. Uh, yeah, there's it's a great resource, obviously, yeah. for for people to to use um, because there are so many previous slammers on there. So you know they've it's like a wealth of knowledge. So yeah. it's a great place to to ask. Um, yeah, I t- you know you're Aaron. I just had a thought. You know, like all the and the what I loved about the Grand Slam and partially there's a little bit of acknowledgement for each race mm-hmm. but I, I just the races themselves the communities around these races were all incredible and different yes i just thought that was so cool uh, seeing yeah. the different you know yeah. oh, totally. and that just made the overall experience and something i'm remembering back <laughs> on you know just yeah 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 it's, yeah, just, it's, it's, just, it's there was a, a sense of, of pride um you know, I think yeah. it was very evident at Badger. Um, yeah. You know, that, that 10 junk miles crowd. Um, yeah. And they were happy to have us there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was yeah. awesome. Um, so, yeah, that, that one, I like, um, let's see. And then, I mean, obviously, Leadville, uh, you know, that's right. yeah. like, that's an incredible story, like what they've done for that town. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that's incredible. Obviously, Western States is like super well supported. Like, I can't believe how many volunteers that they get it's, for for Western <laughs> States. That's just insane. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that I mean, I knew that race was going to happen. I knew they yeah. were going to figure out some way. There, that that yeah. community that they were yeah. not going to let. Right. Yeah, they yeah. were going to make Which sure cool. that happened. Yep. Yeah. And, and Wasatch, you know, it, it had yeah. its loyal following. I, like, I couldn't believe how many people I came into that were going after 10 time finish at right. Wasatch, you know, yeah. like that was incredible. Like, you know, I, I come on somebody and they're like, this is my eighth, you know, Wasatch. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, another one would be like, this is my 10th. You know, if I finish, I get my ring. I'm like, Oh geez. It's like, it's incredible how many people repeat. Um, the number of locals in that race was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was like <laughs> every, you know, it's, I'd say, Hey, where are you from? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm from Salt Lake. Oh, I'm from you know, park city. I'm like, gosh, it's like, everybody was like very local. That was, it was impressive you know, that it's, it's just so, so popular to, uh, to that area, which is a very vibrant running community. Um, did you get to go to the running store in uh, Salt Lake? I, I did go to, I, I, I did go to one of the Salt Lake the running companies, yeah, running Salt company Lake. stores. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. I found something I needed there, which is <laughs> really cool. And, yeah, and I told them I worked at a running store here, and they're nice. like, "Yeah, I get, yeah, they're like really cool about it." Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Eli White, um, who used to be in the area. Oh, okay. Um, he works for them now. He's like one of their managers. Um, so it was just so funny running into him, and he came. Actually, he was cr- uh, pacing. Um, at Wasatch, he's done Wasatch in the past, and he actually did Western States this year. Um, so it was just funny running into him randomly. You know, like I knew he worked out there, but I didn't know which, which store or where. And then all of a sudden, he popped out and was like, "Hey, Aaron!" And I was like, what? <laughs> "That's cool." So yeah, um, but yeah, cool running community. You know, um, so many, so many cool places to to run. Like you know, I, yeah. like I'd be looking over at the next ridge line, and you could just see a trail running on it, and you're like, <laughs> "Man!" Like you know, it, it just. Very enticing. Um, yeah. For, and, um, for, right now, I saw they tied the um, summer activities to the ski slopes, too. So yeah. It was just like, I always felt, I mean, we actually went hiking, I think, uh, the day after, a couple of days later, 
after the race, and it was like, oh, it's a ski slope. And it was just so accessible. <laughs> nice. And the accessibility to the trails there was yes. incredible. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So super cool. Um, well, any, any finding, final thoughts, closing? No, it was just, I, I enjoyed watching well, sessions. Great talking. I mean, I think everyone took the time to like. It was one of those races where you could talk to people. And mm-hmm. at Western, we were like, Arr, right, you know, felt the same things. way at Leadville. At Wasatch, yeah. I was able to like take the time to meet people and yeah. talk to people. Yeah, I agree. The f- funniest part, we're all talking like, "Where are you from?" And like, you know, someone says, you know, like, "I'm from." You know, Where are you from? And it's like, well, "I'm from Asheville." You know, <laughs> yeah. meeting Shannon from. Yep. Mills River. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was cool running yeah. with her for, yeah. I think I ran with her maybe for about half an hour or so. Nice. She yeah. took off and left. Yeah. <laughs> right. She, so uh, she finished slow. right with us. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Jen, I mean, she didn't take a lot, but she was running really well. Yeah. Uh, we had Craig yeah. Lancaster out there too. So there are actually four of us from oh, Nashville. Okay, great. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, I, I have not, I don't think I've met Craig. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he was the one at the start that was okay, like, how right. you doing? Yeah, you are you tired? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was Craig. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, just amazing that, you know, that four of us were, were there. Um, at Wasatch, and there was a, also a number of other North Carolina runners, which yeah. I, I was. It was really neat to see the contingency. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, um, I was going to say you, you you might have a record here. Not only you finish the Grand Slam, this might you might be the only one who finished and coach somebody in the same <laughs> year. So, yeah. Oh, well, congratulations, no, Thomas. I, I just, I just got to really thank you for the, the coaching. Oh, coming man, to, was, coming to you, like, last year. Yeah. And just, you know, we, <laughs> it's nice to have a – set something to have a goal. And, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And especially yeah. a common goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I, it's, uh, once again, congratulations. I was so impressed and so inspired by, you know, by you. I just – it was fun, especially getting to see you so much at Wasatch. You know, I, I know I wasn't in a good state, but you were, and I was just so happy that you were doing <laughs> so well, and I knew you were going to finish. It was just so great. I, it really, like I said, it, it inspired me to keep moving, and I, I was just happy to be a part of that journey. So thank you for letting me share it. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks again for coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations once again to Thomas and um, my, my sincerest um, admiration for for his completion of the Grand Slam. Um, he's just, like I said, just wonderful. Love Thomas. Um, next up is going to be my coach, Patrick Regan, and our conversation about uh, training, recovering, um, you know, our thoughts on both um, and, uh, you know, the process of getting through this Grand Slam. So um, enjoy my time here with uh, Coach Patrick Regan. Coach is with me. Got to behave myself. <laughs> hey, I, man, I, don't, I don't know how much stuff. behaving there is to do after uh, four in a row like that, man. I, mean, <laughs> you don't, you, I don't think you have to behave at all. Oh my gosh, man! But uh, what a what a crazy adventure, um, man! This is uh, it's been fun because I've been rehashing it. Um, this episode is going to be extremely long, as the people are are finding out as they're listening to this. I re- interviewed um, Nathan, who was with me, you know, through all four. Uh, we did about an hour and a half. I just interviewed thomas brown who i coached and just finished the slam um that was another you know good hour and a half conversation and <laughs> whatever we got tonight so <laughs> yeah man if uh, we got 30 minutes we got 30 minutes that's okay whatever it is man it's it's uh it's great so i'm um, so happy to have you on here um patrick is my coach for those of you that haven't heard um and he helped me through this this crazy adventure this summer so um <clears throat> Patrick, um, give yourself a, a little promotion of, you know, not only your, 
you're running, but you're coaching, you know, talk, talk about yourself a little bit at the beginning here. So people know you. Yeah, sure. My name is Patrick Reagan. I'm a professional ultra runner for Hoka and Goo. I run for numerous other companies as well. Uh, I run a coaching business called uh, Patrick Reagan Running LLC. We go under and by the name, the Ultra Wizard Ramblers as a team. Um, <laughs> and then I also have a, a podcast now called the Ultra Wizard Ramble Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. We'll uh, link all that stuff, of course, in the show notes. People can take a look and give you a follow. Um, and man, um, you know, when I came to you with this this crazy idea, what, what was uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> Well, my first thought was you're made for this kind of long, arduous, grindy sort of <laughs> challenge. I guess the Grand Slam is more of a challenge. You know, some people some people race every one and you, of course, raced each one. But I think that based on your background in completing some of the hardest 100 mile races in the world um, and also a 200 mile race last year, <laughs> right. we knew that if we trained once tapered four times at least i felt as though you had what it took to to complete the slam unquestionably yeah yeah i mean it was um it was exciting uh you know we were both um you know of course very excited about western states um and um obviously excited for another opportunity to take a crack at that one um and you know that's that race is just it's it's such a, a neat race and it's 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 so hard to nail as you know, many people in the past have, Ooh, yeah, you know, attested to. Um, it's just a, it's a tough day. You know, um, so many variables that can can go on and happen. And this year was a little bit crazy um, between the snow and you know the lack of crew access at um, two of the aid stations. Um, but you know, all said, <clears throat> we made it through that one. Um, um, you know, training um, training was going really well, and then we had like a little bit of a lull where we kind of backed off for a little bit and and I think we did exactly what we needed to um yeah to I think we did right for for states um but um with a little hiccup in there too yeah <laughs> you know yeah. this yeah. this build wasn't without hiccups in terms of the disaster at Vermont this year yeah right right yeah so I mean you know it, this was an, an odd year um for the Grand Slam um so I, it was, you know, and I talked to Thomas about that today, how, you know, we just kind of had to roll with the punches and roll with what it was, you know, it's a unique year, um, that, you know, Vermont Definitely. didn't happen. Um, and, um, Thomas and I were in two different boats. Thomas had done, um, old dominion and Western. So he already had two on the books, but he didn't want to do Leadville, nor at that point, could he get into Leadville. <clears throat> so you know, that's, we both ended up at Badger, um, which, um, you know, Thomas, um, as he talks about, he had a, a tougher day there, um, coming off of, of Western, um, you know, he, he, I, whereas I had a, a better day. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it, it was interesting how it ebbed and flowed. Um, and then Thomas, he had also a had a hundred more miles in his legs, right? Aaron? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, <laughs> yep. That's very true. That's very true. Yep. Um, cause um, you know, our, our races at Wasatch, which, you know, um, were, were very different. Um, you know, he had a, a solid consistent race where I just was constantly problem solving and trying to, you know, um, yeah. find ways to keep yeah. moving forward. Um, and it wasn't through physical exhaustion. Um, you know, as I talked about, um, I got sick the day before, um, ended up with a fever during the race. Um, and, um, you know, it really took its toll on me, you know, plus the heat 
um, it, it just all compounded um, where, um, it, and it, um, I wouldn't say that like I was totally, of course, recovered having already done, you know, three races, just like many of these people, Thomas sure. had six weeks between Badger and Wasatch where I only had three coming off Leadville. And as we all know, Leadville is a real tough one to come off of. And, um, you know, as, as a lot of people in the Grand Slam said, Leadville is usually the one that takes people out of the, of the slam. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the challenges of a, such a high Alpine race, um, extremely runnable, um, very little technicality, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ability to really trash yourself in the same way that you can trash yourself at Western States, yeah. except let's add on, I don't know, 5,000 more feet of elevation <laughs> right. at the peak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, 4,500 or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, Leadville is, it's such a unique race, um, you know, in that, you know, you have to run, you know, it's, it, it forces you to run, but like, it, it's almost like, um, you know, and I, I think I, I was talking to this about like with, uh, with Nathan was that <clears throat> you, you kind of have to get ahead a little bit because hope pass is going to take it out of you. <laughs> That's just such a yeah. tough part yeah. of the course that, that up and over and back, it just slows you down. And if you're not ahead, it's so hard to stay on, you know, um, and that, that 30 hour, um, cut off. And that's like Winfield is where most people got cut off. Um, yeah. but you know, and the other thing about the grand slam is it's, you know, um, when you train, you know, kind of like you said, you basically just, you get your training block in before your first race and then it's kind of taper in between, which doesn't leave much specificity for each race. And that makes it tough too, you know, cause you're, you know, you're trying to get, a good general fitness, prepare yourself, especially for Western States, you know, uh, which was, you know, kind of technically a, a downhill course. Um, but then having to end with like something like Wasatch, it's, it's so, you know, varied. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like having a general fitness, you know, and, and just trying to sustain or more to the point recover in between. Um, cause it's, it's almost like a reverse taper each time. Cause you're kind of building yeah. back up a little bit. Definitely. Um, it's very different from preparing for 100. And I think that's what I expected going in. And that's also what I saw with you. Uh, and what I've heard about other people doing, you know, extreme doubles and slams like this, I've done one, what I would consider extreme double, maybe two, if you consider jackpot in the Western, cause they're so different. Mm. Um, I think the most extreme one I did was, you know, Havelina into Brazos in 2019, um, both being very fast and runnable. And, and that took, that took a heavy toll on my system in general, yeah, yeah. but this is a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are four extremely different races that you competed in. And not only that, but you flew to five and your brother got married in between number <laughs> three and number four. Yeah. I mean, you, it was almost as though you ran five, four, four and a half or 500 milers, <laughs> right? Just with all the travel logistics and, yeah. and everything else you have going right. on in your life. You're a busy guy, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the mental strain and um, this is something Thomas and I were talking about is just, we didn't recognize how much mentally this, this caused stress. Like, you know, until we were done and we received our, our slam trophies and it was like, all of a sudden this huge weight that we didn't recognize was there. It was gone. And then you're like, yeah. Whoa, like I didn't know that was even there, you know, because you know, what we were saying is that it, like 
you couldn't celebrate each one like you would a normal hundred because usually you finish a hundred and then you're done. You, you take a break, you know, but <laughs> yeah, here, for like four weeks like, or six yeah, weeks like, or just I mean, chill for a while, three weeks yeah. turn around. And, you know, so it's like, Oh my God, like I got to get ready for like, you know, whatever Leadville, you know, I got to look at the course. I got to get logistics. I got to make sure, you know, my pacers know what's going on. It's like, it just went right back into a cycle. So it it is like, it was just very short lived, like, yay, we finished it. But then it was like right back to, you know, planning and making sure that everything was ready. So it, it was hard to really enjoy the process. And I, I like, um, I, I, I step back now and, you know, I, like, um, I really want to be able to kind of celebrate the moment. I haven't even had a chance to celebrate it really with Beth or the family, you know, it's just like, we got back and it was just like, you know, nose to the grind, just trying to catch back up, which is life. Yeah. But, that's um, life. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this podcast is kind of, you know, my kind of processing <laughs> of all of it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was a, a tremendous, a tremendous, um, each race was just, um, very special and unique and presented so many different memories that like, you know, and so many learning opportunities. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it was, it was crazy, you know, and Nathan and I talked about how, efficient we became our bags got smaller and smaller and you know we knew we we're like okay this is what we need you know and it was um you know it, like man i mean if uh if somebody were to do this it was you know it's 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 almost like we could give them like you know a manual <laughs> and say here's yeah. what you need to do you know absolutely because um, that was um it, like I, and the other part of it was i didn't get to talk to too many of the other slammers aside from like thomas um interesting yeah Homo, i would expect a little yeah. bit more camaraderie along there the wasn't way. much you know like um the gentleman from california i don't know i gotta look and see if he finished but um he did badger um he finished badger um i gotta see if uh, he's from california zeng i think was his name x-e-n-g um I think he did. I think he was our last finisher at Wasatch. He was like within that golden hour. So I think he did finish. Um, he reached out a few times cause he was telling us what was going on after Vermont got canceled. Um, but, um, you know, I had very little dialogue with really anybody else, um, which was too bad, you know, like we're all going through this together, but it just, it was, um, there wasn't like a collective voice. They have a Facebook page, but of course, nobody's not, everybody's on Facebook or communicates through Facebook. It just would have been nice to have kind of like, you know, even a, an email thread that kind of went through all of us. Like whenever they sent us grand slam emails, it was, you know, it was BCC. So we had no idea who was on the thread, you know? Um, yeah. And maybe that's a privacy policy yeah, among I, the slam, I, I, yeah. you know, I mean, but probably should have I, just said, Hey, like, you know, can you email everybody and just say like, would you guys be okay with sharing emails? Like it, it sure. would have been nice. Um, I did meet one gentleman at Wasatch while I was running. Um, Scott, he still has one race to go. Um, so he's doing Arkansas traveler. Um, Oh, interesting. So he prolonged it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's, one thing that I felt I wanted to kind of, we already strayed enough from the, the slam format by not doing yeah. Vermont, not through any fault of our own, but uh, you know, just the fact that it was canceled, 
we had to do a different race that wasn't on the slam list, but I wanted to finish within the traditional timeline, which, you know, traditionally the slam is finished at Wasatch. Not that like I fault any of these guys, because maybe it didn't work for their timelines to do something else. They, you know, they, they had planned on doing Vermont and that didn't work out and they just didn't, there was no other time or, you know, they could, you know, swing the travel at that point. So number of reasons it couldn't happen, but yeah, I mean, um, so, but for myself, I really wanted to make sure I was done at Wasatch and, and it was complete. Um, but, you know, like looking back at it, I think Wasatch ended up being the the toughest of all of them just because of how I was feeling, um, you know, um, but, you know, I, I probably rank it Wasatch and then I, you know, I had a really tough time, obviously, at Western. Um, and then it, like, just because of the, the difficulty of Leadville, that would have been number three. And then, you know, Badger, which, um, like I said earlier, it, it, it probably went as smooth as it could. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so too, yeah. especially given that we had some difficulties at Western and there was some, some concern there, right? Yeah. Like we, yeah. we definitely had, um, some electrolyte imbalances at certain points throughout the race. Mm. I think the post holing in the high country probably really took it out of you yeah yeah that, we're not used that. to running 17 mile downhills on the east coast <laughs> we did our best we did our yes. damnedest to prepare yeah. your downhill legs and yeah it, and it you're a great downhill better. runner it's just well, it, it's a it different just, kind of yeah. course it was it, well and it was just weird because it was 24 hours and at you know the next daylight it was like nothing was ever wrong it just all of a sudden my body was just ready to go again so, you know, something was just off. Uh, it was whatever it was that day. It yeah. was just my body was off. Um, but I had a great finish. I had a great time. Um, you know, um, it is one of the ones that I would do again. Um, I, I can't say that I want to do any of the other ones ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, given, uh, you know, like, um, this was the, the experience. <laughs> it was, uh, it was yeah. all encapsulating. You're like, I yep. think if you went back to Wasatch to do it, it would feel like, PTSD of the slam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know, it, it, it was, um, it's a beautiful course, honestly, they, they do a great job putting on the race. Um, you know, everybody is, is just wonderful. Even the runners. Um, I felt the most camaraderie, um, at Wasatch because it felt like interesting. That's very cool. Um, they, it, it felt like everybody was there to support one another and make it through. Whereas uh, let's go back to Leadville, the one before it, it was almost like every man for himself because you're in survival mode to make it to X cutoff, you know? So it was yeah, very yeah. singular focused. So, and you know, nobody was running like typically you'll run a stretch at least like a half hour or something with somebody not at Leadville. It was so back and forth. Everybody was, you know, had a run walk interval or I'm, you know, I'm going to run, keep running or, you know, so it was, everybody was all over it and nobody was talking because everybody was just so focused on the task. So I didn't quite feel that same, you know, environment at Leadville. Um, Badger and Western was, States is a little bit more wonderless too. Don't you think where yeah. you're, you're just yeah. so like kind of struck to be there yes. that you got a chance to do this beautiful right. run that yep. so many people talk about. Totally. Totally. Um, and I was, I was definitely caught up in the surroundings there and, and, you know, where I was and what I was doing, you know, like some people say that, you know, the back half of the course, um, isn't, you know, obviously anything like the front half, like so far as beauty goes, but I found so much beauty in the back half. Um, and you know, maybe because I got that second daylight, <laughs> most of the people, you know, are in the dark, but, um, yeah, yeah. because I had, you know, got to a certain point in the daylight, 
I got to see some things that people probably don't. And that back half had some really beautiful parts to the course. I mean, when we got to pointed rocks, that aid station, like it was, it was such a scene, like, you know, the high grass and the, the grove stands of trees. It was, it was beautiful. And, um, yeah. the, the going over the, um, no hands bridge, uh, man, just what a iconic scene, you know, and the river, um, going up Roby point. I mean, like I really thoroughly enjoyed that part of the course. Whereas, you know, most people are like, Oh, you know, it's okay. But like, I thought it was beautiful. And, and just being, I think a, that section's gorgeous, man, for sure. I do too. Yeah. I, like just being as historic as it was, um, you know, I, they gave us the book, that kind of t- takes it piece by piece and talks about each piece. And like, I, uh, you know, beforehand, I, I knew all the pieces, of course. And it just from you know listening to so many podcasts and watching so many videos. So it was just like, oh my God, I'm here. Like, you know, like recognizing, you know, Dusty Corners and, uh, you know, uh, all of these like iconic names and places. It was, it, that was pretty special. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, because of how I was feeling, I really didn't have many people <laughs> to, you know, to kind of share the, the, the experience with. So I, I can't say that it was, you know, either way. Um, you know, I, I was kind of in my own, just trying to, you know, survive that one. Um, Badger was extremely interesting and you were on 10 junk miles and, and talk with Scotty Coomer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Scotty got to do a long form conversation. For that's sure. awesome. Uh, Scotty is, and I'm going to talk with Scotty on Monday, uh, for my podcast. To oh, have cool. Him on. Um, cause he just has a lot of great things to say. He does so many cool things and, um, I love the fact that he's not afraid to express his opinion. So, um, I'm, I'm really interested to talk to him, but his race was, um, so, um, community driven because I would come up That's on a awesome. person and they were, you know, the, Oh, do you listen to the podcast? They were, you know, they're very, very into that, that whole 10 junk miles, um, uh, culture, you know, I, it really is a culture. Yeah. He's created such a, a community. Sure. Um, but, um, it was, that was pretty neat, you know, to, to see how much people believed in what Scotty was doing and, and support him. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, the, I think of Scotty and for example, like Ryan, from the adventure jogger Mm -hmm. and Jason green as having these communities that it reminds me of like cult classic films, right. Where (laughs) people are like, man, what a film or man, like what an experience, you know, like I feel this way for sure. And this could be my bias of Jason being such a good friend of mine. Um, but I feel that way when I go to Yeti races, right, man? Like, yeah. like he has this really unique community that he's worked on. And Scotty, that was the first time we actually talked. I was on his podcast and I got the same vibes, man. You know, mm-hmm. I got these vibes that they just know how to build a community and drive a right. culture and be there for, you know, the people that support them, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and support back. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was instantaneous because when I first went to Scotty to say, Hey, you know, are you okay? if we use this for the slam, he was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be, you know? I mean, he was so amicable to, to everything and very welcoming, you know? Um, That's awesome. Just, yeah. He wanted to support us. He's like, you know, I know you're trying to get through the slam, but you know, what can I do? He was just, you know, gave us this opportunity, which was, you know, just tremendous. Um, so I, I won't forget that, um, you know, and just, you know, he warned us ahead of time. He's like, I'm a hugger. So when I see you at the finish line, you know, kind of like Jason Green, you know, like I'm going to yeah, hug you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, it, you know, so it was, that was, you know, that was a nice, very nice touch. Um, they had, you know, the aid stations because 
they were they were creating something very similar to what you know we see at western states with like you're going to get to this aid station and it's robinson flat then dusty corners etc they were trying to create the same thing um you know at badger whereas like you know the the aid stations were um more renowned because of you know so and so was running it it's you know uh, for instance there's one named dollywood and dolly was the aid station captain and mm-hmm. you know, yeah i love yeah, it <laughs> when you passed it the last time she gave you a bandana um you know this is dollywood on it and yeah um, cool cool yeah it, they, you know some cool stuff um just some cool pieces to the race and and how he you know kind of involves the the community that's there, you know, trying to get the towns involved and stuff like that. So that, that was cool. I really enjoyed that, that aspect of it. Um, so, um, you know, I, like, um, I will say, um, I, I mean, aside, you know, having, um, Olympic Valley aside because Lake Tahoe is obviously super special, uh, um, you know, having visited it before love Lake Tahoe, but Leadville itself, the town and what that race brings to it is also very special. Um, that was a unique, unique race for sure. Yeah. It's this interesting, and I've got to spend a lot of time there with goo, you know, working, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing some work pre trans Rockies with them being up there to support Magda's win running trans Rockies that same year going up for other experiences like, you know, pacing Charmin for 30 miles when he was top five. Um, that town is so unique, man. It's just this like high country cowboy feel. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're in some old Western. (laughs) Now there are of course like more modern parts of the main street, Mm -hmm. but man, you get up in the mining country and you're like, the weather changes quickly. And you know, I've been up on those mountains, like, you know, all of a sudden a storm rolled in it's lightning thundering. I'm, you know, running downhill at six minute pace, just hoping I don't get <laughs> struck. Cause I know how high yeah. up I am. I mean, it's yeah. much higher risk up there, you know? Totally. Um, I feel like you really learn to like respect the mountains training in Leadville for a little bit. Not that I've ever been there for more than 10 days, man, but sure. it's uh it's a really unique experience. Yeah. The town yeah. of Leadville. It is. It is. And you know, what, what they've brought, what that race has brought back to the town, not just the hundred miler, but you know, all of the races, like you said, we saw the trans Rockies. They started, um, one morning, um, that race week, um, you know, they started right downtown. Um, and then the weekend before was the mountain bike race, the hundred mile, you know, Leadville 100 mountain bike race. So it like, it's just, it's incredible what they've done to revitalize that town and the town supports it. It's really cool. Like that, you know, how much the town is behind it. Um, you know, oh, you, yeah. you walk into a shop and they're like, Oh, are you racing this weekend? And, you know, start talking to you about the race and if they've done it, they start giving you advice and, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's cool. Like they all know what's going on. It's, you know, it's kind of like part of the, the pulse of the community. Um, which is that, cool. that is also like uh Michigan bluff aid station. If you roll through there, I remember Scott Wolf telling me monkey boy, right. And the first time I rolled through there, he's like, Hey man, before, before you and Ian and Casey leave, yeah, I know you're doing training camp. You're in a bit of a rush, but see that aid station over there today. There's 187 belt buckles under that aid station right now. I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, it feels that way in Leadville too. Like everybody's involved. Everybody's done it. Everybody wants the challenge. Yeah. You know, they've got some decent local runners, uh, Courtney DeWalter, Paul Terranova, Meredith Terranova, uh, Annie Hughes. And these are just current residents, right? Right. But like, um, who's the, who's the New Zealander, the Olympian and the 10 K, uh, 
Sherman and him have had some duels at Leadville. Uh, oh, I forget the guy's name actually. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, you know, so many good local, I think he's run 27, 35 or something like oh that, man. Yeah. He's won Leadville. Um, yeah. wow. wow. His yeah. name is slipping my mind. It's like crazy yeah. that it is. I but... probably saw it on the sign because <laughs> yeah. there's that boulevard. <laughs> he was a Western Colorado, uh, cool. guy. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. Western college of Colorado. So, okay. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, you know, they got some decent runners up there, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw the same thing in uh, in Wasatch because you get to an aid station and uh, I can remember one specifically, you know, the guy's like, I finished this thing 10 times, you know, so 10 times you get a ring there at Wasatch. Wow. And Very cool. He's like, dude, this is what you got to do. You know, like, you know, my, my pitcher's like, ah, his stomach's rotten right now. He's like, all right, here's five things that I'm going to offer you, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it, it was just awesome. You know, like there's just... And it was the same thing at Western States, you know, like, you know, I got in there to some of the aid stations and he's like, uh, you know, I've, I've finished this race five times or whatever it was, you know, and he's like, here's, here's what I want you to do. And here's what you're going to need to do moving forward. So there's like, there's so much experience and they're just willing to share it. And obviously I'm willing to listen because <laughs> they've had the experience. So, um, I love totally. that about it, you know, and Leadville is the same thing. There's a number of people that have been around that race, done that race, you know, um, which is, which is super cool. Um, you know, it's, it's just, these races are so old. Um, you know, Western States celebrated 40 years, um, uh, excuse me, 50 years. Um, yeah, and then, 50, 50, yeah, 50 years and Leadville was 40 years. Um, it, it was both the anniversaries this year. Uh, Wasatch was 43. Um, I forget what Vermont is and what old dominion is, but I mean, these races are just, you know, they've, they've been around. So they, they, like they've, there's a lot of experience around it. Um, you know, the, the, the RDs are all very different. Um, you know, the, the environments were so, yeah. so different, you know, like that's, um, you know, some of it was, some of it was great. Some of it was, I could have done without, <laughs> um, you know, like, I get, um, I get that. I get but, that. Uh, you know, um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's their race, you know, obviously it's, it's how they do things. And, um, you know, um, it was, um, <clears throat> it was interesting to see how many first timers were at Leadville. I was very surprised by how many first time. Yeah. Yeah. The qualification process there is very interesting. Yeah, um, it's and I think like it makes the challenge even crazier. You yeah. know, I just been like, yeah. if you win the Leadville Marathon, you're in. You're like, Whoa, right? <laughs> that's right. that's wild. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah, for you sure. know, it's just yeah. it's it's well. kind of shocking. But then again, I will say this: way too cool used to be a golden ticket. Mm, that's true. right yeah. in the Montreal yeah. series. Like right. proof in the right. pudding. If you're a three thirty guy, way too cool. You can top ten Western states. <laughs> like I can remember Craig and Scott Wolf saying that to me when I ran Leadville or, or when I ran, you know, way too cool or whatever. And really, historically, you can kind of look at. If you can do this here and then you can go somewhere like Lake Sonoma or you could go, um, you know, to Leona divide, maybe a mm -hmm. more classic, you know, 50 yeah. and, and run about this sort of time. And you can run from Brown's bar to, <laughs> to, uh, you know, the, the top of driver's flat and back to forest Hill and back down the base of thumb, you, you know, it's just like these like classic, if you can do this, you yeah. can complete this race. You know, it's like, it's kind of funny to think about that. Like there are all these like tried and true, um, you know, ways of figuring out, can I do well at this hundred mile race? And, you know, I'm fortunate to coach Megan Canfield and she has about a million of those. And most of those are fed through to her, you know, far from Craig, yeah. <laughs> the race director. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like 
Megan has given me so many ideas to work with, with, with athletes. I coach like, you know, nice. like lot, like Lottie or Sarah Beal, whatever, like, yeah. you know, we're like, Oh, let's, let's go out on the course before the run that Aaron's about to do. And we can do some of those classic proof <laughs> in the pudding. You did it. You can do this. Now all you gotta do is put it together on race day, you know? So it's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, we both yeah. love coaching, man. It's oh, absolutely yeah. getting to do it in person. Like that's real special. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I think some of the, <clears throat> some of the surprise was, um, with lifetime fitness, um, you know, they were promoting the race through their, their gyms and saying, you know, you really want to test your gall, you know, you should do the Leadville 100, you know, like, is that the, wow. is that the, you know, is that the audience that really we should be appealing to? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I gotta expect that, you know, some of them were some of the first timers that we saw that raised their hands at the pre-race meeting, you know, and, um, it, it, but it's like, you know, the, the race, it hasn't changed in years and it has this 30 hour cutoff. It has a thousand entrants, you know, this year it was what, 845 starters, but a 44% Such a big race. Rate, you know, it's like, you know, like, are we setting people up for success? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't I, like, especially if, you know, we're saying like, well, the marathon winner gets an entry, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 and it's their decision again. I'm, I'm just kind of throwing things out there to say like, maybe it's something the race should consider in order to get a higher, if that's what they want, like, you know, do they want a higher finisher or they want to keep it? Like this is Leadville tough, you know, like, I, like I, I get it if that's their, well but not to, not to tell them how to do it. Right. I mean, we're having a conversation. These are our opinions. I think that they have done so much for that town, right? It's very cool to see Leadville thriving. I I love it. I think it would be good to have a little bit more rigorous of a, can you do silver rush 50 miler? So if you, if you go to Leadville and you do Leadville marathon, you do very well. And you can complete Silver Rush 50 mile. We'll give you a shot, right? But I think it should be 50. I think you should go half the distance to decide, am I ready for my first 100 miler? I think that's a a good starting point. Having a qualifying standard, in other words, you know, because there's none. Yeah. You can just sign up if you, I mean, well, you go into the lottery, obviously, but there's no standard to go into the lottery. It's just, you just put your name in, you know, but like having something to, you know, and that's something we did with Hellbender was like, you know, we want to make sure that these people lining up have the best opportunity to finish. Um, right. I mean, you know, you don't want to put anybody in danger, but you know, so, and Leadville, I think it's really reasonable right? to, to right. know, can I cover a hundred K before yeah. I cover a hundred miler? I right. think that's incredibly reasonable. Yeah. I'm not even asking for one that's mountainous or the same type of terrain. I'm just hey, 10 yeah. by 10 K at yeah. Mad City's fine. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was my approach. It was just like 10 by 10 K at Mad City really fast. Can I slow that down by a minute per mile? Maybe a minute and a half per mile. Sure, I can do that. I wonder if I can do that for X more hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can I can I be on my feet for seven more hours if I slow it down this much? That's a huge question mark, even if you've completed a hundred K. It really yeah. is. It's yeah. a huge question mark. Right. Right. Yeah. It's you know, and I mean it's it's come to the, you know, to the fact where it's just it's all lotteries now. So I mean, like, you know, completing the grand, grand slam is just it's really tough to, you know, because you if if you don't get into Western States and you want to do the grand slam, you've got four other races. Uh, now, you know, old dominion, no lottery. You can probably get in there. Um, you know, but Vermont, um, Leadville, 
Wasatch, those are, those are all lotteries. Now, granted, if you get through three races and you're on the provisional list, like I was for Wasatch, you'll get in. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's, there's another one. So signing up for old dominion and, and just, you know, signing up for the grand slam, and you know, if you don't get in, you're going to be on the provisional list to get in Wasatch. So you got two down. I mean, you know, my avenue was just to take the fundraising approach so that I could guarantee a right. spot. But, you know, uh, those people that <clears throat> that don't have that uh, aren't afforded that possibility because there's I think in Leadville, I think there I can't remember if there's four or five foundations that they provide spots to. And I think it's 10 spots per foundation. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're talking maybe 40 or 50 spots, you know, to for, you know, a lot of applicants. Um, so is it a possibility? Maybe, you know, um, you know, especially if you tell them, well, I'm trying to complete the grand slam, this would really provide me the opportunity to do so. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's getting tougher, especially as our sport grows. Um, you know, when we're seeing these record numbers in the lotteries, especially Western States, oh sure, just, it continues to, to get harder and harder to, to get in. Um, yeah. What's the chance? 1.3%. If you're uh, a yeah. one ticket holder, <laughs> right. it's, it's low. It's quite low. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. know, and then the other part of it is that the, the, um, the ticket price, you know, the, the entry is just continuing to climb, you know, as, as things like, get the, more like the cost of everything else, yeah. you know, it's just Hey, the, like, the, you know, bananas are more expensive, right? Like, right. But it's just ten, like, tents, pop-up tents are more expensive. Right. right. Everything yeah, goes yeah, up and the price yeah. of these go up as well. Yeah. And do, you know, is there a point where it starts to become too inaccessible to too many people? You know, like that's, that's the tough part. Like, you know, we want our sport to be accessible, but like, you know, price is going to eventually make this. So it's not going to be accessible to, you know, a certain population. Um, And that's not just because of the entry fee. There's travel, you know, there's lodging, there's renting the car, you know, there's food and there's, and then, you know, basically, I mean, when, you know, Thomas and I started adding things up of how much we spent over the grand slam, we're estimating somewhere between 10 to $12,000 was invested in the grand slam between travel, um, you know, our equipment, um, you know, and everything else logistically that we had to pay for, we laid out somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to $12,000. I mean, that's, that's, you know, in crazy. It, and, and there was a gentleman that was coming over from Japan to race the grand slam and he did all five races. I mean, wow. like that's I incredible. Mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's um not just talking specifically about one race, but when we start talking about four separate races, you know, like it's just, again, like it's going to, you know, just continue to the prices are going to continue to go up it's going to start to become less accessible. I think there was, there were 17 people that started the slam this year. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what that compares to, you know, other years as so far as like an average, but you know, um, it was only, um, there were five of us that finished at Wasatch and I think there's two left. So p- potentially six or seven finishers this year out of the 17, um, which, you know, that's again, I don't know what the average is each year, but, you know, it's, it's such a small number. Um, I almost wonder if like the grand slam could come together with these races and be like, Hey, any way we can kind of cut these guys entry fees a little bit or, you know, yeah. make it a little bit. Or more is accessible. there a way to house yeah. them sort of right. together? Yeah. Is right. There is, yeah. is there a, a little hey, more like... affordable? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be through the entry fee, but exactly. You know, just being a little bit more creative with, 
Um, you know, cause uh, again, it's, it's a, it's a commitment financially, especially, um, you know, yeah, I would time. definitely be doing it in the barracks if I had the opportunity, you know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> right, right. all right, man, I've got like, you know, my, uh, my, my four bottles, my two ice bandanas, <laughs> my, my Yeti cooler for <laughs> right. my trusty crew member and one pacer. And <laughs> yeah. we, we're going to take the, the grant uh, yeah. in the barracks, you know, right. that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I just need well, a clean mattress you know, and, and some earplugs, man. <laughs> you know, Thomas and I, we didn't do it. We didn't do it bare bone, right? Like we were, you know, we rented B2Bs. So we had places yeah, with our, our for, crews for sure. and such, our families, you know, so, I mean, like you could definitely do it much cheaper. I'm not saying that there's no, no way to do it cheaper. Like you could camp for instance, you know, and save a ton of money. Um, but let's call it 8,000. That right. How many people have, you know, six yeah. or $8,000 just right. kind of sitting around? Like yeah. not, not that many, right? No. Not, not for something like this, like, like maybe over the course of the year, you know, you have that kind of cash for, you know, going out to eat with friends and going and enjoying concerts and experiences sure. in your local region. But like to invest this in one specific thing that doesn't yeah. include maybe the, the gels you trained with the shoes you went through, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like right. all the products and all the yeah. startup okay. gear, it, it's yeah. expensive. It is. There's it is. no doubt that ultra running is an expensive sport. And I think that a good topic for this podcast, because I'm sure you have a plethora of different listeners that are like, I would like to do that someday. You can create your own. Yeah. You can do, Hey, look, if I want to do a slam, I'm probably likely to do like keys, bronze dragonfly, Umstead and Yeti or something like that, where I'm like, cool, I can, I I could potentially ride my bicycle to all those. Yeah. I could run to all them. I could camp at all them. Um, you know, or, you know, more realistically, it's four, four races in a tight period of time from April to September, I guess I could just take the Honda CRV and and build it out and camp in it and, and create my own grand slam. Right. And I think from like a general footprint standpoint, like that, that's, that's probably in line with like what a lot of people would want to do as well. Um, maybe on the East coast, like you can create your own East coast grand slam. I bet yeah. you Jason green would love to have you <laughs> yeah. you're like, Hey, I've got this idea. There's right. 40 of us. And you know, we'd like Yeti to be included. I bet he'd do it. And I bet, <laughs> you know, something like hellbender would love to be right. involved. Right. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Manasutton or like, yeah. Yeah. you know, there, there are tons of great East coast races. So yeah. depending on your region, maybe you could create something like that for yourself. Yeah. But maybe even more importantly, like support your local races too, right? right. Totally. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. I, I definitely encourage you go to your local races. You can. I got just as much gratification on a track that I've run five thousand laps around, meaning a one point four mile spread track in Savannah, Georgia. Slept in my own bed the night before. Cried in my own tub that night. <laughs> Slept in my own bed that night. Um, you know. Right yeah. in my own town, man. Oh, totally. Really special, you know. It's it's a, that's a good memory. Just... Yeah, and that's you know that's what Thomas was saying is that you know he wants to stay more regional um, and and not spend so much money with traveling and stuff. I mean, um, you know, it's neither of us have plans, you know, at the moment. You know, we we really wanted to just let ourselves mentally recoup as well, and I think that's the, yeah. the other component is that you know mentally we need to just re-engage um and give ourselves that reprieve to process everything we just went through and not only allow our bodies to kind of catch up but our minds to to be okay with getting back out there and, and going for runs again absolutely man it's like you know our we we talked about how tired we were you know at the end of of wasatch just mentally from the whole summer of that you know uh, like that cycle that i was talking about you know 
race and then prepare for the next one race and then prepare for the next one. It like your mind was just constantly engaged and it was so focused on this task. You know, it, it was, um, I wouldn't say it, it, it burnt us out. It didn't burn us out, but it was definitely a challenge to, you know, to, to sure. kind of stay fresh. Um, we both stayed inspired and excited. We were both excited by every race and and the potential of going to each race and each place and seeing something new and doing something difficult. But, you know, um, that would, that part didn't wane. It was just the fact that like, Oh man, I got to make sure I got my flight. I got the car rented, you know, I got the, the VRBO, you know, all of these things. And when's the crew getting in? Do I have to pick them up? You know, all of this stuff It's just the logistics. It's a lot of logistics, yeah, man. Just, you know, all the communications with the crew and making sure you received all the race communications, understood what was going on at each different place and their rules. So it, you know, it just was, I feel like I, I overworked my printer this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just a lot of, of, you know, printing things out just so I remember and didn't forget. Um, but, um, you know, like to, to, you know, to put that aside, um, it was also like, just so rewarding, you know, like, um, to, to cross that last finish line, um, and, and realize, you know, we had done it, you know, we had, we had made it through the, the summer. Absolutely. Um, because it, it, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I, I was just, you know, anticipating Western States, you know, and then once Western States happened, the summer just clicked by, like, it was like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Like it, it all happened so fast. I like, I was, you know, I came off of Badger and the next thing I knew, I'm on a plane to Colorado, you know, like it, like yeah, it man. just happened so fast. Like I, I don't, it, you know, I, I, between the races, it was like, there, there was you know no time to, to relax and just, you know, take a, a breather. Cause it was just like on, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm heading off to Colorado already, you know? And then, yeah, man. Uh, it, that, like you said, when, when Italy came up like that between Leadville and Wasatch, I like, I don't feel like I stopped you know, boarding a plane because <laughs> it was, you know, Colorado, right. Italy, well, you know, Utah, it just was like bang, bang, bang. And oh my God. Um, Cause realistically, I- if you had to do it over, man, I may have advised like, okay, let's, let's drive from Colorado to Utah to the lowest elevation you can get to oh, and yeah. recover oh. and recover there and right. then, dri- and then drive right. to it, the it, race start line, you right. know, because yeah. it just wasn't enough time, man. No, realistically no. it's, not something that I would say sign up for if you're not in the Grand Slam, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right. It's it's crazy the it logistics is. of it, right? Oh, totally. No, um, I mean like to, when to I give look, people, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say when I look at each race, like Western States, if you know, I'm gonna say when I do that one again, um, I'm gonna go out. I want to go out two weeks before, and I just want to camp. I, I want to camp out, um, and you know, um, up until you know, a few days before the race where we'll get a house and everybody can kind of meet at the house, but I want to go out there and just, you know, be able to hike and acclimate to, to Tahoe and get my sleep pattern down, you know, make sure my nutrition's dialed in, just kind of focus on the race. Um, you know, if I were to do Leadville, I definitely would have went out, you know, a few weeks prior to acclimate better. Um, same thing with Wasatch. Yeah, I think that 20 day window is essential, right? right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there were so many things that I would have done differently, you know, if had it been independent races or had I had the finances or and the time <laughs> to, you know, to do that for each race. Cause 
like you said, it, like if, if I could have finished Badger and just went to Colorado, that would have been ideal case scenario, you know, having that, that time in Colorado, yeah. just an acclimate, but you know, it, we don't live in that ideal world sometimes. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't challenging. Um, Hope Pass was tough, you know, getting up there that I definitely felt challenged when I got to that altitude, but, um, but no, you know, like I can't say that like, you know, altitude killed me in that race because it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, but, you know, again, like ideal scenario, getting out there early. Um, my friend Luke Paulson, he got second oh, yeah. place at Leadville. Um, you know, he he was out there three weeks prior, um, you know, very focused on that race. And it, it yielded in his results. Just, in, you know, incredible performance. Um and yeah, this is a purchase common. Ian Charman tries to go gradually higher and higher and higher, right? Base and bend. Okay, drive to Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. 6,000, 8,000, I'm ready for nine. Okay, I'm ready for base, right? And right. maybe that last five days at base or whatever, or the right. last week at 10,000, because it's it's extremely helpful. He also, you know, will maybe sleep lower, right? Um and then be in a situation, he's like, I want to do hope quite a few times while I'm here. <laughs> you know, I want yeah. to see as much of the course in the current situation. Now, as we talked about, like not everyone does have that that luxury, right? Or that mm-hmm. type of support, right? right. Whether it, you're a sponsored athlete, like quite a bit easier when you're a sponsored athlete yep. to be like, oh, cool. I have a travel budget. Like that, that is kind of covered in my right. travel budget. Yep. But for someone that really wants to do well at a race like Leadville that has the financial means, 20 days there will help you. Right. Spending three weeks gradually going higher and higher in elevation will will be a huge advantage for you. I'm not saying do too much, really. You're in the final 20 days of your training for the race anyway. Yeah. I'm saying go up there to adapt, feel a 13,000, 14,000 foot peak, you know, so that when you get to race day and you're at what, 12, 12, 6, 12, 8, something like that, going over hope, um, right around 13. You have been there before in right. recent proximity. This is the best form of specificity. Right. Yeah. Like totally. in an ideal world. Yeah. You train on the Western States course, like Ann Trayson. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll live right off the Western States course. I'll run that 17 mile downhill all the time, you know, as yeah. often as possible, right. man. Yeah. You know, Ro- Robinson flat. To, well, as soon as the weather breaks in April. Cool. Robinson <laughs> flat all the way to the base of devil's thumb yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. That's, that's, you know, like I said, um, same thing for hard rock, you know, like I want to do the opposite direction at some point, but yeah, know, if, if I, if I were to get in on that, that, you know, circumstance, then I would definitely go out early and just camp. And like you said, kind of gradually build up that, you know, that base to get used to higher and higher elevation. Um, this but, goes uh, both ways. This is difficult both ways. It's hard for a mountain runner to do a road hundred K I think oh, totally. to perform at their maximum capability. If you loved her on the trails every day, you don't plan to run a lot of flat concrete on right. flat, you know, flat land, propel yourself the entire yep. time. Yep. You're used to hiking and letting the downhills carry you. It's also very hard to perform on a 10 by 10 K loop mm-hmm. on pavement when there's yep. not much beauty and not much motivation. <laughs> right. If you don't train on the surface often, it comes yep. back. It all comes back to specificity, man. Like me and Jeff Stern, were talking about his run at Havelina today. You know, I'm training him and Sarah Beal for Havelina, And mm-hmm. we were talking about now is the time, right? <laughs> We're X weeks away. It's mm-hmm. extremely important at this stage in the game to be very specific to the course, to be ex- specific to 
what's the hottest time of the day I can get out? Not every day, right? Mm -hmm. You want to tap yourself out, but oh, it's not that hot in Mill Valley anymore. Okay, I need to start accessing a sauna a couple mm -hmm. of days a week. Which days? These days, right? So it it is applicable to MDS or Havelina or Keys, the same as it is to Hard Rock or Western um, or Leadville. Mm -hmm. They're both extremely challenging. Any race you do, you have to be extremely specific to it. Right. I think that's kind of what we did best in your build was, okay, we have this swath of very different races. <laughs> we only get to train once and we have to taper four times. How do we navigate this? And that was, I think, the most interesting part of your build, Aaron. Um, getting in as much specific work as possible from, say, January to June and understanding that we're not going to get to train again. Right. <laughs> this right. is kind of it. Like, yep. okay, we're June 5th, June 6th, 7th. Okay, we're kind of done. Right. Training's in. Yep. Now we have to show up with fire emotionally, physically, like spiritually for every race. Man. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and having a, a background in a diversified race um, experience, you know, like having done mountainous races, having done, you know, track races, road races, like I think that kind of background helps you set you up really well for something like the Grand Slam. Agreed. Because of the diversity, especially this year, the diversity of the courses that you know we faced, oh, yeah. um, you know, they, it was you were presented with so many different challenges. But like, if you had that experience, you could rely on your experience to say, okay, I've, I've faced something like this before. This is how I have to handle it, you know, or you know, or just on the fly saying, all right, that's not working. You know, what else can I throw at this? Um, but you know, it, if you go into the grand slam and it's, you know, all of these version experiences, it's going to be a lot more challenging. You know, you're going to need more to rely more on your crew and your pacers who might have more experience or hopefully have more experience to bring that to you. Um, you know, I had totally. to rely on Nathan a few times just because mentally I was checked out, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. cashed mm -hmm. that, you know, Nathan had to say, Hey dude, like you got to drink, you got to eat. Okay. Let's slow down. Okay. Can you run? Like, you know, he started just making these, you know, decisions or suggestions to, you know, to, to prompt me to, to do something differently because what I was doing, obviously, you know, it was going to make my, my finish that much more challenging. So yeah, having that kind of resource around you or having those resources and especially the faculties <laughs> to use those resources is key. And so when you're in those scenarios, make sure that either, you know, you have those people around you or, you know, you, you've had the experiences to go into these races. Cause you know, um, I think Wasatch was the most diverse out of all of them, you know, just based off of the elevation profile, the weather, um, the technicality of the trail. It just, it was all of these things that made this course very uniquely challenging. Um, and the exposure, you know, just the, the sun exposure. So, you know, like I, I think that was probably my weakness was I, I, I'm not used to sun exposure. You know, most of the races that I run, sure that that sun exposure is not as dramatic as it was i'm sure i've run through you know exposed areas but the temperatures didn't match what i faced at wasatch and that's you know that that created a unique experience and like i said thankfully nathan was there to kind of be like all right you know let's just just pause okay just stop <laughs> you know we need to stop and cool you down you need to get your heart rate down and relax like so 
it's, you know, again, just making sure, you know, you have the, the people around you to help you, um, or, you know, you've had the experiences in the past that will help you through it. Um, cause that was, you know, that those, all those races had their, you know, their, their very unique challenges. Um, but, you know, it, it seemed like a year where it was just like, you know, one thing after another, uh, of just, you know, let's, all right, let's face this now, but, you know, like, uh, we went from Western States where first 30 miles are, you know, post tolling through the snow to, um, they you know, a very warm, um, Badger 100 on a completely flat yeah. course. Oh yeah, man. You know, so it's just, um, it's, it's just a, it's just a crazy experience, you know, just to look back in retrospect and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe all the difference, you know, differences of these courses and what we faced and, and how we met it. Um, you know, uh, obviously there was some races were better than others, but, um, yeah, you know, of course, like, um, if you're okay with, um, this is kind of what I talk to my athletes about. If you're okay with your seagull or your deagle, whatever it may be, like maybe it's just finish. Like if you're truly okay with that, then, you know, you're going to be fine. But if you are just making up a goal and not acknowledging that goal and recognizing that like this may actually happen and I may have to actually accept the fact that I'm not going to achieve A, B or C, I'm just going to finish. Like if right. you're not there, it might take you out of the race. I had a, you know, an athlete, unfortunately that that happened to, he got his A goal was out the window and he was not okay with that. He wasn't accepting. He had B and C goals, but he was not accepting of the B goal. And that's what took him out of the race. He just didn't want to accept the fact that he didn't make the A, the a goal, which I understand, you know, like I, I, I get it. That's a tough reality to face, especially when it's your first time facing it, you know, like. But, Absolutely. You know, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to you know, touch well, on that subject. Yeah. I literally just talked about this today with, with Jeff and we were discussing in the order of importance, you need to start with that D or C mm. and you need to say, okay, here's the deal. Maybe it wasn't Jeff. <laughs> I was, I did so many calls today, Aaron. <laughs> um, it's okay. We, I was talking, talking with Jordan Tiger, who's getting ready to run uh, his first hundred at grindstone. And okay. I said, we start with the seagull, man. You know, yeah. the seagull is you are going to get your buckle, right? Yeah, right. You want your buckle. Yep. The B goal could be 22, 45, whatever, right? I'm making up numbers, but you have to keep on the way back burner. And I don't want you to touch into this goal till hundred K I can smell third place. I'm in fifth Mm. top three, get a ticket to UTMB. It's a dream race, right? I want you to keep that on the back burner, but all you need to think about right now is I need to hike that. I'm starting to question, should I be running? I should be hiking. Mm. I need to get the poles out. Yep. Okay. I'm 400 meters from the aid station. Be efficient. Take the caps off my bottles, stow them in the vest, you know, or stow them on the person. Go into the aid station knowing tailwind in this one, please, and water in this one. Could you put some ice in the water? Right? Right. Right. <laughs> Close them up. What do you need off the table? You just have to stay so present in the moment for the first 80 miles because 80 miles is halfway. I mean, mm. it's just the reality of it. Like, that sounds crazy, yeah. but that is the reality, at least for your first time doing hundred miles. Yeah. 80 miles is halfway period. That's it. Like nothing is for sure until mile 80 yeah. and you should make really no risks until then. You should only be focusing on the seagull through hundred K and then maybe your beagle, you know, around 80 and then yeah. you could start digging deeper and reaching 
right? Like somewhere deep around 85 and saying, okay, I can, I can smell weakness ahead. And uh, I, I now can reach for my A goal. Cause I put myself in the best position all day. Yeah. I mean, think about it, man. Like let's say for example, we're averaging 10 minutes per mile on a race course, right? Well, let's call it 12 minutes a mile. Cause it's 20 hours. That's like, yeah, you know, I feel like it's a relatively common goal mm-hmm. in the hundred mile distance for compet like extremely competitive runners. Like I think 20 hours, we could call it extremely competitive <laughs> in the hundred mile distance yeah. on a flat course, let's say. Sure. Well, if you are running 12 minutes a mile and you're at mile 80 and the person in front of you has been running 11 minutes a mile all day and overreaching, right? Right. They're 80 minutes ahead of you, right? Right. But what if you keep running? What if you start running 11 minutes a mile? How slow would they have to start going for you to catch them? Right. Yeah. I'm not doing the exact math here, but I bet it's somewhere around 15 minutes, right? You got 20 miles to go four times, 20, 80 minutes. If they start going 15 minutes a mile and you pick it up and you start going 11 minutes a mile, that minute amount they were putting on you all day did not matter. Right. So we see this all the time, I think in ultra running, right? Yeah. We're like, wow, look at these splits at mile 40. Lottie was 23 minutes behind, but only lost the race by eight minutes. She ran a good race, right? Yeah. It doesn't even matter what the outcome is. I don't care what place you are. I care. Were you a tactician about how you approached it? Right. Right. And these are kind of the things I like to talk athletes through, at least Aaron is, um, nothing matters until that mark. And if you lay down and, and you, you take 20 minutes off cause you overreached, well, none of that time was worth it at 30 seconds a mile faster than your competition. It wasn't worth it all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's usually 80, about 80 where, you know, you know, do you have it in the bag or are you really going to have to reach to get, you know, to the finish, you know, it's so sure it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely that mark. Um, and I, I I recorded um uh on another uh podcast and I'll share this with you. It's it's something that I learned um through this because we talk about these A, B, and C goals and you know the reality of accepting them and being okay with, you know, if it's you know, if it's gonna be the B goal, being okay with that. But mm-hmm. you know, when it comes down to it, um and you're 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 deep in yourself and you're you're questioning your abilities and and everything is 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 starting to compound and your faculties are starting to diminish uh, you know and you start to really question your you know your your worth <laughs> while you're out there and saying you know like you know when we look into it and why we're doing it right we always talk about this why like that's and so it was leadville that really taught me something about my why. And, you know, it, it came down to passion and love. And I, I use love as a tool and this, it, it, it's a concept that formed when I started thinking about this, the best man speech for my brother, my brother always asked me, you know, like, what do you think about like when things get dark, you know, like what's your why? Cause they do. Yeah, they do. And, you know, like my thoughts often turn to my family and, you know, my, my love for my family and, um, like it, it, it ties into what Ken Kluber said to us at the pre-race meeting. He said, you know, you've got a debt to pay. You've got a debt to your family for allowing you to be there for the you know time commitment that it took for you to train for this, the financial commitment it took you to be here. 
and you know the fact that you're out here you've got a debt to pay to them and not only them but to your crew and to your pacers and everybody that's here to support you that there is a debt that you need to pay to them to get you know to that finish line and that is your job and so sure, when, I, sure. when i got into winfield and my my legs were twitching and you know i i was a bit dehydrated i was exhausted I, you know, climb up Hope Pass had really, you know, took it to me. And I was like, all right, I got to go back up. How on earth am I going to go back up? And everybody around me is in the same despair that echoed in my mind. And I said, you know, it's, it's not only the debt that I have to pay. It's the fact that I have not only a love for my family, I have a love for the sport. Like I love what I do. I love running. I love you do. Yeah. The fact that I can show my family, you know, so much more of what the human spirit is capable of. And in that moment, I needed that. I needed that human spirit. I needed that love to, you know, to just embrace it and say, I've got more like, you know, this this challenge is not over. Like I, I have to use that love, that passion, that drive to help me get back up this mountain. And, you know, it, it was the thoughts, the great thoughts I have of my kids the things that they say to me, you know, my wife and and her excitement and jubilation for me finishing. I mean, you were there when when we finished Western States. Like oh yeah, man. More excited than I was, <laughs> you know. So I I would say so. I would say so, yeah, man. Yeah. You so, know, because she felt part of your struggle all yeah, day. You right. know. Yeah. Whether we yeah. were at Michigan Bluff trying to navigate tricky scenario or. Yeah. You know, whether we were on the phone, she's like, <laughs> yeah. yo, he's coming out of it. He's, he's yeah. responding. Like yeah. he looks so much better. Right. At Forest Hill. And when, yeah. when we jetted forward, right. um, she felt a part of that struggle yeah. and yeah. you two have so much more than just the experiences, you yeah. know, at the races. Right. Totally. totally. Oh, I mean, the reality is for you. And I think the reflection of this is with your brand and with your coaching company running is life coaching. Right. <laughs> I mean, Hey man, you mean it. It's yeah. not just some like marketing ploy. Yep. You, you mean that like yeah. that, that is you, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, one of my, one of my favorite bands, the descendant, the descendants, right. Mm -hmm. Bill Stevenson, the drummer, like Bill is all like, right. Like he, <laughs> he embodies that name go for all, you know, like yeah. invest everything in this thing. I believe so strongly in playing the drums. This is my life. Yeah. These people I play with are my family. Right. Yes. Yeah. You're this is this is you in ultra running. It's, it's and joy. It really is. It's it is joy. It's joy and love, man. And I yeah. and I think that's the reason you finished the slam. You didn't finish it for the trinkets. Now the trinkets were are are cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they'll sit Absolutely. on the shelf yeah. and you'll say, yeah. Wow, I did all that in eleven weeks. That <laughs> right. is so crazy. <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but maybe you invent your own slam in the future, you know. But what right. the reason you do it, yeah, it's cool to wear the buckle and to have the trinket <laughs> and it's a conversation starting piece or whatever but that can't be the reason you no. do it in the long term no, no. the reason you do it in the long term is because like well i'm committed to activity and and i love this community yeah. and i want to be a healthy human being even if these races aren't particularly healthy <laughs> um like i i really desire to challenge myself and show my yeah. family and my loved ones my friends what i'm capable of you yeah. know because that is your central thread the running right. and, and the, the great and that's, toughness that's what people need to find, you know, they need to find that joy, whatever it is, you know, and make that the piece that they rely on when it gets dark, you know, having that joy, whatever it is to you, you know, like I'm very specific. I know exactly what, you know, what sparks me and that's, 
that spark of love is what really ignites what I need. And if people can find that, you know, in whatever it is, you know, I mean, I know people don't necessarily love running as much as I or you. Um, but you know, there is something in your life that you love very much and you can, you know, rely on that and use that as your tool to, to reignite your fire and move you again when that, you know, darkness happens. And that's, I think the biggest piece that I really took away from Leadville was like, I, I kind of found that thread, you know, and I was just like, you know, I know it's a deeper, I just can't explain it. And then, Mm -hmm. but Leadville, it really helped me define it and explain it. And you know, I used it time and time again at Wasatch because <laughs> you know there was some very, very dark times <laughs> at Wasatch. Um, but you know, having that cap- that capability, it pulls you through because then it's not, um, you know, it's not your mental ability that's going to take you out of a race. It's you know, it's the fact that you just ran out of time, which is a totally different thing because you gave it everything you had to you know to make it as far as you could. Uh, before time just said, you know, I, I, you know, you can't, you can't go any further. Sure. Sure. Uh, Aside from injury, of course. But, you know, I think sometimes, you know, people are just down on themselves and then they allow that to slow them down and use it as an excuse to finally hit a cutoff and say, Oh, I timed out. Whereas, you know, if you can drag yourself up and put whatever effort you have into staying ahead of those cutoffs, because you have the desire, you have that spark to get to that finish line. That's the difference, you know, um, because then it's you're pressing and it's going to be really hard for the race to catch up with you. If you're pressing and you are committed to getting to that finish line, you're going to stay ahead of those cutoffs. So, you know, don't give up in that moment of despair, find that spark. That's the biggest thing. Well, I think that's, that's the takeaway and we've both been there right yep. you've been there in your races i've been there in mine and we've been fortunate to work with some of the best in the business right to sure. help talk us through those patches or yeah. or some of our closest loved ones right yeah and yeah. it does come back to that all these people gave up so much time to come support me at this crazy thing yeah. and things are unraveling for me a little bit but I'll be way more disappointed in a couple of days if I don't get back out of this chair, yep. right? Yep. Hey, man, like things unraveled for me at 2021 Western States compared to 2019 where everything went exactly right, Yep. right? I felt almost like a different runner on the course that day. And I can remember just coming to mile 23 thinking, dude, this is it. Like, that's it. That's it for the day. I've had enough. I'm miserable. And somehow, like I got back out of the chair like, because Megan Canfield was there, Ian Sharman was there <laughs> and dude, they worked me through that problem. Like yeah. they talked me through all the bullshit that was running through my head. And they're like, look, it might not be what it was in 2019, but we don't even, we're not going to know that till Forest Hill. Yeah. So get your ass out of here, <laughs> you know, and get hiking up Duncan Canyon. We'll, we'll see you at Michigan Bluff. Right. <laughs> or we'll see you at Dusty Corners. And I, yep. dude, I can remember, you know, seeing my folks at Robinson Flat and like just like, dude, I'm fortunate I got like my goo crew here and like my buddies from Texas, like Yuri Hoswald, like worked me out of that aid station and my friend Barry. And and I, they could see like things were not going well. Right. But somewhere along the way there, man, like I've got a 17 mile downhill coming up. I love this section. Like just stay positive. You'll see your friends in seven miles. Right. It does come back to this, man. It comes back to this. Like I'll see my people in seven miles. Right. Yeah. And maybe I come out of this. Yep. 
And at that point I was like, I might break 24 hours, you know, mm-hmm. but dude, like dusty corners, I felt better on top of the devil's thumb. I felt like things were starting to come together. I, I got to climb devil's thumb with Magda, mm-hmm. you know, who was my mm-hmm. coach for 2019, you know, and it was, it was spectacular to be moving through the course and having a much different experience than I expected. And I think that anyone should be willing to see this is going to be a different experience, but what will it, what tools will it give me in my tool belt for my life that I can access yeah. because I'm experiencing adversity today. Yeah. And like, look, the adversity I experienced is a time that a lot of people would dream of running on that course. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating that. Oh, it's so much worse than I'm capable of. <laughs> Dude, it's still under 20 hours. Like I yeah. still ran 1930, but what I learned most about that day and what I learned most about myself that day, that was a tough season for me, but dude, I probably learned the most about myself I've ever learned in that tough season where everything wasn't going right. And I'm just like, well, man, jackpot was disappointing. And so was this one. What can I learn from that? What well, can I learn that? Like, it doesn't have to be 15 hours and 50 some minutes to be a really special day. Right. Maybe ni- that 1930 day was even more special because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stuck in it, man. I can remember Ian <laughs> just saying, you, you gave could you the run some more on like the very gradual uphill grades <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> towards the end, you know, it's yeah. like, if you can run some more, we could move from 11th to 10th and the dream could come true, you know? Yep. And I can remember just the elation we had catching so many people, you know, like me and my, me and my coach and my friend, Ian Sharman, like, it was just like spectacular, man, where we were told we were 10th. We'd done it. You know, we went yeah. from 19th to 10th. And I can remember, even though that wasn't the reality, I was 11th male that year and like 19th overall, maybe the reality was when Ian met me at the base of Bath Road around mile 60, he said, Pat, I've been 21st here before and got eighth, Man. 21st male. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm 19th, huh? <laughs> well, you never know. It's pretty hot. <laughs> so when it when the dream, you know, when when we passed a few people going down, a few people yeah. coming out of the river and, you know, like Max wasn't having a great day. Like Max was super dusty on the side of the trail and like not having his ideal Western states either. You know, you kind of felt like more in the crowd of like, this is the neighborhood where things aren't going right. <laughs> you know? And it was, it was a lot more, it was like very fun. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a really enjoyable time reflecting on it. It's not quite as memorable, like the elation of like, wow, I get to come back here, but it was just as memorable in terms of like, man, I had to work through some bullshit yeah. to get, right. to get to the finish line, you know? But you, you've afforded yourself the opportunity, you know, like you got to the aid station and decided this wasn't done. You know, I still have opportunity out there. And, you know, I think that's what sure. you realize is like, there's still opportunity for things to turn around. You just have to keep moving forward. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, the, just having that optimism that things can get better and they don't, you know, as David Horton always says, they don't always get worse. <laughs> um, so just give yourself that opportunity and, yeah. and, you know, um, problem solved, you know, don't stop thinking about how things can get better, you know, try to make the changes that will make those, you know, that those possibilities happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Is- Who says you have to run a, run a certain time and that that makes you a better person. Right. You know, yeah. like, like, Hey, you ran 31 hours. The cutoff was 30 hours. You covered hundred miles, whatever. You did. You don't yeah, get the this, this is, right? you know, you, this you, is just, you covered it. It was your experience. adventure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, you're no less a person for, you know, finishing at any, like, yeah, for myself, you know, I, I mean, I finished 28 hours at, at Western States, you know, not the day I wanted, but 
I finished Western States. Like, you know, um, it's the same thing at Wasatch, you know, like 36 hours or what, 34 hours, 34 hours, you know, like we had 36 to do it. I, I almost used all of it, but I had to, you know, but again, like I was okay with that because the goal for me was to finish, you know, it, it, there was no other um, regret, you know, like I gave my crew a 32 hour projection. I said, here's a 32 hour pace plan. I have no idea if that's going to be realistic today or not. You know, it wasn't, and that's okay. I wasn't far off. I mean, 34 hours, you know, with everything that went wrong, I'm pretty happy that I was able to manage 34 hours. So, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's just about the finish. It's about you and your experience, you know, and, and, if it's not going the way you you had planned in your head, just take a moment to look around and enjoy the the you know the people that are around you, the community that's built behind this, and the scenery that you are being afforded. You know, at all of these races, like uh, that's one thing I made sure that I did each race was at a certain point in the race, I just expressed my gratitude out Lord, you know, to the Lord out loud. I just said, God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this beautiful land before me. Like, you know, just, you know, expressing my appreciation now, you know, not everybody prays to the Lord, but, you know, just, you know, be grateful, whether you say it out loud or, you know, to yourself, express gratitude for the fact that you're out there and able to, you know, do these events because it's amazing. You know, it's like, we don't have to, there's nothing that's forcing us to do this. You know, it's, it's what we want to do. And you have to remember that, that this is, you know, yeah. this is, um, um, not mandatory by any stretch of the imagination. You've kind of volunteered and paid for it <laughs> to, you know, to do this. Right. Like, man, I, I promise you, if you hike to the top of devil's thumb, nice and slow and you get up there and you cool off and maybe you're not having the day you want to have, but you go look back at the American yeah. river and you just take it all in and say, man, I'm real fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. thank you. Like just yeah. I, I express thanks for just being up there, man. Yeah. You know, right. right. And, I think there's a, there's a really like deep, um, there's a deep connection that I have with nature and with the sound of my feet being on the trail or the pavement mm -hmm. and the sound of air passing into and out of my lungs and like, dude, the, the wind going through your hair or over the top of your hat, whatever, man, like what, whatever sound. your yeah. spirituality is. Right? right. Like, I think that that there's a really deep connection. And I think on days that things aren't going perfectly, you can lean into that moment and say, the speed doesn't matter. Like what really matters is that like, I am pushing forward and I'm tolerant and I've got a lot of grit and a lot of perseverance. Yeah. It's powerful, you know? And sometimes that's it, it, what people are looking for, right? Is like when you yeah. reach that dark moment, right? That's what people look for is like, what do I 100%. got when I hit this point? Like, you know, that's, that's the question that a lot of us want to answer is when you are down and you're, you feel like you're out, what do you have that will keep you moving forward? Who are you, you know, in, in reality, when things get hard, what happens? So, you know, how will you respond to that? You know, are you, do you give in or, do, you know, do you keep press forward and press into the adversity? Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the latest. I think like the, do the, I've started 12 of these. I've finished 11 of them, 100 specifically. And the special feeling you get from that pain from 80 to the finish when things are going right or wrong and you're pushing incredibly hard, especially when they're going right, the pain 
like I just lean into it and lean into it and lean into it and it gets worse and worse and worse. And I love it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a sickness. It re, re, I think it really is a bit of a sickness, but yeah. I've only experienced it 11 times, dude, you know? Yeah. And it is something really special. Like you, you, your number of hundreds is numbered, right? right. <laughs> like, so lean into that discomfort because it's really hard to have that type of discomfort in other areas of your life Absolutely. and to push yourself that hard. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a great place to, to kind of wrap up. Uh, yeah. It's, it's cool, man. Awesome, man. <laughs> this I, was great. This is going to be like a five hour podcast, man. Is, by the time you strap all these together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 but I think you like everybody gave so much, you know, in these and I, I thank you for, for sharing, you know, your time and, and your, you know, your oh. knowledge and your thoughts with us. Cause I'm sure people took a lot away from it. So Thank you, Patrick. Of course. Um, and, yeah, and thank um, you for the, uh, you know, affording me the opportunity to work with you like, no, through the Grand Slam. This has was, been awesome. I feel it, like we've been, been on so many adventures blast. together, like <laughs> in the athlete coach process, man. I it's know, been awesome. It's It ain't over yet, so. Uh, <laughs> we, um, we got a lot more ahead. We got a lot more we do. We do. events and okay. adventures and all sorts of cool stuff to do together. We certainly do. Um, best way people can reach you? At Patrick Reagan running on Instagram. That's R-E-A-G-A-N. Um, or through my website. I've got a nice little website up with my two coaching partners, Nicole Minette and Chris Brown. Uh, it's patrickreganrunning.com backslash coaching. There's a contact form there that you can fill out, uh, whether you're interested in coaching with Nicole, myself, or Chris. And in addition, um, you can just book a consultation or book your first month's coaching on there. I definitely recommend doing a consultation first, um, whoever you go with. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Anything you want to close with, add? Grateful for you, man. Thank you. <laughs> and as I am grateful for you, my friend. Thank you. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Thank you again, Patrick, um, for everything, for your coaching, your advice. Uh, you know, Patrick and I talked um, prior to and usually after every Grand Slam race. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a lot. And Patrick was there, you know, through the whole thing. Um, really good advice. Uh, you know, we, we worked based on how I was feeling. Patrick kind of put a, you know, a framework up and then I just listened to my body. If I didn't have it on the given day, I obviously didn't give it <laughs> on that given day. And we just communicated how I was feeling and what changes we needed to make. So, uh, my appreciation for his, uh, his dedication to, uh, to helping me succeed in this, uh, in this endeavor, in this grand slam. So thank you again, Patrick, for everything. Um, I want to send out a few more thanks. Um, first to my wife, um, Beth, and to my kids, Keegan and Ambrin. Um, their uh, love and inspiration, they motivated me to get through this, and um, I dedicate this whole Grand Slam to them. Um, trying not to get choked up <laughs> because I love them, and they are the world to me. Um, they were my reason for continuing forward. Um, I owed it to them and I, I wanted to see it through, um, to every finish and Wasatch was the challenge, but, um, you know, I, I, I had love, I had support and, uh, that's, that's really what got me through. Um, so I want to thank them. My family means the world to me. Um, so thank you guys, not only for, um, your support, but for allowing me the time uh, and resources to do this. Um, I doubt they'll ever listen to this, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I hope at some point they do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> next, 
to my cruise and I'm going to go race by race, um, at Western States, of course, um, who I just mentioned, Beth, Keegan, Ambrin, um, Nathan, of course, uh, Morgan, Elliot, Mercedes, single Gaither, um, soon to be Morgan, Elliot, uh, <laughs> Mercedes, Elliot, um, just, uh, what a crew. Um, I really appreciate them. Um, of course, Patrick was out there at multiple points in the course, so thank you to all of you guys for that support through Western States. That was definitely a challenging race. As I said, it was my second toughest race. <laughs> um, and then uh, moving on, we went to um, Badger. And um, I want to thank uh, Jamie Hirschfanger, um, Nathan, of course, and Ambrin. Once again, the three of them were just the dynamic trio, as Nathan talked about. Things went so well there, and I attribute it to them. So, you know, Jamie, Nathan, and Ambrin, um, thank you. That was, you know, probably one of the smoothest races I had. Um, so much appreciated, much appreciated. On to my Leadville crew, uh, Penny Anderson uh, and her amazing um, personality. Uh, it, it was just infectious. Uh, her positivity was just joyous and, uh, you know, I, it should be celebrated. So Penny, thank you. Um, my good friend, Jeremy Duncan, Th Jeremy, thank you for making the trip across and, you know, kind of pacing me, uh, 14 miles from, uh, Twin Lakes onto, uh, Outward Bound. I really, I just couldn't say enough about how much I enjoyed my time with you. And thank you, my friend. Um, Drew Antonis, Drew, in, you know, Drew, Drew is an up and coming ultra runner. Um, he went after his, his first finish at run rabbit didn't go his way. And we talked about it. Um, but you know, I, I, I expect to see great things from Drew in the future. So, um, thank you, Drew, for, for sharing that time with me from, um, outward to, um, um, the lake. Um, it was, uh, it was the awesome time and I appreciate your support. Uh, and of course to Nathan for bringing me home. Um, Nathan was, um, just <laughs> as he always is, uh, true steady. And, uh, it was so fun just to, you know, bring it in with, with Nathan and celebrate that finish with him. Um, and to once again, Morgan Elliott, um, and, and Lynn Dracos, uh, thank you guys. They, they were at the aid stations waiting for Mercedes and, uh, and just jumped in with my crew and helped out. So thank you guys. Um, you know, and so great to see so many other runners, um, that I knew, um, you know, out there and thank you for the support, the kind words, um, through all of this. And finally on to Wasatch, um, you know, Nathan, once again, <laughs> um, there and did more than his fair share. Um, you know, it, we, uh, we had to make that last minute change and, and of course Nathan stepped up. So my hugest appreciation for that. Uh, and to Caleb Gandert, Caleb was just instrumental, um, you know, and, and, uh, not only pacing, but, uh, 20 miles, but also in, uh, in crewing. So I, I thank them both for their sacrifices for all of, for everybody that I've just mentioned for traveling, you know, for sacrificing your time away from your friends and family and, and jobs just to come and support me. Um, don't think I don't value or understand how much you sacrifice to be there. So, um, my thanks to all of you. I wish there was more I could do to return that, and perhaps someday I can as a crew or a pacer for you. Um, I'll be there in a heartbeat. So thank you all so much. Um, what an experience. What a time. What, um, <laughs> um, you know, what, what memories um, that I have now and uh, forever. 
Um, you know, it's, it's really was a truly amazing experience and I can't be more grateful that I was able to finish, that I was able to get it done. Um, you know, that I had fun in the process. Um, that's huge piece of it. Like it's, it, you know, it's tough. <laughs> it really is tough, uh, to, uh, to, you know, uh, get through this. And, um, you know, Thomas and I shared many experiences, many of the same type of experiences. And it was fun kind of rehashing that with him in that conversation and hearing from Nathan and his side of things and how things went. And, um, you know, of course, Patrick, uh, being the observer, ever the observer with my training and racing. So, um, you know, I, I really, again, I hope you enjoyed these conversations. Um, and once again, if you have any questions, want to reach out to any of us, um, please, please do so. Uh, all of our contacts are in the show notes. Um, your, um, your contributions, your kind words, your support uh, means the world to me. Thank you for following my journey, for being a part of this podcast. Um, I hope, you know, in the future to hear from you and your stories. So don't hesitate to reach out if you've had a, um, you know, a a race that you want to share your experience with, um, that you feel others can learn from. I'm happy to have you on and share that experience. Um, I'll, on Monday, I'm going to be recording, um, two separate episodes. I don't, I have no idea which episode I'll release first, but, um, Jeff Stafford, uh, is going to come on the podcast. Jeff, if you know him from the adventure jogger, Jeff is quite the accomplished ultra runner and I admire him for what he takes on and what he does. Um, and his, you know, his, his steady enthusiasm for continuing and finishing out these hard events. So, um, I'm looking forward to that conversation with Jeff. I'm also going to record with uh, Scotty Coomer of 10 Junk Miles. Um, you know, Scotty does so much for the community and has a vision, and I respect that vision and what he brings to the community. Um, so I look forward to our conversation. I'm sure we're going to go all over the place with Scotty, and that could be quite a long episode because um, both of us probably have a lot of things to say. Um, so it could be a very interesting episode. Well, I, you know, I'm almost guaranteed it's going to be a very interesting episode. So um, stay tuned for those. Um, I'll be traveling next weekend again, um, but uh, this time I'm going to a coaching conference. Um, Jason Coop is the presenter, and he's got a number of, uh, of great speakers lined up, so I'm hoping to bring home a lot of new information for my runners and, and people that I'm training. Um, you know, and, and speaking to coaching, if you're looking for it and, uh, you know, want to talk more and um, see if we're a good fit, uh, by all means, connect with me. Um, it's, uh, you know, again, all of my, uh, um, my various ways of communicating with me are in the show notes. So please reach out. Uh, as always, thank you to my Patreon supporters. Um, if you, uh, happen to, you know, have the finances to support the podcast and, you know, keep me going, uh, please jump on Patreon links are in the show notes, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help the podcast keep rolling. So I want to thank everybody that continues to support me on Patreon, uh, cause it really does help a lot. So thank you. And thank you for considering. Um, if you can't, you know, as always, which you hear in uh, other podcasts, uh, holds true, please, um, you know, uh, like it, uh, leave a review. Those all help other people find this podcast. So thank you guys so much. Uh, in the meantime, I hope your running goes well, uh, your training goes well. And, um, until next time, keep moving forward, my friends.